0: Aged perfection. <laughs> Man. Cave aged.
1: Yeah, I'll get over it. Yeah. I'm sure.
0: Cave aged sourdough. I'm well,
1: I was going to bring dessert and I forgot that. So. You looked at me like I was crazy when I said I was going to do it. And then when I was like, I've got it. To then not come with it is that's the hard well, part. Well, it was 2.30 <laughs> and yeah. all the shit
2: going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we'll save for the... Nick's had a, but, a hell of a my run here. life falling apart, is falling yeah. <laughs> apart. Tommy
1: called this morning. He was, he was like, well, I just, you know... Are we, are we, you know, I didn't want to make sure that you've got time for this. And I was like, well, it's either going to be a lot of fun or I'm going to have a breakdown. Yeah. So, so this is either perfect a for a podcast. Yeah. yeah, entertainment. This is live. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> so.
3: I mean, literally probably every fourth or fifth episode, either somebody laughs so hard, they cry or we actually have somebody start crying. So yeah. I'm in all the way. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's figure this out.
1: <laughs> He's like, like all right, we're recording. Yeah. And I just like, ah! that's like right <laughs> the gate.
0: The beginning, yeah. The song plays, and then you just hear someone <laughs> just weeping openly, just, just openly heave crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Once I get started, guys, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it does not stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I, there's no off button. There's I was no grocery
3: shopping button. last week, and they're like. You know, I'm sure some kid couldn't get his sack of like Halloween candy before Halloween, and was just sobbing, and he was he started doing the heaves, and I felt so bad. I had to go into a different checkout line because I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing, and the mom was just staring at me like, "Please do not do this right now." And Don't I'm like, "Because <laughs> he's just like," I'm like, "Come on, man, that's too that's too amazing." Tighten it up, kid. Tighten your character. Oh well, here we are back again. Yeah, in the classy confines that our club caraway, we have the uh, the master himself down here with us, Derek Reed, looking amazing as always. I uh, I'm digging. I, all right, I'm trying to learn more about uh, fabrics and colors, and my brain would say that's like um, a plum mauve. Your jacket is that? Do I seem? Okay, so we. I'm getting better. So you can't hear him, and you also yep. can't see his jacket. We off nope.
0: to uh, lowering start here. <laughs> yeah, there we are. This is, ladies
3: and gentlemen, this is high pro radio. Yes, that is just the jacket guess. that
1: Derek was uh, wearing when he uh, fit me for my suit here, and it was Derek? a wonderful experience. I've also yes. seen
3: said suit, uh, Nick. Well, we'll get to your introductions in just a second, but faceless voice uh,
0: <laughs> number one. They can see the description. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. So uh, the last time click. I saw Nick, he was actually wearing the suit that, uh, that Derek made for him. And again, spectacular. And you do that
1: because I tell everybody. I walk out of the car and I go, I got this at Club Carway. It's a Club Caraway. It's got my name in it. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, that's actually a very, everyone that I know that has a suit from here does the same thing. And I love it. Even though I do not have one as of yet, uh, it is fantastic to see. I- again, just to see something that is not typically in, in the-, the generation that-, that we've grown up in, that was not something that was ever pushed to me. Was was for men to brag about like how much they enjoy the clothes and how well they fit and you know where they came from and I love seeing I love seeing people taking pride in what they're wearing and, and talking about that because if we're gonna focus as much as we do on this show about food and drink I think that that just goes right along with it all of the aspects of life all the ways that we can treat ourselves it's it's an important thing to do
1: yeah I remember the transition for me from like the decision to actively wear a suit every day is a big decision and it feels weird at first and then. It feels weird to be in public and not be suited up. And I, I, I much more enjoy that. It's like a shield, almost, yeah. in some way.
0: So it's kind of like your, your mascot outfit. So when you're not wearing it, oddly, I bet people don't recognize you.
1: Correct. Well, right? yes, it's a lot like the Freddy the Falcon mascot from yeah. high school, but <laughs> yeah. three pieces instead of the one ah. large piece. Yeah, And you don't have to wear the,
3: the big dumb head.
1: I wish. I asked him to make me something, some sort of like... Yeah. Uh, ornament that would cover my face and complete yeah. this. I'm very happy that you didn't
3: because I think I've talked about it on the show before. I have like a weird, like, mascots clicking like a, a strange rage thing inside of me. And if, like, when mascots come and fuck with people, I'm, like, Did honest, I'm literally, me? like, honestly, please go away.
0: Like, this isn't, I'm scared, but. Uh, I just want to see you get pinballed in a furry convention. Yeah. I <laughs> <into it>. like, <laughs> so I, I want to live a life, like, the masked singer, I
1: want that to be my life. <laughs> oh, like,
0: God. Gonna, oh, oh just i just be swinging. Different.
1: Yeah. Different masks. Also,
0: sparkly wolf head with your
3: suit. I think pinballed at the furry convention will be the name of my new punk album. 100%.
0: Could be the name of this episode. It could be. Candidate number one.
3: But yeah, there is a a very wonderful bartender by the name of Aaron who did not take no for an answer when I asked him to please stop putting that head on and coming at me and I I broke his nose. Oh no. And I still feel guilty about it. His real nose. Yeah, his real nose. Oh. Yeah, I hit him hard. Well, <laughs> you apparently out, no? yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> apparently, it was, it was a giant bullhead. And apparently he was laughing at me, like walking away from me, and being like, I'm serious, like please do not, please do not get any closer. I'm going to hit you. And he was laughing so hard. He started to bend over because, like, at the waist because he was laughing so hard to catch his breath. Oh. And that was right when I swung for him. So he was like bending over into my it couldn't have been a worse. Yeah, <laughs> I was
0: picturing you doing the zangief, and that's why you couldn't see. Oh, him. that would have
3: been great. No, I didn't. No, I I hit him really hard. Or he
0: and was then doing the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Well, and then charged he charged him. In. There's nothing worse
3: than seeing somebody take off that big dumb mascot head I and mean, just seeing like blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> nothing I'm, better. Yeah, but nothing better. Correct. Fuck you, Aaron. I said, the child no. sees that, and they're like, "Is that what he looks like?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I saw him at a, a grocery store like six months ago, and he had his kids with him, and they were all like having fun. And I was gonna go over and say, "I and The sad part is, I literally couldn't think of any other story for yeah. him. Like, how do you know, Dad? And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I broke his nose at an after bar because he wouldn't stop charging me in a
0: bullhead." Wouldn't it be great if well, he was see you like, later, kids. "Because of you, I got my deviated septum fixed." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah. His, his oh. wife
1: is a nurse from the hospital and that's how they met. That's how they so met. So oh. Yeah. Oh,
3: man. Yeah, that's, that's some Hemingway shit. Let's go. For you, man. Let's there we go. <laughs> or he was like me and he was a bartender that never had health insurance so he just shrugged it just off just for laughing. years and uh, years. Yeah. And now yeah, he character. sits with a
0: Yeah, exactly. Kept the mask on. Yeah, got to
3: keep my head at an angle to really make it look like I'm looking at you. It's
0: fine. <laughs> wow. Tragic.
3: Well, we should. Depressing. we should probably say hello to our guests. Hey. I mean, we're going to have, we, you know, honestly, I kind of like this right now because we're throwing our format a little bit out the window because normally we say we're sipping shots and sharing thoughts. It's six shots, six questions, but none of this
0: looks like shots.
1: We thought it was seven.
0: We just took a shot, actually.
1: We thought it was seven questions. So you guys are going to have to ask a, uh, an unplanned question. Or maybe you turn it around. Whoa.
2: Whoa. Look out. Oh, that's
3: wow. uh, that's Mind fuck. Look out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so before we get into the ridiculous (laughs) cocktail program and coursing dinner that we have going on here, uh, I feel like you gentlemen should introduce yourselves. Feel free to whoever wants to go first.
1: I am Tommy Begno. I, uh, no, wait, I messed up. Uh, I'm Nick Kosovic. Yeah. Yeah. What else am I supposed to say? Like,
3: uh, well, so you, you both work together, which is the, I think the first time that we've had two people on for kind of the same thing. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about the venture that you also
1: yeah, uh-huh. together and apart. Uh, yeah, we are partners at uh, Mr. Paul's Supper Club in Edina, Minnesota. Uh, voted the most uh, party restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, most best restaurant to party at. Named Ooh. the most. Yeah, or, na- yeah. The best. Thank you, Jason Drusha. <laughs> 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 Listen, Tommy. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't been there, please come and see us. We're about to hit our one-year anniversary on December 3rd. Uh, it's a big, big spot. It's a New Orleans-inspired supper club. Uh, with an extensive cocktail program, uh, two bars, and then we do a bunch of pop ups in the Po Boy Shop and back, including the Balloon Emporium, which is my big focus there, mm. a nine course cocktail experience that we've done uh, since January. We have four more left two uh, around Thanksgiving, Balloons Giving, we're calling it, and then mm. we have Balloon Year's Eve. Uh, the two days before. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just a, come up with that one. It takes a lot of marijuana to come up with these guys. <laughs> thought, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh we have four more left for the year, which is really exciting. And then we're gonna start back in January with the uh Friends Like These concept mm. that we did, which is uh yes. bringing in guest chefs and guest bartenders and uh Christina uh, Nguyen from uh hi High is gonna do awesome. We're gonna do oh, a awesome. Viet Cajun uh, pop up tonight.
0: Yes. Oh so. my god I've been waiting to see V yeah. Cajun oh, in Mardi Gras somewhere like
1: right yeah. around Mardi Gras. Yeah, Mardi right Gras around early around. this year.
2: Yeah. I think the first week of February. Yeah, so, so super pumped. In collaboration with that. Uh,
1: yeah, so I, I do that. And then I also am an a, a, a owner over at Earl Giles. I'm the CEO of the bottling company, which is the non-alcoholic division of the business, uh, producing elixirs, citrates, syrups, basically anything you can think of uh, that is used in cocktails. We produce it, and we produce it for bars, restaurants, and hotels throughout North America. Uh, and then I'm a partner at the distillery as well. Uh, but I don't have as much of a hand in mm-hmm. the beverage program there uh, at this time, anyway. Uh,
2: but yeah, that's what I do. And yeah. Tommy. And Tommy. 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 I am Tommy hey, I'm Tommy Beckno. Hey. That's the worst. Um, now you have to do it the rest of the time. <laughs> <you see? laughs> <laughs> Good something in my throat. Um, yeah, Nick and I run Mr. Paul's together with uh, a couple other really talented people. I'll give them a quick shout out now yeah. so yep. we can forget about them. Yep. My loving. Beautiful wife, Carrie Begno. Yeah, and is it Begno? She's a Begno. Oh, that's Ooh. amazing. <laughs> Love that. Gotcha. And uh, and then our talented business partner Courtney Bryden, who you know she is Mrs. Hospitalitarian of the Year. She's everywhere. She does everything. And I think maybe later on down the road we'll have those gals on here. Absolutely. And Nick and I can laugh at at their recordings. Yeah.
3: Yes. Courtney's incredible. I I adore her, and she's it's so it's really cool for somebody who I've known through the industry as long as I've known her, it really is amazing to watch the people who have chosen to stick within the industry, watching them all just explode like like rockets into the skies. Yeah. The first time that I saw her there, like I knew somewhere in the back of my head when you guys were talking about opening the place, I knew she was involved. And then I got there and like it was just ADD Central and all the bells and whistles and everybody was coming to say hi. And then I saw her face. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I own this place. Yeah. And I'm like, I forgot. And then we just like hugged in the middle of the dining room. Uh, that is exactly what I love about her is that same experience or that same moment would have happened 15 years earlier. Yeah. Only we would have been like, I work here now. Like, Oh, I do too.
2: <laughs> She's so ground. Like we need her there. Yeah. Where Carrie is kind of the uh, mama bear there and, and takes care of us all. Courtney is the one that says, Hey, you guys are at a 12. going to want you down to a nine. <laughs> like, uh, otherwise, you know, if Nick and I had, uh, we'd have tricycles out there. We'd have mini bikes delivering <laughs> fucking pizzas and I mean, like, yeah. whatever.
1: When we first opened,
2: I was like standing up on the
1: bar and banging on stuff and like <laughs> it was, like we'd get reviews and be like, I don't know why the bar manager needs to get up on the bar and yell <laughs> and at the top like, of his lungs. Yeah. I'm like,
2: oh, I'm not mad at you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. That's the look Courtney'd give us yeah. like, Oh shit. We're-
1: yeah.
3: This is nothing like Pearson's Supper Club. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah, Wait, yeah. what oh god
2: damn it. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I I'm, I would say I'm the chef. Um, I do have a couple of very talented talented chefs that that work with me, and, and and now essentially assume the kitchen. Ben Feltman and Marley Stanger, and those guys are terrific. I mean, you yeah. 100 hours a week if it's if it's one, and that allows me time to work with Nick on some of these events, and and then also just try and figure out the margins are so tight, mm. food is so expensive. Yeah how are we going to make money off this? And, and then
1: my, my title is beverage director, but I don't like Ainsley Jones runs the yeah. bar. Like yeah. he's our mm-hmm. bar manager, which
2: is,
3: I feel like just saying his name, I'm supposed to take my shirt off right now. Right? we we'll, we'll save oh, yeah. that for later.
2: <laughs> At least it's just shirt. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. where it starts. <laughs> 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 that's where it starts. It's yeah. early. Yeah.
3: And he, I mean, yeah.
1: I don't know where we'd be without him. He's such a great, like we work well, really well together. And, and he's done so much in his career that he's in a really great place in that, in that role there. And, and he, he's, really takes pride in it and we can't wait to figure out how to make him a partner and keep uh, him. <laughs> I'll sleep easier. As soon as I know yeah. that he can never leave me yeah. mind forever. Yeah,
2: yeah. and he's uh, fucking hysterical.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, if you guys would, would indulge me a little bit, uh, I would love for you both to kick a little bit of history about kind of where your career path is taken till yeah. now, because you both have absolutely fascinating paths to where we are right now. So Tommy, if you want to just want to keep going, yeah,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. I, you know, starting, We'll say 2000s. I was in a completely different field. Um, Golf course construction, actually, traveling all over the nation, um, building golf courses, Minnacotta Country Club, United Country Club, uh, the Legends Club. And that was my gig. It was a family-run business. I was a project superintendent and ran these huge multi-million dollar projects. It was awesome. Um, But at a point in 2005, I said, man, I can't do this. And life on the road was tough. Yeah. But, you know, you work from 5 in the morning till 10 at night, and then you spend whatever hours. The bar's still open until 2, and then you do it again and again. And and I was just worn out. So um, we decided as a family to sell the business and and took the money and went back to culinary school. Why not? Mm. You know, it was nothing that I'd ever had in my mind, but I was like, man, I want to open a fucking bar Mm -hmm. because I love hanging out in bars. I love to see... People smile and laugh, and and bars always had that. I mean, that was, it's part of my culture was, you know, the Louisiana, the family in Louisiana was always party, party, party. Every time we'd visit, it would be like, we're having a boucherie or we're having a, you know, jambalaya cookout. There was always something, and it was music, and it was family, and I was like, I want that, and Mm -hmm. how do we do that up here? I'm going to open a bar restaurant, and everybody I talked to was like, you're crazy, you know, nothing about it. Take your money and do something else. Well, I went back to culinary school, and my first job out of culinary school in two thousand January 2007 was the Town Talk Diner, mm-hmm. and I walk in, and I meet this guy, and at the time, I'd gotten in a fist fight a few weeks before, and I broke my glasses, so all I had to wear were these rose-tinted <laughs> sunglasses <laughs> I had on, and Nick, I walk in, and Nick says, what are you fucking, uh, <coughs> Hank Williams, Jr.? <laughs> I'm like, fuck this guy, this is not going to go well, and... You know, I got a shitty knife roll, and I'm fresh out of colony school. And a year and a half later, I was running the kitchen there, and Nick and I were essentially running the whole show yeah. for the better part of two years and put together an amazing team of, I mean, it's the who's who's, the Jesse Helds and Pip Hansen Kim and Tong. Adam Harness, Kim Tong, Adam Johnson, but learning under Tim Niver and Aaron Johnson. And it was, I mean, that experience paved the way for now where we're at 15 years later and, and doing our own thing and taking – Bits of what we've learned along the way and, and, and you know, really mashing it up, you know. And, and from Town Talk, you know, Aaron and I and Tim had tried to essentially take Town Talk to the suburbs after the Theros Restaurant Group had purchased it and totally ran it to shit. And <laughs> took away all the great product and replaced it with whatever they get out of it. Uh, Deloused it, I think. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, we tried a concept out in Eden Prairie that didn't, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work. And then I, I took over at Cafe Maud on Penn Avenue. And then eventually took over as the corporate chef of Cafe Mod, at both restaurants. Another
3: veritable, like, yes. farm of, it of was, bar staff.
2: It was such a great, you know, I mean, Bennett, who I'm sure I'll visit him at some point this evening after we leave here, because Little Tease is mm-hmm. right on the way home. Um, Perfect. But, I mean, there, there's so many here. people at that. You know, Adam Harness is the one that got my foot in the door there, mm. who is still a longtime friend, and, and now I buy spirits from him, which. <laughs> um, but, you know, all the while, Nick and I were best friends, and, and we can, I'm sure we'll rehash a lot of those stories mm-hmm. as, you know. But we would, you know, our lives would intersect. Nick had left to go, to go start his dream, which was Bitter Cube at the time. And we'd keep bumping in. It was a nightmare, other. Tom. I started a nightmare culture. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, are you listening? Ira, <laughs> can you hear me? Uh, but we, you know, it was always a dream on those late nights where we'd be up until five in the morning and have to work at Town Talk at brunch at seven that we're going to do this someday. We're going to do this. And, and you know, five year plan. We got to set a goal. It's five years. It took us 15, but <laughs> but we got there. And, and, you know, there was a it few, happened. you know, Coup d'etat was a great experience. I learned yeah. the first thing about a huge restaurant, and then how location is everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fucking Nick O'Leary and Tyler and, and Brent and JT, they had a great concept, and if that thing would have been where Bachelor Farmer was or something, it, it would still be printing money. But you kind of got to I, – and I think Mr. Paul's, we hit it so far so good, knock on wood, but mm-hmm. we hit, hit a home run with – Picking a location and giving them kind of what they want, but also challenging them a bit. In uh, we're driving this. If you want to get on the fucking bus, get on. Yeah, but you don't have to, and you don't have to stay on for the whole ride. You can jump off, and or we'll throw you out, or you know. But um, it's it's we're very fortunate there where we get kind of total creative control, um, which is something that we always sought, and and Nick has done a hundred beverage programs across the nation, and it's always that. Eventually, the owners, yeah, uh, you know, I can squeeze like, a couple Nick more
3: pennies it if it. I get rid of this. Yeah, exactly. So that we, you know. Can
2: we do that? And yeah. and I do that to Nick, and he's like, "This is fucking why we're not doing that." And I'm okay, because <laughs> you know what happens if we try and pinch pennies, we're just the fucking Applebee's down the street. So, and then yeah, it, it all came full circle, and about two years after. We started talking about it around a bonfire and COVID where we were wearing masks 12 feet apart. We finally got the doors open.
1: And- yeah. Kinda like brushing our shoes. Like we're going to go on a <laughs> yeah, date. Like, yeah. So what do you think? I mean, uh, you want to maybe do this thing or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole way there. I'm like, man, I hope we talk about this project and you know, Tommy and I kind of like, you know, for how close we were, we, we ended up almost estranged a little bit. Like I moved to Milwaukee and you know, that distance and time and, and then him going on his path, we, we hadn't really, we didn't stay very connected for a very long time. And so to be able to pick that back up was yeah. awesome. So um, to rewind uh, for me then, I didn't know that that was Tommy's first gig out of culinary school. I just yeah. learned that I was this many years old when I learned <laughs> Today that. Today I learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome to know. And, uh, you know, so I opened up Town Talk. Before that, I had been at the Palomino Um, which is where I kind of cut my teeth. Uh, It's where Crave is now, right? I think downtown. The
3: the very first memory that I have of you was uh, Jeff Rogers, a recent guest of the podcast. Jeff and I were working downstairs opening a bar that was sadly just a little too far ahead of its time. And whenever we had a chance, we would run upstairs to your bar uh, before going back down and doing things. And I remember having... um, what the hell was the lavender martini? Yeah. Jeff ordered one for me. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, he's like, just, just try it. I'm like, well, I, and I tried it. And then I think within the next like two weeks, I got like 40 of my friends all hooked on that.
1: Yeah. You know, that was such an interesting place. Cause it was a corporate place. RUI. So like, it was a great place to grow up in the restaurant. And you know, I was there for like five years, like from like 19 all the way to 25 or 24. And then, so like to be able to start as like a lunch weight assist to a night weight assist to a lunch server to a dinner server to a mm-hmm. bar back to a bartender, like going through all those ranks there was super valuable. Um and then I left I left uh so I, I had been I was in a band called Wookiefoot for some time and uh yeah we'll, uh, what? Uh, yeah yeah yeah. And uh, so what? uh so I quit music I quit the restaurant and we were like on, on tour and we we were in Costa Rica for like uh a few months uh, writing an album and, and stuff. And, and so uh, I, I had left the restaurant industry and then uh, I moved to Florida, Naples, Florida, and uh, found out that my girlfriend and I at the time were going to have a baby. And so then it originally we were going to Florida to just kind of chill for a couple months and figure out what we we're going to do next. And then turned out that I had to get a job again. And so, <laughs> so I it we, turns had went, out. we had went to this restaurant called the Tropical Reef and it was this chef, Bubba Sutton, and he's actually from Minnesota. And he ended up catering our wedding that we had down there. And uh, on my wedding day, I asked if I could go work for him while we were while we lived there. And so this was my first kind of exposure into like a non corporate, independent chef run, family run, amazing restaurant. And I I learned a lot from him just as a server, but it really continued like i was learning like the art and creativity of the restaurant world but like at rui at palomino it's like you know those bartenders aren't writing those drinks no. like the lavender martini yeah. came from somebody in seattle and you know the new menu comes down from it's a lavender above. colored cosmo yeah, yeah yes yeah yeah and uh so uh and was it called lavender cosmo it was called something was it i thought lavender? it was just the lavender martini
3: yeah. but you might be right that was a very very long time ago
1: yeah yeah. and uh so then i i came back when we moved back to minnesota I was actually going to stay out of the restaurant industry, and I went back to school uh, in attempt to get my English degree. And after I started my, my, my first semester back... Uh, I had two separate groups of friends. Like one friend be like, "Hey, you got to meet my buddy Aaron. He's opening up this restaurant. I think he'd be a great fit." And then I had another friend go, "Hey, you should meet my buddy Tim. He's opening up a restaurant." And it was Turns the same out. restaurant. Same restaurant. <laughs> so I go to my interview and I sit down with Tim Niver and I mean, I was hired, you know, 45 minutes later and uh, I was I think I was their first hire and I I loved it. I love I mean, Tim Niver, I mean, to be able to put him on, I mean, to be able to say that I got to work with him and work for him and and learn from him is, I mean, it's it's career changing, changed, Mm -hmm. changed everything about my my trajectory and and who I am and who I was going to be was working at that place and working under Aaron Johnson every night. And like, and like, like love, like family, like we would, Mm -hmm. we would get in fights. Like Tim would have to pull us outside. And you know, we would like, we were really, we were in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was really amazing. And so, yeah, I opened up town talk. I was there till 2009. So I stayed even after, like Tim went and, and moved and did uh, strip club, and Tommy left and did Eden Prairie, but I I, th- I was still there, right? So, you. No, that's not how that works. Okay, <laughs> he so left first. I left first. Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite. I left in 2009, and, and, and we in left in the spring of 2010. Okay, got, got It was got. kind of like that. And then did it close 2011? believe so. Okay, I mean. so it closed January sixteenth, twenty eleven, on my birthday. <laughs> it, it closed I while up, I was out of town. Yeah, and I, I woke was, up to it. it I'm still closed. sad about that. But it was a it was a decline. You know, the Theros group, you know, bought something and then made it fit their mold. Right. Which, you know, I, I, nothing, nothing against them. I mean, you know, the old man Theros is a hardworking man and, and they're a hardworking family. And But like it, the model doesn't fit what Town Talk was. And so yeah, like, it, it pulled the heart out of it.
3: You why know? buy a unicorn yeah. if you yeah. hate the horn? You can't like, make what the, the, fuck the is Town the Talk diner the
1: St. Clair broiler
2: because yeah, exactly. the St. Clair broiler already exists. Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, and then the, the Town Talk won't be there. Like the yeah. thing that, that was the first, I mean, obviously there's so much to say about Town Talk, but like that was a destination restaurant. People mm-hmm. weren't coming to eat at East Lake Street, you know, and like, uh, there's so something so magical about that time and, and experience there and and everybody that worked there uh, but, but so yeah I, I, I finally left uh, in at the end of 2009 and I was originally trying to open up a bar on my own and I had put together this plan for a place called distill and it was like a cocktail concept right and um, our buddy Noah Haney had Moved to Milwaukee and was running some bars in Milwaukee, and he pitched this idea to his investor, and so very much on a whim, I moved my entire life to Milwaukee to open up this bar. And Owen was so young at this time, and and him, him, and uh, myself, and his mom were divorced, and so uh, I, I basically had him every other week, and so I was driving from Milwaukee to Minneapolis every other week, and. You know, three months after I moved there, this whole deal fell apart, and uh, at the time, <clears throat> as it was starting to get rocky, we actually went to Chicago, and, and uh, the owner had met Ira at the Violet Hour, and Ira and I had just started to become friends, and he, he came up here just a quick backpedal. He had come up here. We thought he was Toby Maloney because we ter- we heard Toby Maloney was <laughs> yeah. coming around town and checking out everybody's programs. He's a and we, spy. Were like, we were like, yeah, we we're like, fuck this dude. Like, uh, we're not going to. Yeah. At that exact time, I did have to have a night
3: with Toby Maloney. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that wasn't rumor. That was actually yeah. real. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So so anyway, so these these two girls come in one night and they're taking pictures of the fo- of the menu and taking pictures of the cocktails and we're like, what's this? And they're like, oh, our friend from Chicago is coming in next week and we just want to find the best places for him. And we're like. This got to be the dude. And, and it ended up being Ira. But for most of the dinner, we thought he was Toby. And so, like, we were super dicks to him. And, like, we're, <laughs> yeah. like, he hey, was, What, like, what are you putting your bitters man? over yeah, there? We're like, we that your that apothecary business, bitters. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> So, so finally, we figure out that he's not Toby and he's actually Ira, and like we hit it off, and like he'd come up, he was dating somebody from here at the time, and so he came up every couple months, and we became really close friends. And um, I would spent my birthday in Chicago with him that year, and you know he's a legend in the in the bar scene too, and so like we bounced around, and it was like the best time. And uh, uh, so yeah, we, we you know we connect, stayed connected till then. So so then I brought this owner to Mil- to Chicago and. He met Ira, and so then he asked Ira to move up to Milwaukee to help open up this bar with me. And I was like, sure, well, then fuck it, let's do it. So Ira then also moves his life to Milwaukee, and then a month later, this whole thing, like, just falls apart. I remember we were sitting in, in the office with this guy, and he goes, we're not going to make money off of your guys' craft cocktails. We need buckets of beer, and we need this and that. And, like, well, it's still Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee, you know, and, like, because this is very, this is 2009, yeah, so yeah. this is all very brand new. Right, And we were, we were like, no, absolutely not. That's not we're like uh, we became very clear that we were not on the same page, but we also had no contracts. There was nothing. We just moved our lives, you know? (laughs) So, uh, November of 2009, Ira and I were, uh, uh, without job in a new city that we just moved to with nothing. (laughs) And it was like, this is what bottom is. (laughs) This is where the bottom looks like. And, like, we spent the last two months of the year coming up with Bittercube as a concept and pitched it to Joe Bartolotta in January. We went to Joe Bartolotta, you know, uh, restaurant king of yeah. Milwaukee, and we said, we want you to pay us fifty grand to run your bar at Bacchus. And he's like, what? Like, he's <laughs> just like, I don't know what you guys are even asking, you know. But uh, and then we ended up getting hired Uh, more as bartenders with a little bit of a, like, it wasn't, wasn't how we wanted it, but it was our first gig as a consultants and we trained and, and opened up that bar. And that kind of started the process on the consulting side. And then right after we did that, we started making bitters in Madison, Wisconsin at Yahara Bay. We made them in 20 gallon batches. And, uh, uh, I also, right at that time when I left town talk, I had won a, um, a Bombay Sapphire competition regionally and I took third place nationally and they asked me to come on board as a, a brand ambassador and mm-hmm. so for 10 years I was a brand ambassador for Bombay Sapphire and I I got to do my three favorite things eat drink and judge people uh, <laughs> and uh, I did it very well and I traveled yeah. the, the country I traveled North America I, I did all four uh, you know major Canadian cities uh, and I did that for year after year and so you know just building this incredible database of all these experiences and meeting all these people and Uh, Yeah, so Bittercube, I mean, I don't know, you know, fast forward, you know, Bittercube, we we trained over 500 bartenders together and opened up, I think, 50, 55 projects, Uh, and then, uh, you know, Pandemic. Uh, if we just fast forward to the pandemic, yeah. uh, I mean, here in town, I guess we could say like, you know, we did like, like 9-11 eat,
2: and then the pandemic. Right. That's yeah. like the two I mean, things. That's the jump. <laughs> uh, JFK back in the... Eat
1: Street Social, we opened up. We did, uh, uh, you know, Cafe Alma, Can Can Wonderland. Cena, Cena, uh, RIP, uh, Linhall, <laughs> Hall, uh, you know, tons of stuff locally, but also nationally as well. Um, and then two years ago, a little over two years ago now, Ira and I split up the company amicably, like pretty proud of how it all worked out i mean it took a while but we figured it out and got to a good place and he kept Bittercube and heirloom liqueurs which we had launched in 2012 and then i started mm-hmm. a new company called drinks apothecary where i basically took everything else that we had created elixirs and the garden variety brand and you know the idea of this like tonic lab and extract lab. And I kind of took all that with me and the consulting and built this new business. Uh, and Earl Giles is already co-packing our elixirs for us, for all of our clients around the country. And uh, it, uh, we were just working side by side and it finally just made sense. It was like, let's just uh, do this together. And so I took what I had built with drink spot care, used it as leverage to buy into Earl Giles. And uh, there's that all the while, while that's happening, working with Tommy on this side and, uh, building uh, Mr. Paul's, So I, I feel like I have two pretty full-time jobs at the same time. But, uh, <laughs> no rest for the and wicked. A baby. Yeah. And a baby. And a baby. <laughs> I have a, a one-year-old at home, uh, Juniper. Uh, she turns one on Monday. Happy and birthday. We have, a, we have another Happy baby on the Juniper. way in February. Yay. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So this is where the breakdown. Right, right. Rolled, right. If you were wondering. So nothing yeah. really is going on. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, also today, I just learned that you and I were living in Milwaukee at the same time. What? I had no idea.
1: 2009 to 2012.
3: Yeah, I had, a, um, I had an apartment on Old World, 3rd Street. And uh, I, would, um, <laughs> I used to drive back and forth, and then I was so annoyed <laughs> that I couldn't do work that uh, I was taking the train back and forth, and I could work the whole time on the train. Oh, smart. And I would go back and forth from Minneapolis. Uh, we opened a, a bar. Actually, I ended up opening three bars there. In Milwaukee? Yep. Which ones? Uh, we opened uh, Whiskey River in 2000. Okay. Er, yeah. Sorry, before that. We opened um, the Buckhead Saloon on Old World 3rd Street, and then uh, that building was up for sale. I had quit that company, was working for a different company. They bought the same building, and then ended up that not working out, so they went a block down, and then they built Whiskey River, and then that turned into something else, and then I went back out to consult on a third one, and it never The concept ended up becoming an Irish pub, so everything that we did was out the window, but I don't know if you remember where, like, Usinger Sausages yeah, or yeah, yeah. The, the Spice House. Yep. I was on the top floor of that building. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So I... What? Oh, he, oh, yeah. He
1: would like to interrupt you to make you eat this oyster. Yes, but let's... We're, still... we're pouring our oh. sparkling wine on the oyster. All right, so we're going sparkling wine. This is the new Mr. Paul's Way. So this is the
3: Laurent Perrier.
1: This is great. Yeah, Laurent Perrier, uh, Brute, uh, non-vintage. Uh, this is one of my favorite bubbles. Uh, when we open... So just pour a little bit on the oyster and then uh, take that bad boy down.
0: Don't mind if I do.
1: Isn't that great? And then you can pour the rest mm-hmm. or some in your glass. So when we opened up Mr. Paul's, we had this idea that we were going to have lots of... We, we, I, we were convinced that we were going to do a lot of business in like splits and small bottles and 375s and all these things. And it turns out people <laughs> aren't just aren't interested in that. And so we have this case of this really incredible champagne uh in these tiny bottles and we now only use it basically for uh service. oyster service and things like that uh but it's very delicious that and, is a uh, fantastic oyster great. too
3: i don't know that i've ever poured bubbles on an oyster we were banking eating. on that actually i but really love the, the the bright tartness from isn't that isn't that great that's fantastic it does the same thing that you would hope for from all the normal, like yeah, the lemon. And I don't know where I,
1: it. I saw it. I did, it's, not, it's not my invention, but I saw it somewhere, and I came in work the next day. I was like, you have to try this. Yeah. Uh, and
2: we do it intentionally with a nice warm oyster and warm bubbles. Yeah, warm these oyster. Warm these
0: warm I only <laughs> had that if you guys did that to Derek and myself when we were at the Balloon Emporium.
1: Did we pour bubbles on it?
0: We had an oyster, and we had... The baubles, I don't remember if we had no, them. No, this is brand new. Brand, brand this new. This is like okay. a month old. Oh, For a yeah. that, this is our new way, obsession. That um, Friends Like These edition with Eric Anderson Eric and was Kimmy. quite, oh, he was so quite possibly he was the best meal I've had in the state. I'm very, very sad that I could not make it there. absolutely aces. If, if you see any balloon emporium events pop up in your local or you're in town, get after it. It's worth every penny
3: last dumb history question and then i promise i will move on <laughs> i don't know if i knew and i forgot or if i never knew that you were in Wookiee foot
0: yeah
1: what 5 was years was that like man. the
3: like the make believe era or is that yeah. after so like 01
1: 99 i i i uh was asked to leave school and uh then um in two like 2000 to 2005, I was in the band. That is insane.
3: So that means that that's actually no the kidding. first time that I saw you. The
1: only record I'm on recorded on is Make Believe uh, or not Make Believe. The fro- uh What is it, Out of the Jar? Mm-hmm. So that was the one that I helped produce and 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 work with Mark on, and I, I rap in it a little <laughs> bit. He's a rapper. And I yeah, yeah. I, I, I rap. What, what, what? I hey I, my Weed skills uh, and I also was a uh, character called Weed Man. Yep who would wear uh, a super, like a green superhero costume and pass out uh, marijuana cigarettes on uh-huh, stage. Uh-huh. That was me. <laughs> so I uh, That's what I, did. I really. After school, my mom was very proud. <laughs> a lot of experience was as very a mascot. I looked
3: it up while he was talking. All of those albums are on Spotify. Okay. Uh, that is absolutely handcuffed to my college experience. Oh. Uh, the, that Make Believe run, uh, I think if I remember right, our band even covered Falling Down Trying. Oh, there you go. Uh, and I... I sing it at the restaurant often. I, I will gladly sing with you. Nice, that let's do that we it. Yes. I think I still know, and I, I think I can sing the harmonies on that. There we go. So we nice. should figure that out. That is, Get I, the I, old band back together. I want <laughs> to believe that if I knew that at some point it would seem familiar right now, but I don't think I did. Yeah. But yeah, I think that... Well, I had hair. That little run right there, I yeah. probably saw your band like, I don't know, 15 times?
1: Yeah, so how I got I got lucky, so it started. So I moved in next. That's so fucking wild. I moved in next door to the Wookiee Foot House, like on accident. I've been there. I just, I just finished my first year of school at the U of M. I was going to school for theater. I was doing stand up at Acme, and I did not do well. I, I left high school at a three eight, and then I left my first year at a one eight. You know, because I, I, I because <laughs> college. Well, yeah, I, I had abstained from everything up until then, and then. <laughs> found all of it, and uh, was it was a lot of fun, and uh, so um, yeah, I did not do well. Took some time off, is what I was telling my, my mom. But uh, I moved next door to Wookiee legi- Boy Villain I origin story. I as legitimately man. like nope. quit college and moved next door to this hippie bands uh, that. Uh, yeah and I fell in love with them and the first record what was the first record uh Fuck. with the polar bear I got to look it up on the thing yeah I should know that but anyway I knew all this all the I was like their number one fan like I went to their first show at the Library Bar and Grill
3: Domesticated
1: Domesticated and like I you know I I, I was like I was like part of it on the peripheral but then Jojo JoJo has, has, like, lung problems, right? And, yeah. and so, like, he couldn't play all these smoky clubs. He, he could really only do, like, the bigger festivals and big, bigger venues. So, uh, like, when we would go on the circuit, which is, like, you know, uh, uh, the caboose and the uh, uh, red carpet no. and, like, those levels with no. all the smoke, like, they would, like, really take him down. So I was, like, the ringer. And I, like, I started performing with them. And, like, it happened on, at, like, one day there was a show. I was sitting at home, and Mark came over and was like, hey, man, JoJo's sick. I'm like, that sucks. And he goes, can you perform with us? And I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, he was like, you know all the words. You sit in front of the stage every night and sing all the songs. <laughs> yeah. Just do it up on stage with me in a microphone. I'm like, yeah. And it was, it was amazing. And I I did it for several years with them, and and for a while, I mean, that's all. Like, I didn't have any other job for I think a year and a half. I was just a musician in Wookiefoot. Foot. Yeah. You know.
3: The first time that I did mushrooms was sitting in my friend Jeff Daly's uh, apartment, and he had the 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 CGI movie Ants. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he goes, everybody, we all we all took mushrooms together allegedly, and uh, he goes tell me when it starts to kick in and we're going to turn the movie off and we're going to put something else on. We're like, okay. When there's a scene where a guy, uh, one of the ants is mopping up. He's like sad at the bar and the ants mop, or the, everybody's there and then all of a sudden all the people vanish and then it's just the janitor ant like mopping up at the end of the night. And one of my other buddies goes, um, did, did anyone just see all those ants disappear? And we're like, all right. Yeah. We're at least starting to feel it. A time, yeah. Stop, and then... Now let's play Bugs Life. And no, and then we put on... <laughs> and then he put on Mushroom Jazz, and that was the Aww. first time I had ever heard Wookiee Foot, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And they all wanted to go for a walk in the woods, and I'm like, cool. I literally sat in the dorm room and listened to that whole... Or the apartment, and listened to that whole album all the way through, and then I went on my own adventure. And <laughs> things It's interesting, because,
1: like, the connection, the correlation I have to, like, Aaron Johnson and Tim Niver in the restaurant world, like, Mark... Mark and Jojo, like the founders of Wookie Foot, like, you know, I was 15 years younger than that. I was, I was 19 when I started hanging out with those guys and like, I mean, they changed my whole world. I, I almost went to school to be a pastor. I almost went to seminary. And two years later, I'm hanging weed out band. on this bus. Yeah. Fucking weed man. But also like, the the, and not just missed. about like weed man, but like, yeah. you know, like, like the, the, the global awareness of what those guys were absolutely about. like as a kid grew, who grew up in Fairbo like
3: I still stand by a lot of the messages in those songs. Like it's yeah, good news. I
1: mean, it's kind of crazy to see where we are in the world today. I mean, those guys were, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, I think about like rage against the machine and how, like, I mean, I had bought tickets to rage and run the jewels for me and Owen mm-hmm. for his birthday. And it got canceled, you know, and mm-hmm. like, like to like to that juxtaposition of like where we are today. It's kind of, they've, they've been talking about it, man. We're all monkeys in cages. Yeah, and we're like,
3: cool. We'll just build the cage ourselves. And then we'll get in and lock it.
1: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And I do. I, it's funny. Cause like, there is times where I think back like I look, like, like I'll be, you know, like we have this house and we have a TV in every room and, you know, I have all my stuff. And like I look back at that version of me, and I'd be I'd be disappointed. In yeah. That, you <laughs> well,
3: we yeah. can't go too yeah. far down that road because we might we might touch on that. So, yeah. uh, should we have a big swig of the bubbles and and and, and get gone. after it? Is
1: that? Yeah. Boop. Cheers. 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 All
3: right. I well, believe. I think you're up first. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I alluded to this a little bit when you first walked in here, but. It's my opinion that brunch gets shit on all the time. And it's incredibly delicious. Like brunch is great. It's breakfast that you don't have to wake up early for. It gives you more savory options. It's, I, I love brunch. It's acceptable to drink well before noon. Like it's everything that I love. So what's, what's the key for you guys to like an amazing brunch?
1: Like what makes a great brunch for you? So the, the thing is, is that you gotta drink your Bloody Mary out of a bowl. <laughs> If you drink bowls of Bloody Mary, it is <laughs> that is what does it.
3: I did not have that one on my bingo card, Charles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's soup. Is that bowl? A... It is. Ba- I mean, Bloody Mary
2: is essentially it, it's a gazpacho. It's
1: a chilled it's a gazpacho, gazpacho with the vodka in it. And uh, we were in New Orleans before we opened up Mr. Paul's, and Tommy and I woke up every morning and drank bowls of Bloody Mary because there weren't any glasses. I think was why, but well, yeah,
2: the glasses <laughs> were they were too juice, small. Juice yeah. cups or the dirty rocks glasses. that that we didn't want to wash, right. and then the the next best thing were these giant gumbo bowls in this Airbnb. <laughs> and I was like, but yeah, that yeah. are like a forty eight ounce bowl. And Nick would, the, I think the first day it was like a nurse with an IV. He brought him up to everybody's room, and it, the fucking celery stock garnishes, some yeah. Cheetos, whatever was laying out on the. Yeah. But it was this giant bowl, and we all, you know, one bendy straw. Yeah, yeah. in bed. Yeah. I was like, yeah, in oh bed. Man.
0: You know, half naked. Nick, get over. out of here! Buck, <laughs> yeah.
2: Bring me that. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <Being laughs> Life changing. Yeah, and, and forty-eight
2: ounces of Bloody Mary before you you stand up. That's a lot. Or smoke your first cigarette or whatever. It, the day is great after a day, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, we
3: call it.
1: You're running from your hangover, right? Get all your so, vitamins. like, you wake you get up, you drink, you're oh. good. That
3: buys you at least a couple blocks. I, can, like run, I can
1: run. away from a hangover for two days. I'm with you on that. But on day three, I'm doing. I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. You know? <laughs> like, I'm, you know, like I'm not a guy that should have a shirt off anymore. You know, <laughs> early town talk days, I could get away with it a little bit. It was like a cute belly. Now it's like a sad melted candle belly.
3: I do, I do love <laughs> that when when Tommy was getting ready to confirm that story, the way that you were moving your hands like around
2: Trump to with, figure out okay. someone's bottle of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting the, political. The but. look
3: on your face and your hands were. That was perfect. I was like, oh yeah, that's how big that bowl was. Okay, I get, it. I understand that. I have been there. <laughs> All right, so uh, for bowl, brunch. So check, so bowls I, of bloody. I love brunch.
2: Yeah. I am I, literally, one of the only chefs that isn't this, fuck brunch, fuck brunch. I don't mind doing it. I mean, as a businessman, it, it's imperative for our business. Brunch is a huge portion of the business. And it's a great audience. It's an audience that may not come out. It's one of the few times I'm, you
3: get great margins.
2: Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> eggs are still affordable. Potatoes are still affordable. But also, like to To show people a taste of what we're doing on the business side, a taste of what we're doing on a 12-item menu where they where they can get by with 10 or 15 bucks, it's it's great in that sense. But when I dined for brunch, you know, I Birch R.I.P. was was my fucking go-to. So good. I yeah. mean, you could hammer back a couple of shots, a Bloody Mary, you know, maybe a couple of French 75s, a Corpse Survivor. All these great cocktails Lots and then indulge on the fucking crab toast oh. and the like, you know, sea bean salad and all this. It was like, it's the best of everything. Mm-hmm. It's You can have cocktails and nobody's shaming you. Uh, well, except the nobody at your across table. the table. Yeah, exactly. uh, but oh, you so can, I'm driving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks like I'm driving, huh? <laughs> We're just going to rock the garden, babe. But I, I just... I. I don't understand the hate. I know some of my chefs, and, and they'll listen to this, they can't stand working it. And, and I don't work it right now. I am working this week, so sure. come on down to come Mr. ball. Uh, Ben's going to be in Corpus Crispy, Corpus Christi. It's right next to Corpus Christi. Is,
3: uh, uh, is Taylor yeah. Swift playing a show down there, or what's he going Well,
2: for? I don't know if it's... Brit or Taylor, but yeah, mm. <laughs> also going fishing.
1: I'm definitely... It's I'm not called Corpus Swifty.
3: Yeah, I do like, want to make sure that the, 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 the Swiftamites out there don't come at me. No, I'm no. saying that from a po- place of love, because Ben Feltman and I were dates to a Taylor Swift concert together, <laughs> and it was wonderful.
1: I thought Taylor Swift was an ice cream machine. <laughs> 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 and it's out of order. Maybe it is. So you know, the jokes. thing I heard, so we did a big staff meeting last Monday... And
3: hold on. I love that. That was an inside industry ice cream joke because there are a lot of Taylor ice cream. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thanks for leading them to the water there, Ben. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know, Shit, I'm sorry, man. We're here to bring the
3: knowledge to the masses. Uh,
1: So, you know, Tommy gave this really great speech about brunch and was like, this shift is as important as a Saturday night. This shift is as important as every other, every other shift. And, you know, this is the moment where we can really, uh, engage an audience that isn't like he said here on a Friday, Saturday night. And so really trying to inspire your team and hire people. Like the thing that I've always learned is like hiring, like, Oh, you know, who's working for us for brunch right now? Brian, uh, Brian from, Stanley. Yeah. Stanley. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And like, one shift a week. And he, he, I mean, Aaron, our, our GM, uh, who's incredible, uh, she like she's like, who is this guy that comes in on Sunday and is just like ready to do it and so excited and like it was such
2: a great like review of his new new time. I mean at Lob L V and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and Strip Club and Saint Dinette and I mean the like, guy's got chops. One so. of the OGs, man. He is, yeah. one day a week. That's beautiful. We Sunday. asked him hey, you want to pick up Saturday nights for fuck no? <laughs> like <laughs> no, <laughs> I want brunches, brunches only. But but yeah, I mean, I think, it's, it's I all think about that, the personnel. Yeah. I think everybody in town does great food. Mm-hmm. It depends on you know what you're looking for? I had eggs Benedict today for breakfasty brunch. Ainsley and I had beers and and breakfast at Blue Plates, um a Grill. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the service makes everything. And you know, a guy like Brian Stanley or or or, or Ryan or mm-hmm. you know, our service staff that works brunch is great. I mean, don't come in. I'd rather you not be there if you're going to be hung over and pissed off yeah. to be there. Because we'll just do it without you, <laughs> you know. Like, fair. Uh, nobody They'll do it well. Nobody expects this high-end, polished service. What they expect is here for a good fucking time. Yep. And I'm going to spend fifty bucks, but I want to leave laughing and saying, "Do you think we should go over to Pajarito for a margarita, or what? What do you think we should do?" <laughs> and that's what it's all about to me. And and you know, Niver used to say that, 15 years ago, everybody in this town can do good food. Everybody in town makes great cocktails. And what really fucking matters is you greet everybody at the door, and you say thank you when they leave. And if they leave with a smile, we won. Mm. You know, and, and that's kind of that's how I look at our brunches. Now, when I dine out, I want to overindulge because it's brunch, and I want. Uh, what does he got going? Well, yeah, we have,
3: I believe, we have liquid nitrogen that has gone into a. Old school sterling silver teapot. Yep, we have some nitroheen over here. <laughs> uh, but while he's while he's going, uh, Charles, what about you? What's what what is what is good brunch to you? Or what? That
0: is, last point speaks to what I think uh, makes the ideal brunch, and that's uh, ruining the rest of your day. Mm. It's excess. So the crossover of brunch, like here's what I do when I have brunch, and it's probably the same uh, mo for a lot of people. Is I go in. And I don't really like sweets, but I like a pastry with coffee. Mm. That's like the time that I most enjoy sweets. So I'm like, well, I'm starting with coffee, so I got to have something a little sweet. So then you do that. You already, you have your like, your little coffee service, right? When you're done with that, you're like, all right, well, I got to get, I need eggs. There's got to be eggs involved. It's got to be starches. I need potatoes. Yep. I need bread. So then you're ordering your dish that contains those elements. Of course, you need a, you need an alcoholic beverage. You know, you got your caffeine in your system. Now you need some alcohol. So you get your... Bloody Mary or or uh, whatever whatever floats your boat. I can't think. Oh, what's the name of the thing? The Campari and orange juice. I can't think. of that Oh, right
3: the, the the you love so much.
0: I know, but I can't think of the name right now. So you order Baldy. the garibaldi, garibaldi. which I, yeah, which I'm obsessed with. But so you have those elements. You're drinking. You're eating fatty food. You're eating starch. You're getting your protein. You had your pastry. You had your coffee next thing you know you've been there for two and a half hours you ate too much, you drank too much you're like awake but you're sleepy, <laughs> you're really full, so that's the key excess I think a great brunch you're just having a fucking blast eating and drinking everything in sight uh, no restraint, and then uh Opa. and then you're you're on with trying to have an actual day mm. I like to like I feel like
3: I'm with you on that Mm. where I like to plan how little I'm going to do after a really good brunch. Like when you can clear your calendar and know that you have no response. I'm too ambitious when I walk in. Oh, (laughs) I give, I've given up a long time ago. I think for me, what I love is the creativity that brunch provides because it's not a, uh, a centuries old tradition. There aren't like, I don't see a lot of people that are like, that's not how you make that. Like you can kind of do anything. Like, whatever. This is
2: our Wavell's wrench here. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm in. Like, I don't care.
3: Uh, but even with cocktails, like, I find myself drinking brunch drinks that I probably would never order at any other time. Yeah. And part of it is that I still associate, like, citrus juice with, like, morning, like, you know, orange juice, coffee, all that. Like, brunch. It is 100% acceptable and sometimes encouraged to have three to four beverage glasses rimming your plate. Yep. And then all I want is like
0: <laughs> no room on the table. Yeah, exactly.
3: Then it's a success. I want either a thick sauce or enough egg yolk that everything binds together.
1: Thick
0: sauce, a thick sauce. You sausage. know, what we found out though when oh, we yeah. launched <laughs> for sure.
1: When we launched brunch at Mr. Paul's, I had this I don't know for for some reason I wanted to do like crazier drinks. Like Death in the Afternoon, I think is the best brunch drink hands down. Absinthe, simple syrup, sparkling mm-hmm. wine is my favorite. Uh, we did like a absinthe frappe. Uh, we did uh, a few other things that were just kind of like New Orleans but kind of farther out there. Mm-hmm. And Café Brulot. Café brûlot And then Lovely. it's just Bloody Mary's mimosas. Yep. Bloody Mary's mimosas. No matter what. And we're just like... That
2: could be our demographic.
1: Well, I mean, you're sure. But, that, I mean, that's all I have yeah. to go on, right? And I think, you know, that is you know, as much as we push the envelope there, you know, I, you know the, the day we opened... You know, 22 drinks on the menu, and p- people waiting outside to get in, and they don't even look at the menu, and they go, "We'll have five dirty martinis." And I was like, <laughs> "Here's an ice pick. I'm just gonna run at you." <laughs> Nick refused to
2: refused to put an old fashioned on the menu until he committed to purchasing a, a barrel of uh, whistle pig ten year. Uh. <laughs> and I said, "What the fuck are we gonna do with 52 cases?" a whistle pig I'll oh, I'll put an old fashioned fashion <laughs> but it's going to be the most expensive yeah.
1: one in town. <laughs> it's an 18 dollar old fashioned and yeah. nobody bats an eye and I you know I got a call from some like an interviewer from Axios and they were like asking about the increase of cocktail costs and they didn't actually public they didn't use my quotes cuz I think they weren't expecting me to be like <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Everything is more expensive. Yeah. Why, like of course drinks are going to be more expensive. Exactly. And like it's not like nobody's I'm not ripping somebody off at $18. I'm putting a 10-year-old yeah. single barrel. Like our co- the cocktail
0: cost on that is still like a, a 25%. 10-year a barrel, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. barrel pick. Go, go, go yeah. find that for yourself. Yeah. Go ahead and make say, that for your friends. You sell me what you got. <laughs> exactly. I
0: mean, I was gonna say I've seen a lot of $18 old fashions on menus. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of them have a, not a lot of them ten years. Even a
3: named uh, whiskey in them.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like I just love the
3: the fact that like time isn't even a constraint. Like you can still rock brunch at two p.m. or you can have brunch at nine or ten a.m. Like it doesn't. It's 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 the sluttiest meal and it's so great because it's
2: exactly just, why block parties now start at two o'clock. Yeah, everybody right. gets their buzz on. Yep, they would end at four o'clock mm-hmm. and if it start wasn't. at eleven mm-hmm. if it wasn't for brunch. But yep. now they can go till ten. Borough block party, this and that. Right. And Fulton's big grand fundito. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. How do you do that? How do you party? For seven hours, eight hours eating parlor burgers. If it wasn't for, we all went to free house. Painted a little base seeds. coat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that you call it. Gravy. I love that you call it the grand fundido. <laughs> 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 grand fundito grand fundido is even more fun. The fundido. <laughs> I mean, after eight hours of drinking, it is yeah. the grand fundido. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Dito. All we need is little queso.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, oh, photo, photo bomb. Here we are. We have liquid nitrogen that has been thrown on the floor. We have all kinds of fun stuff, and I have a beautiful colored, a beautiful hued drink in my glass. Sazerac,
1: guys, the, the signature mm, of yeah. Mr. Paul's uh, Sazerac here with a uh, miraculous cocktail enhancer, uh, liquid nitrogen to chill the glass, and then uh, just poured, just like everything else in Mr. Paul's, we try to make it as efficient as possible, so give it a try. Cheers. 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 Tastes uh, like an angel's armpit. Man, I love that drink. One of the few,
3: one of the few drinks that I have, I have tracked down to the alleged first place that it was poured, and it was delightful. The bar at the Roosevelt.
1: Yeah, it's not the best sazerac though. It's not.
3: But I want (laughs) to. Sometimes I want to go and see, like, okay, well, like, where was this? And then you go bounce around from there. Hundred
1: percent. Sometimes you want it when you go to the thing, like you want it to like change your mind or change your life, and it's almost like. Meeting your hero, you know, like <laughs> like yeah. I went to the Roosevelt. I went to the room that this drink was invented. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you know. smelling Willie yeah, yeah, fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still smells like a fart.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there, there are no
1: shows bitters in this. We don't use shows. We, we, uh, we're working on actually a Mister Paul's bitters with Bitter Cube. Ooh, uh, nice. My friend Ira Koplowitz is going to be. Uh, basically, we're taking the orange bitters, we're dying it with cochineal and adding fennel extract, and so my enemy ooh. Ira. You're, <laughs> He, he who stole you from yeah. me for for 10 dark years and then here we are back together again that's fucking beautiful
3: oh
0: yeah. fucker so roll into our next topic let's go okay so years ago uh, Nick and myself were featured in the same beard photo book oh I got to thinking we're all really recognizable people in a crowd what is it about you that people find most memorable or identifiable and that could be something physical your laugh or something else entirely <sighs>
1: Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be less egotistical these days. I'm really trying to like, so, you know, an older yeah, version yeah. of me would be like, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's what we're here for. If you got an answer, go with the answer. I don't. Uh, well, I mean, I, I would hope that the thing that's recognizable is like my my voice, my tenor. You know, I think I, I, I would like to think that often when people hear me in a room, they they feel like, you know, there's joy happening and a, a party coming right or so I, I hope that's it i don't know if
0: that's it you i have think a recognizable voice that's yes, for sure. yeah, I Know yeah. when you're around
1: yeah and i am loud and i laugh loud and hopefully those are the things people think about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm going the same Listen, way. man it's been a long it's, it's been a long career right i've made a lot of enemies
0: when yeah. you when you remarked earlier about the suits too that didn't that would not have occurred to me but i knew i was going to be asking this question, and I was like, Oh, that is actually critical because if I saw you at Whole Foods and you weren't wearing the suit, yeah. I might. And that's happened. That happens. I've, times, I've like, had, oh,
1: especially like employees and, and staff at various yeah. places where I'll come in one day and I'm just wearing like uh, civilian clothes and uh, they'll be like, Whoa, that like, are you <laughs> everything okay I, at home? I
0: mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you and sleep I, here?
1: Yeah. And I've always, <laughs> you know, I, you know, obviously like, like getting fitted at Caraway. Was the you know is the crown jewel of my my suit collection and, and what I've done for for all these years is more of like a I call it a three pieces suit mm-hmm. where you know just a hodgepodge uh, gotta have uh, your separates uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah it is it, it's weird you know like leaving like uh, yeah I, I I hope my attire is another one of those things yeah my voice and my attire final there answer
3: have, there go for it so mm-hmm. oh. what about you
2: I fuck. Let's, let's talk about Nick's suits for a minute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you want one of us to go too, like we I can do that. I would
2: say, uh, just to touch on Nick's suits. I,
3: I <laughs> mean, really, that's what we're here 2008. for. 2008. Is to touch on Nick's suits.
2: Yeah. I used to pick Nick up good, yeah. to go to work at Town Talk, and he would answer the door in nothing but his birthday suit. That sounds right. Every single fucking day. Every I would, day. I would drop him off, and, it's romantic. and I would open the I door would honk, naked. honk the horn, and he would swing open his front door. Come on in, not ready. And this is the 36th and Grand, like right in the heart of Uptown and butt-ass naked, stand, step out on his stoop, waved to me, and we'd have to puff a marijuana cigarette. And then he would put on his <laughs> stonewashed denim and his black Town Talk shirt. Oh, yeah.
1: Which is always one size too small. <laughs>
2: Was that something
3: they did on purpose? I felt like everybody had oh, ill-fitting I, shirts. I had there. They were all
2: belly shirts. They yeah. were like the cheapest polyester. They shrank every yeah, one Like, yeah. Don't wash them.
3: Harness <laughs> uh, always had
1: a yeah. little little ridge showing at the bottom. Jesse, because oh,
3: yeah. he'd, always, he'd always do his big well, over the top Everybody got
4: sheet. the ridge.
1: It's called the town talk bump. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, because 1960 pounds.
1: That
0: was the of The of the town was the midriff polyester yeah, shirts. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's the only, that, that was the show. <laughs> yeah. Man, they're really gonna put on a show. But I remember the. first... First time he I'm bought a suit, it. And he had it was Bombay Sapphire, yep. and he's like, "Man, these!" And he's pointing at his slacks. This is like wearing sweatpants in public. <laughs> I don't think I can ever go back to jeans. Yep. Yep. And I shit you not, I don't know if I've seen him in uh, blue jeans since. <laughs> amazing. He went to Men's Warehouse and dropped G- like four hundred dollars. Two days later, yep. <laughs> Do you know slacks. how
1: much more <laughs> fucked up you can be if you look nice? Yeah, <laughs> like you literally, True, like I, you know, I'm. I ran nightclubs. That was yeah. literally my MO. Yeah, you can be <laughs> way more of whatever you are if you look sharp. And uh-huh. it's uh it's a great tool. Yeah. It's a great tool. Yeah. 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 The better you the dress, better, the worse you can behave.
2: Right. Coming from the the Dressed guy <laughs> here. <laughs> what kind of skeletons are in your closet? <laughs> They're actual skeletons, yeah. so don't ask too many questions. Here. Yeah, there is no
1: closet. We've excavated it down here. Don't go uh,
0: deep down that tunnel. If you look like you tumbled out of a moving cab in your pajamas, yeah. you can't really have much to drink. No. No. You're already on thin ice.
2: So seven, eight years ago, I'm at Morrissey's on Lake Street, and it's... St. Patrick's Day. Abe's still working there. The whole crew. Shout out to Abe. And Hobbit. it's fucking busy as hell. And the gal runs up to me and gives me a big hug. And she's like, "You're Ben Quam. <laughs> 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 I love you. You're always so sweet. You had the best laugh. You're such a nice guy." <laughs> this is this, bullshit. This, this is did not a happen. True fucking story. And so when I look at what I think other people, what I want other people to feel or what I think they feel is that, that, yeah. that energy, that smile, that, that Ben Quam <laughs> Quamity what? That you have. Yeah. It, it, there's something like.
3: <laughs> How have I never heard that story?
2: You know, 20 years ago, my mom used to say, you always light up a room and, and, and that's what I want. You know, I, if, if, if I leave anything, to my stepkids or if you know I want that be confident mm-hmm. have energy put a fucking smile on and yeah. laugh like you don't give a fuck mm-hmm. honestly
1: that that's that's like, the beginning like you know, like Tommy was saying like when we first met we probably didn't like each other but like when our friendship grew into like like we spent every day together. We worked every day. We get done with work, we race over to Asia to get wings. He would sit at the bar and he would debone my wings for me. Like we no. were in he love. Didn't know how to bone. We were I in didn't love. love. How to bone I, hands. I was bartending. I used to yeah. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Cuz
3: I didn't know you and all I knew is that you were like the uh, the yeah. the air ascendant to the cocktail realm and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. Like, just in he's there. He's got a wing yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, got yeah. a wing guy. Yeah, yeah. He's got 10 saucy fingers yeah. just going to town. And he's to wearing
2: these rose-tinted <laughs> glasses. Yeah. Oh, is that actually a big deal? Yeah. The rose-tinted
3: glasses, not that out
1: of out of touch in Asia. Yeah,
3: that, no, there was some, no. oh, there was some no. weird no. stuff that went on there. We had, oh, we had yeah.
1: some fun. Aaron used to wear those yellow glasses, too. <laughs> you know, he was like, put them up and down like that. Yeah, so funny. But, yeah, I mean, like, our, I think our friendship grew, like, nobody makes me laugh more than him and vice versa. And then when we're to like, it's like, the it's like Captain Planet of comedy, you know, like to be together in a room is like even better. You Wonder know? twin powers yeah. activate. And like yeah. the thing that, that uh, Jason great. wrote about the party restaurant, like who would have thought that the best party would be any dine on 50th in France, but the party come, the party follows where yep. Nick and Tommy go. i like, expect that, the unexpected. That was the most, like that sentence. I'm like, that's, that is it. And, and we didn't have that for a while. I mean, I left, I moved, and, and, and we, you know, it's kind of that thing, like, especially in the restaurant world and for how busy we all are, like, I mean, I have friends. You're my friend. I have friends, but I don't have friend time often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people that you work with are your, your your friends, you know, and we were we lived that. And so when when we stopped working together, you know, yeah. out, out, out goes that time together. But uh, so above everything with Mr. Paul's, the fact that we get to see each other, you know, almost every day is... It's fucking great. It's fucking great. Oh, yeah. What about
3: you, Mr. Wad?
1: Oh, why don't you go? It's
3: oh, it's top. my turn. Yeah, it's I guess top you top. asked that question. I, I'm, I'm still weirded out. Like, that's, that's wild oh. to me that, that you said that. Was- I, I, for you, it's always, it's your laugh. Like, I love when I hear it from the kitchen. I'm like, ah, Tommy's here. Cool. And then it's like, <laughs> then it's like a game of, like, trying to figure out how far I need to go to get it. Cause that's like, that's the drug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, there we go. I got one out of 100%. And you're, so and you're
2: waiting for the motherfucker. Well, he's not. In that <laughs> <good of> the-
3: <laughs> for, for me, it's tough because I am just physically so much larger than most people that I think that that's usually the defining thing is like when I'm at a concert, it's, I'll, people will find me because they're easy like, I saw you in the crowd. easy yeah. to spot. Yeah, like it's a whole bunch of people, and then your big dumb head, and then like, cool. Or if they're up in the what like, size
2: is that by the that's way? That's an eight. That's an eight. That's that is a an full eight. eight,
3: and that is not a, a loose. Is, it's not a loose eight. It's it yeah,
2: a, a one snap.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. That literally is a one snap. In in high school, there are pictures of me. I was so embarrassed about having the one snap in the back you and fitted hats were really cool. Tape yep, something. exactly. Yeah. It was either hockey tape or gaff tape. Depending on the color of the hat, I
2: used to rip off the, <laughs> the back of my Levi's because they were like thirty-eight thirties or thirty-eight
1: twenties. <laughs> like, uh-uh. like you ain't the, getting that one on me. Yeah. <laughs> the, all
2: these old things? I don't know what happened to the. Tag. As
1: a bald man with the the snapback, uh, it's hard because you see your your bald head. the, in the window, t- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> or when you take
2: it off, and you can see the imprint. Yeah. Oh know, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was yeah. never That's a hat there.
1: person, and like a couple years ago, like I jokingly put on a ball cap, and I was with Ira and another buddy, and they were like, "Whoa." It actually it looks really good. Yeah. And I was like, great, yeah. I'm a cap person now. But you know, the problem with being bald and wearing a cap is that every time you meet somebody that's never met you before, the first time you take that hat off, their eyes dilate a little bit, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and you see it. You watch for it now. And you're like, oh, Yeah no you didn't well, know you were so cool you were so cool before
3: that's tough because like, <laughs> if you wear a up. hat all the time people like, they're going to somehow assume and, and shame you for being bald like my thing is I'm, I'm currently trying to lose some weight and my thing is that I want to lose enough weight that when a stranger sees me coming out of a bathroom they don't assume that I just took a shit there like that's literally that's like my, my hope in the world <laughs> that, that's know? it because
1: like, you get the look you're like fat man you, you were blamed <laughs> hey, people walk out the and you're like it wasn't me the next restroom the no, this I'm one's good. Open. N- no, Being I'm a fine. fat man, you are I'm blamed for every bad smell. Every bad smell. <laughs> every bad smell. They're a like, yeah, 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 tons of fun over here. <laughs> 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 but
3: <laughs> would you have for lunch? Yeah. The thing that the thing. That <laughs> Like, they're, they're watching what you're eating at the yeah, restaurant be like, like, I got to race them to the bathroom. me cheese fries. I knew it. <laughs> oh, it's typical. Uh, <laughs> but the thing that... She's eating what, <laughs> what weirds me out is that even being... Like, when the shoes that I have on them right now, I'm 6'7", right? I have a size 8 head. I am as big as it gets. And yet, it's people will wait to hear my voice to ask, oh, hey, Ben. Sorry, I thought that was you. I'm like, how many other people do you know that fit this profile? That you're like, oh, I don't know. It could be eight of them. Like It always amazes me that somebody will wait and listen for my voice and then come around.
2: Like Andre the Giant <laughs> yeah. or Ben thank, thank God this is I it? can't tell from the back. Oh, there he is.
0: <laughs> Did the
3: Undertaker let himself go? Nope, it's Ben. I heard him talk.
0: Well, I mean, there are a lot of... We do have a lot of big people here in the north. Yeah, so that's, that's fair. I, know, I mean, there there are more. Many people. You are your, but your personality is also
1: like of giant proportions. Yeah, so, like, so riders. Riders. you seven really bucks, fill what? your yeah. shoes
0: well. <laughs> yeah. You really
1: do. Like, you fill your shoes well, and like, and so, I guess, like, I feel like I hear us all saying the same thing. It's like, what do you want people to know about, like, recognize about? And you're like, I want them to know when I'm in the fucking room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I. It, it does go back to. I spent a lot of time alone when I was younger and I hated it and I just wanted people to be around. So the best way after years of fucking it up through junior high, the best way to get people to stick around is to try and be nice and warm and be funny when you can. Like that's, that is for anyone that's listening to this, that is the best way to have people want to be around you is be nice to them, remember them when you can, and try and make give them Give a pen. Give them
0: a, <laughs> a big fucking hug. Yeah, give them a big old hug. Yeah. All these are surprises yeah. to me because that's not how I treat people.
3: <laughs> but also, yeah. like, if we're going to talk about the hug thing, make sure that it is 100% like a consensual Like hug. with a yes. document? Dude, I've, or or, I've, no, yeah, I've, I've just had... I've had a couple other people that worked with me for years try to adopt the, the I give hug. hugs to yeah. everybody, and you watch it, and you're like, ugh. Yeah, I'm a hugger. I give hugs now. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And whoa, it's, whoa.
2: <laughs> let, release, release, yeah. release.
3: <laughs> well, and, like, the height thing also kind of helps, because especially when it's a, a weird dynamic size-wise between, between me and – Typically it's a woman who is that much smaller. Like there's there's really no cross section where there might be something weird because yeah. I just have to make sure that <laughs> I'm not like muffling them in my in my yeah. bosom. Or she's
1: four
3: feet. <laughs> right. And then it gets weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's like again, I think I've said this. I a always couple go times limp when you
1: hug me. I just completely <laughs> and I wait. You go. You're you're well, like Nick he's not, not gonna me let me go. Never let go, Ben. No, just Nick.
3: Nick just yells <laughs>
0: Nick just yells dead weight and then jumps on me. <laughs> oh but uh Charles what about you? I'm going to say the thing for each of you that I find most recognizable. Uh Nick your voice, when I hear your voice I'm like, "Oh, Kosovich is here." Like, a, "Where is he?" Uh Tommy, y- you have like your whole look, the glasses, the hair, the beard, like You're made to be illustrated. Like, you look like you could be a chef cartoon character. So you're immediately (laughs) recognizable when I see you. I would watch that show.
1: I would definitely watch that show. Well,
0: I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people your size, and obviously I would recognize you anywhere because we know one another so well. But you have a thing that you do. Like, if you were across First Ave at a wrestling show, a first wrestling show, and it was dimly lit... And you were standing in a throng of people that included, say, Dave Paradise and Dan Herman. You have this thing that you do when you're standing still, where you shift your weight. Oh yeah, I always know it's you. Like you have this statue. Your mm-hmm. your stature when you're standing is very specific, and mm-hmm. like it's very specific to you. So I always know it's you when I see you do that.
3: That's uh, <laughs> that started as a conscious thing and became a subconscious thing. Oh, really? um, it comes from when I when I used to have to pull doubles bartending, and I didn't get a break, and it was you know just like an eight or a ten hour straight through. Um, I, I, worked, your joints. <laughs> I worked at a, yeah, I worked at a few nicer places that didn't like the look of bar mats behind the bar. And so I'd spend 10 hours standing on concrete and the only way that I could do it for that long and not have my back start to scream at me mm. is by constantly shifting my shifting, weight back and yeah. forth uh-huh. so that there's never too much pressure just on one spot. But I haven't worked in one of those bars in, I don't know, 11 or 12 years, yeah, but, but now I up. can't, I can't stop doing it. Like that's. It's I catch myself doing it now, and I'm like, God, I'm weird. But it it's the difference between like being able to fucking bend over and tie my shoes at the end of the night
0: or not. I feel you. You know, like I
3: I feel like you might understand that. In
0: in terms of myself, I'm gonna be really on the chin, pun intended. It and we started this conversation with this. It's my beard. Mm-hmm. People always see the little black dot across the crowd. They're confident, me hat or not, you know, because sometimes they see my bald head, sometimes I'm wearing a hat, but they see the beard and they'll just dart toward me, you know, at Surly. I had people walk up to me at the last concert. I went to, oh, I saw you from a quarter mile away. I knew that was you. So I walked all the way down here and lo, lo and behold, it was you. The I, I I do enjoy that, how identifiable I am because of that. The, the other side of that coin is that someone I will have met that I met very briefly at uh, a concert or a beer festival or at a restaurant or something that I met through somebody else or they recognize me from something. The next time I see them, they call me by my name because when they met me, I was recognizable to them. When I met them, like, no offense intended, but 5'9", clean-shaven, white guy with short-cut brown hair, I'm like, single-syllable, easy-to-pronounce name. (laughs) Matt? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, You're one of the apostles, right? (laughs) There's, there's, There's that dynamic where they're more prone to remember me because I always remember, I have a great memory, but I always remember the people that I, I know I'm going to have to remember. It's almost like my brain at some point decided, you're gonna, this is a person that you have to remember or this is a person that you may never see again. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going to run into some of the people that you, your brain told you you're never going to see Your brain again. filed under NPC. Yeah. So I have to wait, <laughs> so, wait for someone else to say their name because I don't want to be rude. So that's the, the backfire of that dynamic is that my beard makes me... my. Obsidian black beard makes me so identifiable and people always can find me, but they also remember who I am and I don't always You know what's funny there. though
3: is like sometimes when I see you in a crowd, everybody else's head is tall enough that it's just blocking out your beard. I always know it's you. Like if you're not wearing a hat, I can usually tell it's you because then you get the whole thing with no like shading so I can see your eyebrows, so I can see your eyes. But mm-hmm. when you have a hat on, you, um, you scan the crowd as if you're just trying to make sure that you understand where everyone is and what's going on. And that's usually when I know that it's, if I can only see like, like this and you have a, a hat on low, I'll always see, it's just like a perfect scan of everything that's going on and kind of like <laughs> taking it all in and making sure that you know where everything is. Yeah, watching
0: the exits. Yeah,
3: little, like a little bit. Or like marking like, mm, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just like, I think it's just you taking in the whole thing as opposed to just what the focus
0: is. Sure. Uh, and and if it's a crowded environment, I'm always looking for people I know. Yeah, because I want to. Oh, fair. Talk to the people that I know.
3: I also, for you, uh, there's you? It's who's one who's of you? my. Sorry, Nick. One of my <laughs> yeah. favorite things. Sorry, I do forget sometimes. Uh, when you're telling a story, you have a like sometimes you'll have a break where you'll have the setup and then you go into the next part. And that's my favorite thing. Cause I'll be like, Oh, that sounds like Nick. And then I'll hear that. I'm like, Oh, it is. And then I got to <laughs> run Kosovich. And I love it because it's a, it's as somebody who has gotten paid a fair amount of money to speak in front of crowds. It's a way of bringing everybody in where you give them a little bit of time to process. And it's just like a millisecond. It's not like you leave them hanging for seconds and then you jump into it, but it's a great way of getting everybody in like, oh, and then, Cause your brain wants the sentence to just keep going. And if you give it a little break and then you change your voice a little bit and you go into the rest of the story, it's a way of like, everybody kind of gets in a little bit more.
1: It's interesting. Cause when I think back on the last 20 years of my life, you know, I was a theater kid at high school. I did stand in, in, in college. Then I became a musician. And when I started bartending at town talk, all of those things connected, right? Like, like quitting, like leaving Wookiee Foot, and having a baby and, you know, being 20, I was 23 years old, right? And I'm 41 now when Juniper was born. It's a very different experience as a parent. Wildly. But like, you know, at 23, you know, you start, you know, you're feeling like this, like what was once this like vagabond lifestyle, you know, the need to be rooted. And so I found all of the things that were fulfilling me as a comedian and as a musician, I found them behind the bar. Because the only difference was that people came to the bar every night, and I got to do my thing. And Tim and Aaron were the first people to be like, "You, you can like the way that Tim ran that front, uh, the 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 point and the the host area, and you know, it's like smarmy, but you get away with it, and crass, and you get away with it, and like mm-hmm. all of those things. Like <clears throat> it all kind of came together, which is really interesting.
3: It's It's funny. I think that maybe part of the reason that I also pick up on that, like the way that you tell a story, is that I also was a theater and choir kid who was in a band, who did stand-up comedy, and then ended up behind a bar.
1: Tommy just coughed. Nerd. I don't know. One hundred percent. Absolutely.
3: But no, it's it's trying to figure out how to bait that crowd and to keep listening. Like while you're going, and then you see him lean in just a little bit more every time, and yeah. then you you bring him in. And I loved like the first time I heard you do a soliloquy was when Tom Fom got super hammered one night on quote unquote Mexican holy water. And uh, he paid you to go back and start making some cocktails. <laughs> and before you started making a drink, you just picked a random story and started telling it to a bunch of strangers at the bar. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck, man. This <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror, yeah, but I this guy that. doesn't look like me. This is exactly what I do. Because I used to test out stand-up bits behind the bar, pretending like it was a story that had just yeah. happened to me. Like, oh, dude, 10 minutes before you guys got here, this happened. We, just to see if people would think We it was are funny. very
1: similar creatures, Kwam, And I, I almost think that our relationship is more at a distance because of how similar we are. Like, we... We. I think the world wants it to be that way. <laughs> I don't think they yeah, need well, it. Like, yeah. For real, like, yeah. like I, I, when, every time we get together, I'm like, God, I fucking love that dude. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we're the same in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, which is very, very interesting, you know. To say, uh, you know, what, what you were talking about, uh, the uh, not, not knowing names and, like, not remembering names... That yeah. is the hardest thing for me. Sure. And the problem is, is that when you, like, not remembering people comes across as arrogant. Uh-huh. And in, 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 in a daily struggle to be less of that, uh, like, <laughs> when someone's like, hey, and they're like, oh, you don't remember me. And you're like... I don't. I don't. You know, like I'm very bad, especially very if bad. they ask
0: you, and then you have to be honest. Yep. Yeah. Right. yeah. I
3: hate doing it, but I do it every time. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Help me. That's out.
0: That's the honest thing to do. Yeah. That's
3: why if I see somebody coming up to me ahead of time, and I don't know if you do this, if I already don't recognize them, if they're clearly coming to see me, I will literally be like, "Hey, Ben Kwam," and like, oh, "Yeah, I know." Yeah. Like, and oh, then they usually, lie.
1: I'm just a liar. I oh, just they usually to, feel
3: like, like baby. Hey, what's they're up? like, yeah, 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 I know. No, I'm Charles uh, from. I'm like, I just want to make sure. Like, I don't.
0: Megan Smith, yeah, Nick, we
2: met. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's right.
0: Yeah, we I dated for Nick two does. years. I usually wait two years. For two to years. <laughs> uh,
2: we dated. Sorry,
3: it's a, like there's nothing you can do. I've been mean about it a couple times, and I still feel guilty. Yeah, like I told a dude when I was 20. I'm 43 Faking right now. It is worse. I told a dude when I was 27. He got mad because he's like, I oh, bet you don't remember me. And I was like, I don't know. Try and be more memorable. And I still feel guilty. It was like a great line Super at the time. Yeah. But I still Sounds feel like guilty. Sounds
1: like a Nick Kostovich line. That's, that's the, literally uh, yeah.
3: as I'm going to bed when my brain's like, let's think about all the bad things you've ever done to anyone. <laughs> I think about that moment all the time because yeah. I watched his face, never told me who he was, just turned around and left. Like, I have no idea. Well, that's also a thing where it.
2: That's actually why I'm here. i <laughs> about <this>. yeah.
1: <laughs> In, never, in in twenty
3: in, in I would never so have went yet. to the
2: lumber exchange had it not been for you working there, yeah. and I really. Yeah. That's oh. dependent
0: on the individual too, because yeah. someone could, depending on the type of person, could take that one of two ways. They could take it in stride and be like, ha! or they could be like, "Fuck you" and turn around. Correct, you know. So it's not totally your fault. I, you know, there's just
3: there's times, and I also it was really hard in a DJ booth because you can't leave. Like at least at a bar you can walk away and you can come back. It's, it's tough when you're cornered like that. And I feel like if if I had to make a list of like all of the worst things I've said to people, 90% of them came from the fact that I was stuck in a DJ booth that people could walk right up to and I couldn't leave. And that eventually, eh, there's alcohol involved. Maybe you're going to say something you shouldn't say. Yeah. Maybe.
2: I got like that. Mis- <laughs> Christine Aguilera coming up for you next. <laughs> yeah, sure. Can't wait.
1: <laughs> oh, another Pussycat Doll song. Sure. Let's go. Ben's working on a book right now called When I Was a DJ. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
3: And then I'll the put book. it out and no one will this read it. This is the book. You haven't no seen a new tattoo. It's a record.
2: It's not a book. His nipples are actual turntables. Wow. Nice. No, that's oh, actually
3: that's how, I, that's how I carve it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 I <laughs> carve <laughs> the book. Oh, what are, are, we, we what are we sipping here? What are we sipping here? Okay, this is Mr. Paul's Chardonnay. So we uh, worked out uh, a program with Yola Hills from Willamette Valley. And we have a Chardonnay and a Pinot. The Pinot we'll try here in a little bit. Uh, But, uh, yeah, this is our glass pour chard. You know, we, like so many other people in the restaurant industry, you uh, you know, the thing that Earl Giles is doing right now is focusing on the thing that I want as a bar. Like, as a beverage director of Mr. Paul's, what I want is I want everything custom- I want everything with our name on it. I want to have our own beer, which we have. We have Mr. Paul's Lager. We have our own wines. We're working on a sparkling wine. Made by Fabulous. Prize Brewing. We're going to have, uh, uh, you oh, yeah. know, Earl Giles is going to make our own spirits for mm. us and liqueurs. And yep. and that thing that I want as a beverage director is what Earl Giles provides. And we're going to provide that for everybody, mm. which is really exciting. Uh but yeah, this is kind of the beginning of that. So we get this from Libation Project, where mm-hmm. our, our favorite distributor here in town. Uh, can I say that? Yeah, no, sure. Is that
2: Emma uh, works with us? she's yeah. been a friend since her and I toured the Dead together. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and Jesse well, Jesse's obviously my my business partner, and and uh, Emma is now c- taking control of the wine program a little bit uh, as well, which is uh, uh, awesome because uh, we we've just been doing it kind of. Uh, As a community, which is beautiful because we all tasted a bunch of wines and put this first wine menu together and then had to realize quickly that what our like kind of every part of the restaurant, like what we wanted to do or what our perception of is what we were going to do changed very quickly over this last year. Right. So like we put out this wine list. It's pretty esoteric. Doesn't have a lot of California on it. And you start to see these like the asks for things, and then you know, we put Camus on our glass pour list at $27 a glass, and they're number one selling people cannot get enough of it, right? So, like, we you know, when it comes like, and again, like, this is where that price point thing, like, we're not putting expensive, like, our glass, our wine list isn't expensive, we have great wines. Available by right. the glass is a very different thing. Same with the, the cocktails. And so, uh, anyway, so th- this is our, our our Chardonnay. I, you know, unoaked. Uh, you know, really. Uh, uh you know, kind of neutral in, in, in flavor profile in terms of, uh, uh, you know, no butter, no toast, no, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So it works great with all of our shellfish program. You know, the the, the grilled oysters in this is incredible. That's and, all yeah, I'm thinking about right now. The grilled yes. oysters oh, are well, so yeah. good. Oh, my God, with this? Uh, but when Tommy's got something here for us to try with this Chardonnay as well. So
2: the new ceviche, yes. new appetizers came out this past Tuesday. New entrees have come out a week from Tuesday. But this is the new ceviche. We went from the snapper, this is a base scallop, <clears throat> this is actually one of Ben's dishes, and it, it's freaking lovely. You'll taste the flavors. Not Ben Quam.
0: <laughs> ben uh, Feltman. Ben <laughs> Feltman. It's about to be one of Ben Ben, ben Yeah, uh, it's going to be a dish be inside here. of Ben but, uh,
2: you know, Ben, I think his flavors <laughs> are heat and, and lime and a lot of Mexican influence mm-hmm. in his food, and this one hits that on, on, on everything. So it's a base scallop ceviche or aguachile, um, jalapenos, marinated tomatoes, some marinated cucumber, and then we are serving that with sourdough today. Um, or wait. Uh, Man. We are serving that with uh, our Cajun firecrackers. I baked
1: is. you guys a loaf of bread. Yeah. I did. Fumbled the loaf. I'm going to have my wife send a photo of Fumbled it. Fumbled the loaf. Oh, I bungled it. Yeah. Bungled the loaf. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. How and is that not a Wookiee <laughs> foot song? The loaf. Yeah, that's the new record coming out That's actually loaf. when
2: Ben walks yeah. out of the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, I bet he just bungled a loaf in there. Well, this guy
1: bungled this one. So, it wasn't me. It was yeah, me. I have a three-year-old starter. Her name is Sally, and uh, she makes great bread uh, that you'll never try. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> and, and it's funny because I was at the restaurant today, and I was like, hey, I'm going to make a loaf of bread, and... He pulls his glasses down and gives me that serious look, and I'm like, "No, I got it. It's already rising it's already in the And it was, it was, it was all great. I went home for uh, my uh, couples therapy, and the bread was cooking, and it was amazing. And then I left it
2: on the stove. Oh, so, so we have crackers yeah. now, but really? they're called firecrackers. Fire so this is it, it, I'll this fuck is with those. Like the, it's like the poor man's chicken and a biscuit. Traditionally, you make them. You soak them in a, olive oil. And then toss them with um, ranch seasoning and Cajun seasoning. They do like
0: a, they do look like a chicken and a biscuit. But yep. We yeah. we
2: do ours just with Cajun. We leave off the Hidden uh, Hidden Valley Ranch. But.
1: Dope. All right. You guys delicious. are too kind. Thank you so um, much. So we got we got three plates for five of us. Yes, or? I
2: was going to serve everything family style. I assumed that there would be a. So um, they are on the coffee table, which is that uh, red igloo cooler. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I. We push the mics away, we indulge for a second, then we come back and Nick will sing while we eat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll
1: <laughs> sing a song. Would you guys like me to sing a song? We can rotate. We, we, Juan, we, we can
0: ask his question. Yeah, we could do that. We could, I'll ask a question, the and then,
1: like, while may, maybe if so
0: you want to, you wanna, don't want the song, I
3: do
1: want the song. I mean, you guys can eat while I sing. Uh,
3: are you falling down? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I feel I, I can ask it, and then, like, right, if you I want to answer it, you we'll guys circulate. Can we'll circulate, right. circulate. So, uh, whether it's um, whoever cooked food when you were you know, in a youth, maybe like 14, 15, 16, whether it was your mom or, or somebody that cared about you, whoever it may be, what would they be surprised about that you either A, love to eat now, or B, what would they be surprised about that you refuse to eat now?
1: I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Uh, I refuse to eat nothing now when I when I when I grew up I was the pickiest kid Ooh. on the planet so what I,
3: what were you what would you actually eat when you were young
1: like when I like well I grew up I grew up in a uh I grew up in a home of hamburger helpers hmm? and things all like the that helpers, really. all, yeah, the helpers. all the helpers yeah you know our yeah. don't our, our roast, tuna man. I'm not tuna, yeah. help is legit. tuna helper is disgusting. No, oh, give it I to I don't me. eat. Uh, yeah, maybe there's a few things I still don't eat, but like I'm I'm not like I was I was like grossed out by sauces. Like my little brother and I. So my mom tells a story that she would go through the McDonald's drive-through and order one Happy Meal, and I would eat the hamburger and the cheese, and he would eat the bun and the sauces. <laughs> and 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 yeah i would like i, I didn't even like my aunt tells a story of like trying to feed me an apple at her house and i was like got like i was like well, i can't yeah real bad and then you know in my mid 20s that kind of changed especially getting into the restaurant industry and uh so now like i'm now like in and, and, and what's beautiful is that my son owen who's now 18 like, when he was five years old, his favorite food was smoked eel sushi. And awesome. I, and I'm so proud of that. That's amazing. And it's because we, the family rule now is, there, there is no nose. We try everything. Even my, my one-year-old daughter, like, she is, I mean, her palate is amazing. She's eating the crazy stuff. Tonight she had, tonight Juniper for dinner had sliced uh, uh, polenta tossed in butter with avocado and a uh, everything all spice bagel chicken. <laughs> this is <laughs> what's what, a one-year-old. This is what my one-year-old <laughs> ate tonight. Yeah. And you know, and her formula comes from Germany. It's very very special. It's the <laughs> finest formula you can find. <laughs> it is, for real. Like this now is now you have to have your bottle. Yeah. And uh, so I you know, for me, I get the other thing eat. in when I was 13, 14, 15, I was the cook. So I I grew up hard and fast, and I was definitely helping uh, raise the my my younger siblings while my 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 parents were working. And then I had a very sick brother my my whole life who um, you know spent a lot of time who was basically in the hospital all all his life. And and my mom had to obviously do a lot with that. And so I helped raise my little sisters. And and you know from the time I was like sixth seventh grade, I was. I was cooking dinners. I was, you know, I think I, I remember making, like, Thanksgiving, uh, like, when I was, like, 14 years old, you know, for fun. Yeah. But, you know, I remember learning how to make biscuits and home ec, and I, I made them every Saturday after. Oh, that's and, wild. Uh, so that, that like, a level of cooking has been part of me forever. Uh, you know, and then my grandparents, my, my grandpa George, uh, who is, like, my closest uh, positive father figure in my hmm. life, you know, and and he was a cook and he baked and he made sticky buns and bread. And, and, you know, although we were Croatian, he also made a lot of Italian food, but he made his own sauerkraut. You know, I remember like laying on their, their, their floor of their living room and he would put the the big garbage bag of sauerkraut, like in a big trash can in the closet. But the aroma of the sauerkraut would waft under the door and make its way all the way over into the living room. Like, I can remember that as a child. Sure. And, and so, you know, my, my grandparents definitely were we're like, food is love, and food is love to me now, and, and it has been for forever, I, I mean, cooking is my, it's funny, because I don't cook, right, Tommy's a cook, Tommy cooks for, for, for a living, for me, cooking is a very, like, sacred, like, I cook for fun, I cook to relax, I cook to not think about work, which is interesting, right, because, because, you know, and I often think about asking. You know, I want to ask. drink to not think about work. Exactly. Words, so it's kind of <laughs> thing.
3: It's symbiotic. You guys yeah. have the yin and the yang.
1: Yeah. But I actually want to. I want to be in the kitchen more. I want to yeah. like. I, I haven't talked to Tommy about this yet. Uh, but I want to start to. I want to. I want to be in the kitchen. I want to. I want to start at the bottom and 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 do prep in a kitchen mindset because I just think the more I can do that. that like, I want to work with Alex, like our our, our pastry chef right now, who's starting uh, her own business, uh, the Dahlia. Hey, yeah. yeah. She's making Juniper's cupcakes. Uh, oh, so Ju- we're having a was, we're having a birthday party on yeah. Sunday awesome. she's at she's Earl Giles now. for my one year old, from, th- from 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 twelve to three. Guys, uh, there's a live DJ, there's live <laughs> art, uh, but anyway, she's making cupcakes for Juniper and. My wife, I called my wife and I was like, "What do you want these cupcakes to be like?" And she's like, "I don't, I don't know. I vanilla. I don't know." And I was like, "Well, never mind. I get to pick." So we're having gin flavored cupcakes for my one year old's birthday. Yeah. So it's juniper, citrus, cardamom, and oh, coriander. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, her name is juniper, so you know, kind of works. But it's on point. Anyway, I don't know what we were talking about.
0: <laughs> Where do we? What, what was it? Things you do or don't. Enjoy eating. Yeah. What, what eat people that, that knew you when you were be young be blown you away that teenager? You, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I think I actually, you know, when I think about my family, I, I've challenged my whole family with – Every, like, you know, I cooked Thanksgiving dinner for my whole, like, external family, like, larger, uh, you know, family one year, and it was, like, chaos. Everyone was so worried because, like, I wasn't making mashed potatoes. I was like, I'm making a traditional Thanksgiving meal. So I you know, have done that, yeah. and the
0: family hates it. They hate so. it, they Almost hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yes. But I used doing? to go to my grandma's <laughs> house,
1: and, like, my grandma would be more upset about the mess I made than the food I prepared. So, like, there was a there was a time yeah. in my life where I was really excited to, like, sear scallops for my grandma, and 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 put bacon salsa on it, and show her things that we were doing, and and then it just we wasn't really it wasn't appreciated, so you just you're like the, not worth the yep. the the not worth stove the top. squeeze, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do the stovetop stuff. So I, I I grew up in that the roast with the 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 powder on the top and stovetop, and you know that's the family some of that, that is the in.
2: stuff I miss the most though, mm-hmm. like. My mom used to do that chicken and rice casserole. Yeah. That you pour the rice and the cream of mushroom soup, and you just bake it all together, and it's like, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. I still cream do it, it every now and then. Yeah. The one it I, is like Chicken satisfying. wild
1: rice, like my mom did a chicken rice with mushroom soup and cream the and chicken, yeah. yeah. That dish I still try to make now. That's yeah. the
0: one that, yeah. Yeah, like, it's like the classic. Pyrex. It was like rice aroni, like right? So the pork, oh, yeah. <laughs> the pork chops baked with cream of mushroom soup, yeah, exactly. and then you just like throw it over rice or, or mashed potatoes, and yeah. it's everything's all. Yeah, and it's it had to either together. be
3: the the glass Pyrex one, or it was the I can't remember the name of it, like the white porcelain yeah, that yeah. had the blue the
0: flowers on the side mind, sure. uh, that, everyone uh, that everyone had. That everyone had. That that was it. Had to My come out in one of those. Two and yeah, the leftovers
2: go in the orange the not with the yeah. yellow one with the, the ridge one
0: the yeah, riveted yeah, yeah. top get yeah. It, yeah. it the riveted top same yeah. color yep
1: <laughs> I get why it happens right because like that generation, the idea of saving time in the kitchen was the value You're correct. and like for me, like I grew up in that and like I grew up I grew up a picky kid from parents that were fine that I was like they 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 were fine with that and like mm-hmm. also like i it's a bland I grew up in a bland culinary world right and so like sure. To see to see that, and so for us, we're like we have very busy, busy lives. But I'm not shortchanging the cooking. Like we spend 90 good. minutes together as a family almost every night. The news is on, waiting Love for it. Wheel of Fortune to pop on. We're getting that dinner ready by Wheel <laughs> of Fortune. That's our life right now. But it's all centered around that food and cooking really good food. We That's have lovely. not bought a loaf of bread in two and a half years. That's amazing. And like I am, I'm really prideful of that. I make a big. Big loaf, I, I I split it up for three days. I make a focaccia with it. Like, I do the whole big loaf. Was that the joke? Yeah. Job? Yeah, Sorry.
2: yeah, after I mean, Quam's comments, comments. I make a so big anyway, loaf. that was actually his nickname at the Who's next?
0: <laughs> Who's next? Big, big loaf? Yeah. The old big loaf. Two bigs. No, two bigs. The big big. It's my the big big. BBL, you know. The BBL. Yeah, I,
2: you know, I grew up four brothers, so five boys, Oof. no sisters. Dad worked on the rail. Mom didn't work because... How the fuck would you ever afford <laughs> child care with five boys? We're all two years apart. A lot of us a year and a half, so we're like oh. Irish twins. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Five boys in eight years. Just oh, a pile of boys.
0: Da- da- that. <laughs> and just the strength and resiliency fighting, of that woman. Punching
2: holes in walls. We're all wrestlers and football players and this and that. And, uh, but definitely a lot of help. My mom had a lot of helpers in the cabinet. But we were poor. I mean, we grew up in Woodbury, but we were like... 3M Woodbury, 3M yep. headquarters, Battle Creek, um, you know Maplewood, Oakdale, kind of on that cusp of, mm-hmm. we were allowed to go to Woodbury High School, but they really wanted us to go to Tartan High School. <laughs> but it, it, fuck, somebody drew these lines. They you know, hit you with we were the like,
3: first day of school, they hit you with the lye powder to yeah, make sure you yeah, were deloused. Yeah,
2: we got the, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah how do you guys keep getting free lunches? (laughs) Uh, We got it like that, fuckers. (laughs) VIP, baby. But I remember, so my mom passed away a few years ago, and now is when the crying starts. But uh, she was everything. She cooked every fucking meal. Dad couldn't cook worth a shit. But there was a year, a, a, a weekend maybe, or two a year, that she would get out of town, and she grew up in a huge family with 11 siblings. And she would leave with her siblings for the Virginia Slims Classic, they called it, and it was just all of her sisters, her and seven of her sisters, and they'd smoke cigarettes and they'd go on pontoon rides, and they and so that was my dad's weekend, and my dad hated pizza because it was so fucking expensive. Like, what, do we, what are we eating pizza
4: for? Wow.
2: So he would his meal, his go to was the cheapest hot dogs you could buy, Corn King hot dogs. And I remember them like, they were you know, 29 cents for 10 dogs. Oh, boy. And then you get eight buns in, in the 29-cent pack. And so that was that was the dinner. But it was five boys, and we're like all.
0: 58-cent dinner right yeah, there. Yeah,
2: exactly. And then water. Who doesn't love water? Mm-hmm. Well, big, you guys want milk? I mean, you can have milk if you want milk. There's a little in there. You're growing boys, you need water. Yeah. We had a milkman and that would deliver 9 and a half gallons every other day.
1: Hence the five boys. But oh. Shit. Nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Grap, gap, gap.
2: Dad being the mil- uh <laughs> so his go-to was these Corn King hot dogs and he would boil them stovetop and he would toast the buns which was like that was like his chefy the panache. Project. His dad was Mr. Paul, by the way. <laughs> who is a fantastic oh. chef in his own right and a, a, a man about t- a real raconteur. The-,
0: the titular, <laughs> Mr. Paul. Yes.
2: <laughs> so my dad, Corn King hot dogs, an eight-pack of the shittiest, cheapest hot dog buns. If they were day Toasted. old, they were... Toasted. That, to- but he'd toast them. And then he'd pull them up, and that was it. And me and my brothers would crush them to a piece. My dad was so selfless and still is. And so frugal... That he would never go at a hot dog. What he would go at was a sleeve of saltine crackers and the Wiener Water soup. Wow. The hot dog stock. And uh, and over time, a year or two passes, and I'm like, Dad, you don't want a hot dog? Like, we're just devouring these things and like the shittiest. There wasn't even all these back then, but whatever yeah. potato chip was it was like Raise it wasn't lays it was like yeah. some all right we'd eat that and and my dad would eat this and it was like the Tom Sawyer like he would just oh my god this is so good this is like you guys gotta paint this fence man this is so fun he would eat that soup and and it was you know he did this for maybe four years total but after the first year me and my older brother were like this motherfucker I'm so tired of these hot dogs he gets the soup and crackers. <laughs> Hey, Dad, give you a dog for a little (laughs) cup of wiener water soup. And he always called it wiener water soup. And how about a a cup? I don't know. And he'd he'd (laughs) piece off a couple of crackers, a little. And I was like, fuck. So was this a long
0: play or did you really enjoy it that much?
2: Well, I hated the hot dogs that much that it was like, I wanted anything else, else. the salt of the saltines, Mm -hmm. and like, oh, God, this is great. We ended up reversing the whole role where three, three, four of us were giving him the hot dogs, which then he would just hammer down. Can you imagine oh how good God. that
3: win must have felt? And yeah. we
2: were all eating the wiener water soup. He'd fill that thing up like fucking a gallon and a half of water, and I didn't eat a hot dog for about fucking ten years, twelve years, amazing. and now amazing. Schweigart Peter, <laughs> the Schweigart wiener. That's, like, my dirty little secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like
1: It's got a good snap to it? Go. Come on, that ain't dirty. So
3: I yeah.
2: was
1: going to ask you that. Like, you know, you find yourself at a ball game and you grab a dog. Like, does it almost time travel you back to that moment? And there's almost a nostalgia. I, there's a part of me
2: that wants to say, are you guys boiling these? And if so, could, can <laughs> I get a, Water. a, a dipper? Are can you, I get a sip? Just, just yeah. Yeah.
0: pull out a sleeve of yeah. saltines yeah. yeah. from your yeah. pocket. <laughs> pull out the bladder. <laughs> If I was going to
1: describe one one word. Uh,
3: let <laughs> me get a hot dog wet, wet. it's just dip it back. Yeah, <laughs> like Nathan's got It's done. birria, birria,
1: <laughs> birria <bahaza>. hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's consummate. I was the like, like Chicago
3: dip, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Italian beef, man. Yeah.
1: But nostalgia is a beautiful thing, right? It is. Like it is. Uh, it when I think about what I try to do with drinks a lot of times, the playfulness of my cocktails is, is the attempt of nostalgia. Like I want people to feel like kids. Yeah. And I feel like I want them to time travel. Fiance memories. Yeah. And I think Tommy's food does that, especially at Mr. Paul's right now. Like, you know, when, when I'm there and I'm, I'm, I'm meeting people like hearing their stories. Like so many people come in and they have a connection to New Orleans mm-hmm. and then they have, you know, a gumbo or a jambalaya like that. Like, you know Daniel Victory like when he came and did the our friends uh, friends like these uh, concept and and Tommy fed him the gumbo and the gumbo's got uh you know uh potato salad on the top of it he's like this has never happened in a restaurant before this is not how you serve gumbo in a restaurant this is how you serve gumbo at a family reunion and like that the whole that sentence is that's like cool. what it is. And so it's kinda of funny because you know, Tom and I were, you know, almost a, you know, estranged for like nearly a decade, but we both were working on the same thing, which is like connectivity <laughs> through what we do and to be able to bring it back together And Mr. Paul's like I want Authenticity people. Authenticity yeah.
2: is, is yeah. everything. And so it's it's like, man, fuck this is how I like this that's how my grandfather so served gumbo and it was that potato salad but Eggy as all hell. Like, I mean, equal parts, boiled, <laughs> diced potatoes to the potato. Eggs. <laughs> yeah. and you mash them all together. Uh, yeah, the potato
0: and egg yeah. were and equal parts. Know, yeah.
2: I, when I started at Butcher and the Boar, I, it was, you know, six years there. It was fucking fantastic. But growing up as poor as I did, like a steak was, was we would get a steak and it would be, me and my brothers, once a year. And it would be that sh- shitty, sirloin or something that that was one at the meat raffle up at the cabin and and we were in McGregor's so I, I know knows exactly where I'm talking about but um you know it, it was this or you know like we we my dad would act like a fucking chuck roll was a steak and he'd slice it thin enough and
0: brother so we had a very similar uh life experience growing yeah. up yeah my mom would bake like thin cup ball tips on a sheet pan until they curled up like <laughs> cups. And they were gray because she did, like, 300 degrees for an hour. And be like, mmm, steak. I thought steak was a bad thing until yeah. I was probably 17 years old.
2: And I started at Butcher, and I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, and we man. did some good steaks at Town Talk. We did really good steaks at Koo, but Butcher was like this, holy fuck. You know, bringing in you know, thousands, tens of thousands of pounds in Primal Cuts a month and just... You know the freshest fucking meat, or the the oldest meat. I mean, we were doing a 90-day dry-aged tenderloin there that I cut into it. And I'm like, man, that tastes like absolute fucking dog shit. <laughs> like <laughs> this tastes like this came off a, a, a fucking steer's hoof. And then you smell like the taste a big guy came it. out of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, Jesus, Guam, Guam, <laughs> where is the he? Always here. But uh, you know, so when when conceptually, when I was coming up with Mr. Paul's, I'm like, man, fuck. I Steak. I I fucking love it. It's something that it was such a special occasion as a kid that I'm like, I want to give everybody a special occasion every fucking night. And one of our, you know, in our business plan that we wrote, now two and a half years ago, it was like, man, if people are going to spend their hard-earned fucking money, they better have a good fucking time. And and. Literally, that yeah. is everything. It's it's. You better have a good time. We'll deliver you a great steak, and and I'm all about, like when I cook at home for Carrie and the kids, I want to do roasted chickens. I want to do steaks. I you know smoking on the green egg. I want like whatever yeah. I can do that. Maybe I I, I mm-hmm. wasn't privileged enough to have as a youth, but also like. I want to play with shit that I, that I hadn't played with. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first 25 years of my life was, I mean, we all, as college kids were, you know, we were helpers. We mm-hmm. were the hamburger helper kids. For sure. And we were that generation. And then it was the ramen noodles, and I still love them. That's... Damn right. If there was one dirty little secret, it's yeah. Ritz crackers and that cheese that comes out of a fucking spray tip, and then ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, And you ma'am. can doctor them up every way you want. And, well, I'm going to crack an egg in there, I'm going to throw the extra fried rice in there or whatever, but it's ramen noodles.
0: <laughs> yeah. I still love just some Maruchin ramen. Yeah. And yeah, you, and you can doctor it, but I also just, whatever. Give me just, chicken just Maruchin. Yep. Half just feels the, good.
2: Half the broth, you know, twice
0: the noodle. That's it. I mean, that's the key. You we've know.
2: all been to jail, right? <laughs> 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 I went
1: to jail one night, uh, <laughs> Unpaid parking tickets. I was I was so adamant about bringing my car from Faribault up to U of M. I didn't have a parking pass, and so I spent my first semester getting a you know parking ticket maybe three four times a week. Never paid them. Was driving home after I was done with my first year of school. I was working at a like paper factory and uh, in St. Louis Park, and I got pulled over for uh, having a warrant out for my arrest. Which you can't even do anymore. It's illegal to arrest somebody for unpaid parking tickets. So at 18 years old, I ended up in the downtown Minneapolis jail. You learned some things on a Friday night, overnight, overnight, and then yeah. I mean, I remember like, like, what are you in for? (laughs) Like uh, parking tickets. 117 parking
2: tickets. (laughs) Give me your sandwich. Here's some toilet wine. A sandwich. Like a guy
1: puking over. Yeah, I was. How about you? What?
2: What's your food?
1: Yeah, Charles.
0: Yeah, when so when Kwame and I were talking about topics, I said that I've always been a healthy eater. I like to eat everything. I've taken things out of my diet from that time, so that would be that would definitely be the side of the equation for me. I think that if we're talking about specifically like you know friends from that time or or my mother, what they'd be surprised about. And I used to love getting food court Chinese food in a big, just like the biggest Coke that they had. I was obsessed with that. And, of course, that's a thing that kids do when they go to the mall. Right? You go to a movie or something. You go to the Rosedale Mall here in Minnesota. And you stop into the mall and you go to the big food court and you order food. And you get your beef broccoli and your chicken mushroom and the fried rice. and then Sesame chicken. Dump hot sauce Casey all over it. Candy. Yeah. General So or whatever they call it. And then you dump your hot sauce all over it and you get a big old Coke. So you're, like, eating this salty MSGE uh, Chinese food. And then slugging your coke behind it and I used to be Wait, are we just, beating
2: up on MSG right now?
0: No, we no. love MSG okay. on the show. Okay. MSG is no, oh. all about it. It's no, everything. Nick, we, we're out of here. We're, we're out of here. <laughs> no, we Flip love the table. We love MSG This next the drink show. has MSG. To the, the point that like we want to make shirts that <laughs> yeah, uh, talk about how much we love MSG. No, we love it. And that's why that's why I love that fucking food. And that's why it probably worked so well. The salt and the MSG and the sugar when I was a teenager, it was the perfect combination. But yeah, probably the last time I even drank a Coke at all. I was probably seventeen or eighteen years old. I just don't. I don't drink soda. Um, I will still. I mean, I'll eat some food court Chinese. I just haven't. Mm-hmm. But I. I do like the sort of crappy food court uh, Asian food experience. I just that's something I also don't do a lot of anymore. I, just, I don't find myself there and hungry. That's no, just saying them all. Somebody the
2: should mention that, yeah. that Charles looks like Joe Rogan. <laughs> And the rest oh, of us weird. are like the three <laughs> little <laughs> pigs here. Like, we, we, got the, we got the three you pigs in had the water. Coca-Cola? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. You
0: eat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elk. All I eat is elk. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 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 In my <Yeah>. three hundred degree centre. <laughs> I, I don't I drink coke elk. either. I yeah. really just
1: like the way it smells. So <laughs> <there you laughs> know. Used to. You yeah, allegedly. 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 Quam what up? Uh
3: yeah, I I think I mean I'm I have become the cook in my mom's house now for all family things. So her surprise is gone about the fact. I was also a pretty picky eater. Like vegetables were absolutely gross, except steamed broccoli with just a shit ton of salt on it. For some reason, I would eat like- ass broccoli with salt on it. I would eat an entire head of of broccoli alone, no problem. But every other vegetable was disgusting.
1: That's why you didn't have friends, Ben. That's it.
3: Uh, and then, uh, so I think I, I, if if we were talking about my mom, I think she would be more blown away that every now and then I still do like once a year when my wife is out of town, I will absolutely make cheeseburger macaroni hamburger helper and I will crush that fucking thing and it is delicious yep. and I, I don't feel great about myself
1: afterwards because it doesn't sit super well but I, I still I gotta do it so you're happy for 10 minutes I don't even minutes. know if this is appropriate to say anymore but the rice oriental yeah line, that was right? one thing that, yep yeah, that, that was, was the name of it, it that was, was what it was called was that a hamburger yep. helper thing yep. yeah or, yep. okay. And okay. It was and the, that was the most I don't remember that that was uh, the like when we that was the most uh, unique meal yep. that my family uh, ethnic yeah. food yep. Yeah. we did the La
0: they the like 18 cans
3: on top. Oh
1: yeah, of it. we yep. did that with the the fried the noodles. Act. Yeah, and
3: yeah. like the most gelatinous sauce gravy yeah. ever. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like uh, the tuna helper, the tuna tetrazzini. That's more like a once every like three or four years, but uh-huh. I'll still do it. Now, t- tuna tetrazzini. No, those are the super little oh, yeah, noodles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like the Lipton oh, cup nice. of soup noodles <laughs> all in there. That was every now and then. It's like a callback to my childhood, and it's I for I think I think the feeling that I get when I'm at the grocery store. Is that I still feel like I have a foot in that life I still feel like i I remember what it feels like to be poor like and, I, and, I, and
2: you're sneaking and around, around with, your I wife's mean, back well yeah, which is the <laughs> best feeling
3: It's and, like I know me. <laughs> I know she would not have any joy from this, so me trying to like push my nostalgia on her like eat it like that's not it's not gonna work
1: trust me and don't I don't, me I don't mean to bite on my mom either because like when I think back, like yes, there were those types of meals, but like there are also like, like my mom made a scallop potatoes and ham from scratch that like to this day I try to recreate. Like she had her dishes, but like it's just hard. It's hard to be a parent. It's, super it's hard. hard to yeah. work. It's hard yeah. to work till five thirty and come home and like what do you like? Like I get it. Like I you know like I'm not I'm what not. What can you get prepared fast? Yeah, with the least amount
2: of dishes because
1: you also have to do you've those. Been you also have twelve to do hours the and no. Yeah, sometimes like one pot to mail like in. Yep. Spaghetti
2: right. was always, you know, Tuesdays and Sundays. Yep. 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 And then it was mac and cheese with yep. cut up fucking wieners yep. and you know, like it was all those things. But I would
1: have to like drink so my mom, like we Hot I didn't dog I didn't pungs. know that vegetables didn't come in like grow in cans. Yeah. For sure, you know, like, or, or the frozen <laughs> bag. <laughs> like like we never had fresh fruit. Like we had bananas, mm. maybe oranges sometimes. You know, that's about it. But I like everything was that. You had the gas
2: station. <laughs> you fruits. take the, the corn, first corn out you could of the liquid, like, like just boil it in the liquid, you're fine. Well,
1: I, I, ironically, now I use that liquid for cocktails. Like yeah, our delicious. Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving balloonoporyum. We have a drink called the Cornucopia, and it's a it's a ver- we did this drink at Eid Street. Remember, we had that tiki bar yeah, at Eid Street, yeah. and we did the corn tiki, uh-huh. and it was like a painkiller, but with uh-huh. cream corn and uh, cider. So, we're doing that at the Thanksgiving uh, balloon emporiums. But, like,
3: if you think I didn't make sweet corn ice cream twice this summer, you're crazy. Like, it's corn coming back around again. I love it. Uh, I also, uh, Kikkoman teriyaki sauce on mashed potatoes is still a thing that is only for me because our Thanksgiving turkey, the the white meat was quite dry. And as a child, I was not quite there for the dark meat, which is now, oddly enough, all I want to eat. Yep. Uh, so you have a dry piece of turkey breast, uh, and you have mashed potatoes. Gravy. That
1: Thanksgiving I was telling you about that I cooked, I brined the turkey for like two, three days, and it was pink when it came out, and there were people in my family that wouldn't eat it. Yep, because they said it was raw. Oh, like, oh, it's so and good. Was like, no, ah, the science. Never mind. So, <laughs> kick them on
3: teriyaki sauce would essentially rehydrate. Yeah. the The turkey breast, and then I would eat a bite with mashed potatoes. I'm like.
0: So what what if it was the oil. Just, slick. What if we just did it was that, the, and yeah, then we the do water oil. Because
3: I didn't, I didn't trust the, the gravy. It was a weird color. I didn't. I, very, I wasn't. I wasn't comfortable with it. Now, obviously, I'm all the gravy, yeah. but uh, back then I wasn't. So that is still every now and then. If we take leftovers home. That's another one where, like, if I'm the only you gotta one, to
2: stop at Cub Foods, hun. Mm-hmm. I need a little. Uh, gotta get, it's got to get and it's got
3: to be the the orange topped yeah. Kikoman bottle yeah. with like a a roast platter from like 1974 that's still yeah. the photo. <laughs> like all the times that we say don't take pictures of food and put it on menus, they took there one is. photo and it's just still on the yeah. on the bottle.
2: Seven years later, yeah. yes, still holding. Still holding. Still. I bought a brick of Velvita last
1: week it. and it was very nostalgic and fun and I used it in lots of different ways but like you know we we love to do the mashup at home where we take the ramen and the mac and cheese and we put them together so you get the long noodle with the cheese kind of a Korean vibe there and uh, there's a Korean dish that has like the corn and the cheese in it yeah. Uh, yeah 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 uh, so I did that with the Velveeta, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a dangerous uh, ingredient to have in the house. Some fusion. It's a big
0: brick. They give you us,
2: too much. Much. Yeah. They fusion, gave us too much. This is fusion. Too much. No, no,
3: no it's confusion. It's fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. But blue, yeah, no blue box and and the ramen pack. Yeah, and the orange is ramen. Is the pack. best. To, a, can together a can of at corn
0: to get finally together. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking,
1: fellas? Yeah. Oh, what is, this, what, is what this is the is, okay. So this is. This is a old-fashioned that I think is still on the brunch menu. It hasn't done well, but it's quite delicious. This is an andouille old-fashioned. So this is an old-fashioned. Yes. Excuse me? Been, it's been fat-washed with andouille fats. So Tommy makes an andouille Ooh. in-house. We take the rendered fat. I love you so much.
0: Make I want to the old fat with andouille. Yeah. How do we make that happen?
1: It's very easy. Anybody can do it.
3: Find a hot tub. <laughs> find some olive oil. Yeah. Obviously, we'll everybody
1: <laughs> in the world fat washes stuff now, but... I would like to say that you know, in two thousand seven, we were fat washing a Manhattan with bacon, and it was on it was yes, on Diners, yes, drivers Diner yes, Diner Diner Diner. Diner for an old
2: fashioned. Oh, that time. is highly and, sexual. Uh, sorry, care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me. Okay, that is for stupid. Good. That's that is tremendous. Thank you. But also, I want to remark on the base gallop. Ceviche. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that dish. I'm a I'm a ceviche snob because I've had ceviche in the part of the world that makes it better than anybody else. Peru. <laughs> <"Sres> and uh, well, I was uh, Santiago, Chile, but it's basically Peruvian yeah. Peruvian chefs and is brought there by the Peruvians. But I, I ate so much ceviche when I was in Santiago, and I love. It's one of those foods. Like in the Nicole Crowder episode, we talked about foods that can be great or terrible. My answer is actually hot dogs because I hate skinless wieners. And I like the, you know, snappy. Dude, Lowry Hill Meats hot dogs.
1: I had them this week. Fire. Oh, I'm going to try that.
0: Uh, so ceviche is a great answer for that same query because I mostly hate ceviche because it's mostly bad, but I love it. So I'm always excited when I try it. This ceviche is fucking great. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Those little base scallops are perfectly yep. succulent. The acid from the tomatoes. The, 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 yep. and The so citrus, bright. the the little bit of jalapeno. Those beautiful chicken biscuit uh, crackers. Yeah. Chicken so biscuit. And yeah, then oddly so enough,
3: the, the agua chile from that going right into the next yeah. thing that I put in my mouth was this. The spice from the andouille fat is, is per, it just like yeah. pops a little mm. bit. That is,
2: goddammit. It. I mean, the sourdough was going to kill... <laughs> and then you were going to go into th- I wish I was dead. Uh, <laughs>
1: I mean, I've had a shit week, you guys. It's been rough. My daughter has foot hand and mouth disease. All of the Whatever that oh, means. Foot hand and, and my, mouth. all of them, which is very different. I have foot mm-hmm. in mouth disease, which is way worse oh, and has okay. caused me way more trouble. Like hers is going to go away in 5 Yours days. Mine is lifetime. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk
2: let's 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 talk about the whole shitstorm you had. So my house dressed up
1: for Halloween as diarrhea. (laughs) And Uh. our sewer backed up. And then we had a plumber come, and he said he quote-unquote fixed it. And then we... Then had a problem where the water drained from our bathtub, and there was a vacuum, and it shot out of my son's toilet in the basement. Amazing! What? And our entire basement needs to be redone. I just spent seven grand with a company to come Arts. and cut up the carpet and pull everything out. And they got to cut Aww. two feet above the water line uh, of our. Yeah, it's a night. I'm living in a nightmare. Uh yeah, so, like, that, my was life, morning, yeah so that was I'm, this morning. That was this morning. My life is I'm already like super. Right I knew where he was like, at. Lady, right. Yeah. So when this stuff happens, I'm like, I'm at a point of like.
2: I was like, I don't even know call how call to have a breakdown, but I
1: feel like this would be the right time for it. Are
2: you gonna call Kwame and tell him? And he's like, if I call him right now, we'll never. We'll never I was like, he'll be so, oh God, will be so mad. be so mad. I'm like, dude, you yeah. have a foot of shit, yeah, no, covering your basement.
3: I mean, it's weird to, that we're like celebrating, to <laughs> but I don't want to be out, there, man. you know. Like, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Then, then, then later, he was like, well, you know, between that and then the baby, and now the pregnant wife has now got foot, hand, and mouth, yeah, yeah. and this seventy thousand dollar bill to renovate the <laughs> yeah. basement. And but man, what? I really could use a night out. I get I, use Yeah. I also I feel like an idiot.
3: How do you get?
1: Foot, okay, hand so hand, foot, Allie, uh so Juniper we had we had in-home nannies. So so Juniper was born in November. Allie went back to work in April and then in March we started nannies and it's been a nightmare. We've went through six nannies in this amount of time.
3: And one of them was a horse?
1: Uh, no, no. They're they are <laughs> they're just all I'm sorry. Just, That's the... It just didn't wasn't working out. Yeah. And so we're like, let's and it's expensive, right? So we found this wonderful, the wonderful uh, uh, school, uh, Mis Amigos. It's a Spanish immersion. We're super excited about it. Great teachers, great staff. But it has nothing to do with that. Like, there's 11 one-year-olds in a room together, and they're just drooling and snotting on each other. And so, basically, Juniper's been sick since she started going to take weeks. So, now now the irony is that we stopped Having nannies in in our home, and now we're paying for this daycare that our daughter literally can't go to because she's sick every week. She hasn't been to school at all this week and like That's my so my cool. work is the most flexible, right so what happens to my schedule right? Boop. so yeah. So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm up, I'm, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up to my ears. I'm, I'm, I'm full. I, I can't speak
3: yeah. for our audience, but I guarantee you there are hundreds, if not thousands of listeners in their cars or on walks right now with their earphones in, nodding their head and being like, yep, Oh, there. my God, it's so hard. Been there.
1: Life is hard. Being alive is hard. Mm-hmm. And it's also amazing, and I love it. But uh, they're just, you know, the only personal time I have is the 20-minute drive from my house to Mr. Paul's. And sometimes I don't even turn the radio on anymore. I just mm-hmm. sit, sit silence. in just silence. Chilling. Just chilling. I'm so fucking old. Just thinking about my
2: breads. Yeah. Hey, Siri, <laughs> what is foot, hand, and mouth? You just listen to her rattle off yeah. symptoms. Like Siri,
3: can I, can I Uber a sourdough
0: loaf to yeah, my yeah. location? Yeah. Oh, that's the.
2: I'm sorry, I don't fuck you.
0: That is the lap of decadence. You order an Uber for a sour loaf. Yeah. Please put the seatbelt on it. Please I don't put know the why you guys on. didn't bring this up two hours if ago. If you're <laughs> going to make this happen, <laughs> is if that you're a real thing?
3: if you're thinking that I haven't called an Uber to transport a tank of CO2 to another event before, you are crazy. Because I paid forty-one dollars yeah. to make sure that somebody else could have CO2 for a beer event. Yeah, <laughs> lap of luxury right there. But. uh... Thank, okay, obviously, thank you for being yes. here. And if if this uh, idiocy and giggles can provide a little bit. It of is. Freedom. My wife was also very
1: happy years. that I was coming here tonight, and she knew that I was excited about it. And when, so Tommy and I, there's a rule, apparently, we didn't create, but our wives create. Like, we're not supposed to be alone.
3: Fair. <laughs> also, so, not the daycare providers yeah, they were hoping yeah, for. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. Fine. yeah, we're not really supposed we're to spend time. We're allowed to go out
2: together huh? as long as, like Ainsley's with yeah, or Orion yeah, yeah. boy or
0: something. That's, like, as somebody who's
1: been out with both,
2: well, the no, last time we were Ainsley, together,
0: we almost bought
1: tickets to New Orleans and we were going to get on a plane that night. And we're like, "Well,
0: this will be funny." <laughs> Ainsley's the calming factor.
1: Well, no, we just Any we, other, can, yeah. okay. we can other we can convince each other that flying to New Orleans somebody. for one night right now, Earthly. our wives will not be mad. They'll find yeah. it
2: charming and endearing. That's not true. No, we yeah. woke up. We both woke up the next day and said, "Fuck! I'm glad we're not here." Uh, we did. We gave
1: California each other the eyes. Time. We're like, let's... "It's a wildly
0: different day." Yeah, yeah, can't yeah, can't yeah, believe yeah. you guys. Can't believe you guys almost did that. But hey, do you guys? You guys want to go to New Orleans? Yeah,
1: let's go right now. Let's roll. Let's what if we stopped this podcast right now and,
0: and we finish it up? in New
3: Orleans? <laughs> yeah. Take it right They eye. won't know because the recording will just pick up when we're in New Orleans. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hit the genie
0: sprinkles and we'll see you in New Orleans. <laughs> All right, next topic. Let's go. We are now in New Orleans, by the way. Yep. All right. Name a singular word that you really hate. It could be something that just gives you the willies, or simply something you just don't like when people say. I'm ready. Sweet.
1: Mm. Sweet. Okay. I
0: hate the word sweet. Like remarking in response to something sweet. I mean everything. Like, sweet okay. is so
1: subjective. <laughs> yeah. And the word sweet in the world of beverage is it's it, 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 it's 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 something that like makes. My, like, it's just cringy to me. It, I would never, I never, I am trying to never make a sweet drink ever in my life. Mm. But also, like, we all have different, what that word means. Totally. And so, when someone says sweet, or when people say, I don't want something sweet, that's also offensive to me. Like, like oh, I'll have your gimlet, but not sweet and i'm like Ugh. i'm going to make this drink the same way that i've made this drink yeah. for every other human in this bar and i don't think it's sweet and then for you know oh the other the other word the other okay one other word minnesota word uh it's different hey how's your drink it's different it's different yeah that's mm. different
0: ooh Ugh. yeah minnesota passive aggression Ugh.
2: all right those yeah. are
0: mine. oh okay Tommy? Sammy, what do you got you want got or should we you want to Want to think I have
2: upon a few. Just <laughs> trying not to offend the wife. Uh, no, I sure, sure.
0: Uh, I, said, I hate that one too.
2: Sure, oh hurt. I sure.
1: definitely sure. say that to you a lot. I also feel like your other word you hate is Tom.
2: <laughs> Tom, I've, I've been a Tommy since I was a baby. He hates so me called be like, Tom. Hey, Tom. And I'll be like,
3: you don't fucking you know you fucking me. know. yeah, yeah and you'll uh, do it. <laughs>
2: He used to have this game, and this is 15 years ago at the town talk. Had this game where he would see me in the fucking trenches, 20 tickets all the way down to the ground, and I'd be on Expo and trying to just direct traffic. And he'd come up and he'd like pull on my ears or stick cucumbers up places they shouldn't be. And hey, or should be, hey, or for those that it's up like to you. them, yep. It's, uh, fuck. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. Uh, is this bothering you? Is this is this bothering you? Um, Nick? Nick, not now. Not now? What does that mean? Not now.
0: if not yeah. now, then when? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> great. But sure,
2: like when I talk to somebody and via mm. mm-hmm. text message, sure the worst. Course, is the same as just the letter. K. Oh, you know what
0: I hate? Yep. Like, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sure like, is another version. Sure. Of
2: it. It's like that's all the dialogue we're gonna have. I just asked you.
0: Sure, it's like maybe. Yeah. You like, know, like, hey, man, I you want you to be better I guess. I, I expect yeah.
2: everything to be sure. containerized and relabeled at the end of the night. Sure. Like. It has to come with a kind of like shoulder fuck shrug. You. Yeah.
0: You still want to go to dinner tonight? Sure. 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 Hey, pardon? <laughs>
2: so you don't? Like, it, what, what is it? Can, me, can we try this again? I thought we were going to watch a movie. Sure, that's fine.
3: We, we adapted that in our house, and maybe this would help if you have somebody in your life that is a sure that you want to not be like my wife and I started spelling it S H O O A H. So it's sure. 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 Baby. Sure. That's well, that's definitely more of a yes. It's a lot low. of, yeah, exactly. That's a yes. It's a, it's sure. a 100% affirmative. And that was how we had to change it. Cause if I'm like, if I'm fucking salty and I'll be like, oh, sure. Like that's,
2: it is. Mm. It's like, it's, it's almost offensive. And even if they Correct. don't mean it that way, like the wife or the wife, holy fuck. Wow. Uh, if Carrie, if she's occupied with something, I'm like, hey, are you cool? Uh, two pizzas or should we get three? Yeah, whatever. Sure, it's fine. Like, sure? What, the
0: what is it? Just be Slap like, an yes. exclamation mark.
2: Yeah, like... Yeah. Sure, because
0: sure. then it's like sure,
2: that sounds sure. Great. <laughs> right? it's like, that's sure. like that's it if you if you're
3: gonna be like, sure, that yeah. just sounds it sounds more positive. You, and so we reframed it and that's just when we're kicking that back and forth. That's what it is. And if I ever get a s-u-r-e sure, then I know I'm in trouble.
2: Yeah. Also, and that's so, the mm. that's the
3: K. selection for, for, for me as a
2: Kara person. Like, if I I'm expect I'm you to come home tonight, and I'll be like,
3: <laughs> sure,
1: okay. sure, yeah,
2: and she'll be like, oh fuck, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to New Orleans. Oh, <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> call the airport. We're yeah. gonna be fighting, or I'll be like, I'm gonna stay out with Nick tonight, and she'll be like, K, okay. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> bad too. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuck. <laughs> did, she s- did you did she send you a K when you told her that we flew to New Orleans for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rest of the surprise?
1: Pod? I literally want to do that though. Like I miss New Orleans, man. Yeah. Like, here, like, the thing about Mr. Paul is, like, you know, Tommy's family's from Lafayette. He spent time in New Orleans his whole childhood. Mr. Paul is, is the figurehead of our concept, uh, who I, actually, I got to meet. He came to Town Talk for a cocktail dinner once. Uh, we, went, we spent five days together in New Orleans, and it was the absolute best time. One of my favorite experiences. And now to try to get all of us to go back down there is completely fucking difficult, you yeah. know? And so, like, the idea of, like, just springing this thing...
2: It's going to have to be. We're going two nights. Mm-hmm. It's like a Vegas trip. Gotta yep. be.
0: Can't go longer. you going to get it all in. I'm super overdue to return to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last it trip is was the big. best city
1: in the United States, it's in the my only opinion. C- it's, it's the
0: only so city in America that has a real culture of its own. Yes. 100% agree. My, a my
3: I could make an argument for New York, but I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah I but
0: like actual identifiable True maybe non-american element. culture
1: like it's not Ameri- it's not yeah, america it seems so it's like it's a territory has it's it, yeah. has and you know where gone. else that yeah. feel Montreal have you spent any time in Montreal this is my favorite city in north america
3: I was not allowed into canada for 19 years and i am recently now allowed into canada so oh i am God. looking forward to that
1: <laughs> and that's I, uh... why
3: <laughs> i i chose to drive at stupid times and uh everybody that ever listens to this show please understand don't do that it's dumb and when you do that, then mm. uh, gotcha. you're not allowed in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I ah, heard.
0: Understood. Man, my la- my last on. time in Nolens was uh, pre-Katrina, so it's mm-hmm. been that long. It's been a very wow. long time.
3: Yeah, I, well, it's actually odd that this, I mean, not surprising that it comes up with you two sitting here, but um, my wife's birthday is coming up uh, this weekend. And we're going? Well, so she left we're the house. going to New Orleans! So my wife and her best friend have the same birthday, and she left the house saying, what do you think, New York or New Orleans? And I'm like, happy either way. Like it's gonna be a a fucking party and I'm just stoked. And then at two o'clock I got a text message about uh, Copenhagen question mark. And I was like, I mean, let's go. And then four hours later my wife came home with tickets to Dublin. So we're going to Ireland, we're not going to New Orleans. But uh, there was a pretty good chance up until about a month and a half yeah. ago that we were going to be in New Orleans in, like, two days.
1: And, and I, I don't think, you know, New York is also its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, New York is my favorite country to travel to. I you
0: know agree with I mean? Charles's <laughs> yeah. point, though. My that, favorite like,
2: country in America <laughs> to travel to is <laughs> yeah. New York,
1: yeah. Yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, you could, you it could it certainly, is. like, uh, we contextualize sure it yet. in that we way. Really the New sure York is its own <laughs> universe.
1: Yeah, and every time you go, you could write a book You could write a book about you know, like, to me, like, I, you know, you go in, you're in, you're in the city for three nights. Do you guys know who Hamilton Lighthouser mm-hmm. is from the Walkman? Mm-hmm. So he does this show at the Carlisle every year. We yep. tried to go last, and year. And to go last year. And we tried to go last year. And you tried to go last year. Allie's been pregnant uh, of for, <laughs> for three years. But Allie and I went one year and Ira and I went the year before. But then it happens to be on my birthday. And I got to, I was in the, like, right there. Just, you know, I'm one of my favorite musicians of all time. And... You know, like you can have that experience and there's just, you know, New York is incredible. Obviously mm-hmm. but we all know that, but New Orleans is, is like, I feel like when I go there, I'm feeling a battery, especially now that we own this restaurant, mm-hmm. like, like we need to go every year. Mm-hmm. We need to bring back Dude. that feel,
0: the vibe. That like was, I want to um,
1: come back and be energized from New Orleans, you know,
0: the, that uh, actually realization dawned upon me when I went to New York last year, cause I hadn't been back in so long. I, that, I, have to add, I have to add that to my R&D for what I do for a living. I go to Chicago multiple times a year. I go to California... At least once a year, often multiple times to different parts of California. And I hadn't been to New York for a very long time. Those are definitely like the three markets that I have to be yeah. in to like see what's happening because those are the markets that have the and best of us, everything. And, yeah, and for you, New yeah. Orleans, makes sense, yep, right? Absolutely. Like, and like we, yeah. we
1: need to go there as a group, At, Tommy, because like, we, you know, with your friendly 100%. podcasters, Charles well, and Ben well, But there is, there's such yeah. a difference like, like, like traveling and tatters,
2: all distilling is going to pay for the whole trip. <laughs> with that one let's go let's go the the uh that was my commercial (laughs) you you
1: travel different with your partners than you do with your spouse or whatever you know for work on your own like every time we are out somewhere we're eating and drinking and thinking about how it impacts what we do you know so
0: Mm -hmm. well what's your word
3: well i really hate uh, i i hate a lot of words i hate superfood I don't like that at all. Like I hate one the term. One that you
0: hate really, really badly right now. Game changer.
3: Game changer. I fucking yeah, hate when people say that. game
0: changer right now. Oh.
3: Every time somebody says it, I wince. And the tough part is there are things that have happened. So that many hateable words. Whatever whatever game was going on, that it actually changed the game. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But literally anytime somebody comes up with like a new thing, like, this is a total game changer. And I'm like, no, it's fucking not. You just found, like, a cheaper or an easier route to do something. They didn't change any games. Like, no, I I get... You just found out about something. Oh, that one. Yeah, you just found out about something. that The odds are that a good 40% of other people already knew. Like, I, I, I hate that. Like, adaptogens and nootropics and all that shit. Like, all the new terms that we have to come up with for how to sell snake oil to people. Whatever. I think Game Changer sucks because it's used in everything. Like, they're like, oh, this quarterback can throw a ball and run. Game changer. Also that,
0: yeah, usually is meaningless.
3: It's always meaningless. You know, they're like, oh, check this out. It's a cloth to wipe your sunglasses off. Game changer. And you're like, I have a t-shirt. I can just use that. I literally have spit in my mouth and a shirt that I'm wearing. I'll clean my glasses with that. Guess what? Works pretty well. Game changer. Game changer. use like a lot of time.
0: amplifying words. Um it- at least in, in the U.S., we use a lot of amplifying words. I wouldn't say incorrectly, <laughs> but you know the one that I hate the most. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple, but I, I don't use the word amazing. Yeah, I use it very. If I say it, I mean it. But you've made say me amazing so much.
3: You <laughs> made me self conscious about how much I say it because I'm always like, dude, amazing. Because you I'm two like, people's I'm worth of amazing. Because
0: I don't. I think on this podcast in sixty-seven or whatever episodes we're on now, we're in that range. I've probably said amazing on this podcast four times. And I've
3: said it on every
0: single episode. I say incredible a lot. Uh, I, I prefer to use it only because I use it in place mm-hmm. of amazing. But amazing. Is it a or, conscious
2: thing at this point? Or like,
0: oh, I, yeah. There's, uh, some time ago, probably a decade ago, I was like, man, I really need to phase that one out because it's a white noise word. Mm-hmm. And especially with what I do with marketing, copywriting and things in, with, with PAMOS. Um, I don't say words like amazing. I don't say delicious. Remember when everybody They're said white noise absolutely. words absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh absolutely. my god, absolutely! absolutely. I'm like, fucking.
2: Are, do you know the fucking meaning of that word? Yes. <laughs> absolutely? Yes. Yeah. absolutely, right? Like, without, any, without, without any, without any, without a shadow of a fucking d- absolutely.
0: But like, white noise uh, words game changer would uh-huh. be especially because it used out of context. And when is that used in context?
3: It's so dumb. I mean, it sucks. Like I. Absolutely I have a tougher time with because somebody that I lived in Norway with said it all the time and it became a thing that we used to do in his accent and it just got burned in my brain. It was
2: like the early two thousands. Yep. Every my younger brother from college used to come back, he went to UMD and it was like two thousand three, two thousand four, mm-hmm. and everything we said was oh absolutely. It was it was two thousand and two thousand one. That, that was that was, was just absolutely like, and I'm like Stop
3: fucking saying that. Like, what? 100%, 100%. 100%.
2: Let's 100%. 100%. Say no more.
3: Mm-hmm. I, and I catch myself
0: saying stup- stuff like that every now and then. I'm like, ugh. Like, you want to know how you say 100% in Arabic? Mia be which means 100 in 100. That's way more fun. <laughs> oh, that's 100 twice and 100. as good as what we that used. became in. slang, like, at least to my knowledge, that became slang about 10, 12 years ago. I remember thinking it was so funny <laughs> hearing people say it because at first I was so confused. Mia be Mia, which is 100 in 100. Mia be Mia. And it took me a solid week being there to to say to myself, oh, they're saying 100%. That's, that's how they say 100%. Mia be Mia. They're keeping it Mia. Yeah. Reminds me of <laughs> the uh, me. movie yeah.
2: Kingpin, where <laughs> we, we do everything 10% better. <laughs> you bowl you 10 in, frames. We, we bowl we 12 or 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like. 100 and 100, yeah. Yeah, so that's like mm-hmm. doubly good. <sighs> also,
3: everybody, just go re-watch Kingpin. It's still funny. Oh, fuck. I'll die every time sure. oh, when Bill Murray finally yells, sure, I God have enough you. money, I'm above the
1: law. We yeah. were talking about this, uh, the <laughs> Swartzens were in this weekend, yeah. and yeah. Grandma's Boy yeah. is a fucking classic. gem, a classic and you episode. need to watch it.
0: I never watched and it. And I before, told John yeah. Swarton, I see you're, you're going to <laughs> also, yes, uh, also, what the fuck are you
2: <laughs> Teeth from Grandma's Boy. And I don't know if John got it or yeah. not, but then he said, Are you guys looking for bartenders? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I said, game This game. guy oh, hasn't so. held a jigger in 15 years. So. I, uh, I will still hold, like, there are
3: certain movies if you are prone to catchphrases, and I'm probably speaking to mostly the fellas on this one. Uh, go back and watch some of your old favorite movies and realize how original, unoriginal you are. I rewatched Grandma's Boy uh, this summer. And there are at least three catchphrases that I 100 percent thought were, were organic using. Ben Quams. Yeah. Nope, just lifted yeah. right the fuck out of that movie. Yes, Put my came back up pocket.
1: With that one on my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah,
0: the antagonist is frequently referenced by me. I love to send gifts. of you <laughs> know, <laughs> <Got it. laughs> yeah. adios, turd Plastic. nuggets. <laughs> so my word uh, is, is it, there's a lot of directions to go with yeah. this question, which is why it's fun when asked. But mine is the word sorry. I hate the word sorry. You made me love
1: the word
3: sorry.
0: Pronounce sorry, sorry. or sorry, sorry. Well, actually, uh, sorry for, for Arabic having twelve million words. One of them, there is no word for sorry. Wow. Someone's probably mad at me about this. I'm surprised I've got an email yet. There's probably some because there's way you can say like which means like uh, "please don't hold it against me." That's Ooh. how you say because you're actually asking for forgiveness. But the word sorry it says if someone has committed a transgression that, like, cure-all of simply stating, sorry, to me, I, I find it so disingenuous almost every time. It, it's more about, like, actions. Also, I don't, I don't like, I don't really like um, verbal apologies either, you know? This is, it's more about identifying the issue if you have a problem. It's more about identifying the issue and then rectifying it than it is using words. But if you're going to use words, could you do a shittier job than using a one singular word and just saying sorry sorry you know sometimes if you bump into somebody yeah sorry sorry that's how they say in lebanon sorry sorry but if you just bump into somebody in the grocery store or something sure sorry yeah but even i would rather say like pardon me or excuse it's me it's almost
1: oh. like you know most of the time the next word after sorry is but, sorry, but. Yeah. and then guess what I'm know, sorry, but yeah, know where we're at. I learned yeah. this in therapy with my wife, and yes, it's offense, a thing that I, uh, yeah, you know, I need to speak more in I statements than you statements. Mm. And uh, sorry is kind of a you statement And you're like, "I'm sorry, but you did this thing that offended yep. yeah. me, and that's why I did what I did." So to, that's to, not what we're talking about. Yeah, you want me to move on? Is there you No, no, no. Oh, I'm saying like
3: <laughs> that's the tough part <laughs> is no. That's, that's the, the tough part well. is sorry <laughs>
1: <like, laughs> when somebody <laughs> says.
3: I'm sorry, and then they say, but now you're changing it to you're not I, I'm not sorry. I acknowledge that yeah. you ex- expressed hurt, but now I'm gonna tell you why my thing is more important. or like maybe that's like no if we were gonna be
1: like, what are your like like that's the worst phrases So if sorry is like your least favorite word, then I would imagine I'm uh, I'm sorry you feel that way Ooh. is also like a super terrible I hate that it's a mega extender yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: that's the Voltron of sorry right yeah. there. Yeah. That's the. That was one of my catch raises at one point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy. Not everybody is born with empathy, okay? Like some people have to learn it.
1: I am learning. Well,
0: a lot fewer people could admit that. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs)
1: step one or two, I hope. Let's go with
0: farther forward. Yeah. yeah.
1: Further down the road. Sorry. Uh, All right, well, Tommy's so, making our next dish for yeah, us. Yeah. And
3: what do we? Uh, what do we got in the what glass? Uh,
1: this is Mr. Paul's Pinot Noir again, uh, from Eola Hills, Willamette Valley. So a uh, Oregon Pinot Noir, uh, lights, fruit forward. Uh, you know the a very food friendly wine. God. Well, you guys, tell me what you taste. I
3: mm, I love how like luscious the perfect balance of like the sweetness of the juice and the tartness of the skin like all of the dark berries right there just
1: yeah and also like i think i think both the chardonnay and the pinot noir you know they sit at like 13 14 bucks a glass on our list and they are in this very approachable place like 100%. to me like these like we're trying to ca- <laughs> absolutely like, how can I
0: cast the widest net? They're very they're both very flexible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like the Shard worked great with the ceviche and it also worked <laughs> great with my La Roma de Cuba cigar. It, exactly,
1: it did it did hold, hold up enough, to the cigar it, 100%. It could
0: stand up to the cigar yep. but also delicate enough to work with the ceviche.
1: Exactly. And, and I think like when you think about this like being a steakhouse in some respects like this could punch into steaks, 100%. Like, you know, but it's also you know, tartar friendly, which you might find out right now. Ooh. So Tommy's w- whipping up something special. Why don't you guys ask the next question while he's doing that? Can do. Because you know, the longest uh, lib- libations for everyone. I, th- I was uh, three and a half hours. I, d- I really don't want to go over that, but, <laughs> unless, but I feel like I feel like we're headed we're headed to that direction <laughs> right now. We're headed
0: in that direction. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, uh, this this question popped into my brain when we were. Uh, I was fortunate enough to. Um, to provide the beer for an incredible charity event that you were also both at. And, uh, we were raising money for a a chef who changed a lot of people's lives in the, the twin cities market. And we had the first annual chili cookoff, uh, for, we raised 10
1: grand for them. uh, By yourselves. You did. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Like that was amazing. Uh, Again, doing, uh, the, the cocktail coursing for the, the balloon, emporium emporium there we go i was like the balloon night no that can't
1: be balloon right. that's a whole different a thing second. people call it the Whoops. balloon room which is fine but the balloon emporium yeah
3: which as far as that is, it's just nitrous balloons and then we play music right so
1: <laughs> i i am i am on nitrous so the whole <laughs> that, thing yeah. currently yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so uh
0: sorry i recognize your voice <laughs> well, <no. laughs> yeah. so
3: it was fun because i realized listening to you two kind of give each other shit back and forth it's very similar to the partnership that charles and i have and uh in a partnership, see, I think I, I wrote this better. So as partners, like, how do you balance and choose what you work on together? And then how do you how do you decide on things, like, separately and then just say this is where we're going? Like, it's, and yeah. obviously this isn't like a, like, let's drill all the way down to the core of, of your partnership and everything. But thinking about working together is tough, right? All four of us in this room are very, independent driven human beings so when you have to form a partnership that also there's a give and take that comes with that
1: you know we talk about the 15 years since tommy and i worked together and and i i really feel if tommy and i would have tried to do this together at any other point it would have ended and i i really feel like we're in we're in a relationship right now and we're in a business now that like we're not this is not ending like we are creating established brands that are going to stand the test of time. Like that's, I'm very confident in that through all my experience. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think Tommy and I have even like really dove deep into what that partnership looks like. I think that he obviously, you know we've created an incredible bar team at Mr. Paul's we've had like zero turnover we've hired Brian Stanley is the only hire in a year as you in do. a year we've hired one person For a single
3: shift a week th- which i love but
1: think about that think about that like like think about yeah. what that means and to me really? as a as a as a beverage director as a consultant as a as a teacher the fact that we have not hired anybody and that we like our turnover is that low is the most thing to be proud of absolutely right Mm. and so i think there's a lot of our jobs where like we're just like tommy has full trust in me to run a beverage program that is he knows that i'm i'm fighting for what i think is going to be the best thing for the restaurant do we butt heads at times yeah way different than we did at town talk 20 years ago like at town Mm. talk we would bite butt heads and it would you know it was uh, emotional yeah we're respectful to each other now mm-hmm. but no i think that like right now we're in a really great place where uh you know when when we are collaborating it is that it's collaboration and i think that i certainly i would imagine that i in the last year i've pushed boundaries in a way that tommy wouldn't have or or vice versa but it it, it tends to work out this halloween menu for the balloon emporium was a great example i mean we did a lot of weird stuff you uh-huh. know and Tom, Tommy wasn't part of the development of that menu. Ben was, and there was a moment where was just like, "Did we, did we go too far? Did we do, you know, are, you know, are these guys cool that they're eating crickets and bugs? And you've got blood in your cocktail, and you know, we did a pig's blood cocktail, and Hell we yeah. did, oh God, we did ants on a log awesome. with real ants, and I'm in, yeah, yeah. But but, but and rightfully so. Tommy's like, Push maybe we maybe we jumped the shark here on that. So, you know, collaboration is hard, but but I contest. You're talking with no microphone, Tommy. you got to get on the mic if you're going to give some shit. In you can't, you can't it. yell at
0: your partner off mic. <laughs> yeah. That's not how this works. No,
1: I prefer it, but okay, here we go.
0: Shouldn't have done that no, like, with the costume contest?
2: Probably shouldn't have coupled it with the, the, the costume contest, because I think what we saw was people that were there for this party mm-hmm. uh, and not... Ants on a log with giant Mexican black ants that were the size of a quarter. Delicious, by the over way. Over a yeah. smoked I'm peanut butter mousse. Hearing.
3: Oh my God. I'm so But again, good. the
1: Balloon Emporium's goal isn't that people leave and go, every drink, every dish, every pairing was amazing. It's to in get fact, I'm really wasted. I, no, in fact, I want. I would rather the guest that goes, this thing blew my mind. This was challenging, or this was weird. Yeah, like I want people to leave. Love that you're of, pushing boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Challenge people, and you know, you're doing, and you're doing it in in ways that uh, are palatable because the elements of that sound like something that you might be receptive to, even if you're unsure. For sure. Yeah, I'm Smoke doing I'm doing butter. these broth
1: cocktails right now, like hot drinks for the win for the fall for these balloon emporiums and. Mm-hmm. We did a bone broth inspired by, what's the guy, the barber that killed people, and then we ate him in the meat pie. Oh,
3: the uh, barber of Seville?
1: Uh, uh, some, uh, uh, what's his name? It's the Sweeney Todd. Uh, oh, Sweeney uh, Todd. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So we did a Sweeney Todd course, and ben, ben made a meat pie. And the meat pie, you know, obviously not made from human. We could not find that for the life of us. No. But uh, the and we tried. So hard to source. Catch eating right. the samples. So it's hard to source. source. I just don't understand chain. It's supply
2: with the, chain. The the you know, success of the Dahmer show. It's uh, I, I thought, thought it there'd be a bigger
1: a, yeah. yeah market for it, but so no human in it. But we did add some crickets, and then I did a bone broth cocktail where it's like oh, a cognac and bone more. broth, and I'm really into yeah. this right now. What else? Uh well so I did micro carrot micro onion micro beet in like a tall coffee cup Fuck too, you and in. then you pour the hot cocktail over it and you eat the 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 veg and uh the first the first night no one drank it because and I what? fucking over salted it I fucked up I I, I salted I'd, it in I'd real time like that. <laughs> and like I. I am still struggling with this mistake I made. Like like the fact like like I, I'll see 14 people, I'll see maybe a few people that don't drink a drink and I'm like fine, fuck you, you know, kind of thing or like great, yeah. like kind of good. But like to see the whole table not drinking, I'm like I wish I was dead. <laughs> like And like, I, I obsess about that. I obsess I about that those feeling.
0: errors. So what I'm hearing is you're going to do it again and I can come have one.
1: No, we're doing bone, bone broth on all the rest of the dinners. Right,
0: so we're going. Well,
1: the Thanksgiving you one's going to be...
2: invited to the Thanksgiving. <coughs> I will get you guys two seats. Let's fucking go. Yeah. LFG. Wives. We will make that happen.
1: Yeah. We should do a we should do one of these during a dinner would be really
4: fun but oh, that would maybe be not so much fun but anyway
1: I uh, I make mistakes and I and they haunt me uh, and uh, anyway so the bone broth was I don't know, even know why we're talking about this but well really all so right okay. so
3: Tommy like as you were putting all this together first we should talk about what the yeah. spread is in front of us because yeah. holy
1: shit
2: smorgasbord no. he'd like to start
1: he'd like to start by saying there isn't any sourdough. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you know <laughs> this is going to pair really well uh, with. Uh. Al- is Allie here yet? No. <laughs> so Nick, was, yeah, let's do a couple of bites to eat with it, and then it was well. We need a few more bites, so this is kind of just everything here we serve at the restaurant. You know, uh, charcuterie on that side, which is a private den- menu item. You know, some aged white cheddar, Manchego, a salumi, a finocchiona, and then the one that's topped with the uh, pecorino um, shavings is the steak tartare. Mm. Bone marrow aioli. It's one of our signature dishes. One of my favorite things yeah. on your menu. Yeah. What's the dip? And then uh, pimento cheese. There it is. Gotta have it. So, and then a little yeah, homemade
3: So kicking it back to you, like in a partnership, like... How do you help define that? And then how do you decide, like, which whiskeys you're yeah. going to choose?
2: Don't have yeah. me in the room. <laughs> this no, is it's, a touchy subject.
1: There's is one, is, one whiskey I, I didn't get to pick, and I bring it up. Every
2: I've learned a fucking ton about myself. Yeah. And, and I think we all do. When, when, yeah. when you're put in that position... It is a learning experience, and, and, you know, this is a new thing for me. I've ran a lot of restaurants, and essentially I was without ownership, but I was, an, I would say, by proxy owner-operator of Butcher and the Boar for a few years and financials, everything down to vendor negotiations and bill pay and working with the accountants. But when it's, when it's your ass on the line, it's, it's, you know, I fucking duped a banker into giving me $2.5 bucks. Like, now i got to account for it? Um, it's it, it changes this. It's a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it flips the script. It man. flips the script. Uh, no, it's it's you wear a different hat completely yep. because if it's somebody else's money, I'm like fucking let's go, man. But Whatever. so all those
1: same things that we just said, like owners do that we hate, he does. Because he has to, which is but like, why is, glitter? Why nitrogen? It is Why that, rocks? You know, like
2: somebody has to. But I've learned in, say, the 11 months we've been open now that I don't have to put these dick beaters in everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, man, if they make their numbers and everything's, you know, like at one point, I think it was Nick's first menu prior to opening. I'm like, man. Prices seem high. It seems like we're gouging people. He's like, you have all the costed numbers. I've sent you every spreadsheet you asked for. And I'm not trying to gouge people. But if you, if you think I am, I can I can lower the prices. I'm like, I want to lower the prices by a buck piece. peas. First quarter numbers come out. And I said, why the fuck aren't your numbers in line? He's like, because you dropped all my pricing <laughs> that it was calculated. Oh, fuck. And it, you know, it's the kitchen. And all. I got a hammer on the chef's. You know, I hammer on Ainsley, and Ainsley, of all the bar managers that I've worked with, uh, it's not his money. He can spend it as he, like, I give him a budget, spend six grand a week on liquor, and he'll come in at four grand every week. Like, he runs so tight where it's Friday, it's like, you're calling in favors, harness, nope. but that's... He, I mean, Ainsley had his own restaurant and yeah. had his he own He knows bar. what it's like to be And that he guy. knows. It's like, man, keep the money off the shelves. And Nick has done the same. He's, mm-hmm. he's run his own business and, and still does. So me getting involved in any of that, it, it, it isn't advantageous for the business. It's, it's not good for my head because I need to concentrate on the things that really matter. And it's making sure we execute that food at the quality I know we can every time. And you know the the workforce is depleted. It's it's not butcher when I had, ten guys that that were all sous chefs or executive chefs at one point. Mm-hmm. You know I'm working with a, a crew of, four really good guys, and you know of the thirty guys in the kitchen, maybe, fifteen that five years ago I went to I went to hire none. but. There's a million realtors now that are going to come back into the workforce. So,
1: <laughs> but Tommy and I have definitely, obviously, butted heads in the last year, and even to the point that you know we were <laughs> Tommy's on his he fucking I was honeymoon. Fire him. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, hey, man, if 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 like we if you don't think that it's valuable to work with me anymore, then then let's have that discussion because I I obviously have enough going on in my life that. I, this doesn't have to be hard he, or force. You know,
2: Nick, everybody out there needs to know that Nick's always going to take it to that level, though. Because <laughs> I was never there. I was yeah. at, like, a three, and Nick, Nick's like, all right, well, we're done. Pay for me sure, for my man. ownership, and I'll walk away. Because it, cool. it is all or
1: nothing for me. Like, I feel right. like I'm in a period in my life, like, this either needs to feel like it's so fucking right, and if it doesn't feel like it's so fucking right, like, what are we doing? You know, and and, 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 no, I and, love and maybe I'm pushing that on people more than they need to. But no, like that's... Tommy's response to it was, I don't ever want to do this without you. Yeah. Oh, you're in the, you're the tears honest, you guys though. asked, right? You know. I can't ever do it. I don't want to do this without you. And I, I needed to hear that because mm-hmm. once I heard that, now we can have the conversation yeah. differently. But like oftentimes when we get put up against the wall for this fucking incredible bar program, this dude's like, why this? Why that? Why this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I take it personally offensive, and so what I need to hear from my partner is, I don't want to do this without you. Mm-hmm. Explain it to me, make it make sense to me. That's a different conversation.
0: I yeah, think, that's the subjective versus objective conversations yeah. of business. and in creative businesses, it's sometimes difficult to have those conversations. so you do sometimes have to kind of step to the side and say i'm I'm saying this just from you know, just for the health of the business. I love you. I love what you're doing, but let's talk about the machinations of this, like objectively, what are, yep. what are we trying to accomplish? But I, I, I'm in full throated agreement with what you said about nothing at this point in my life. No. We're the exact I'm same I'm a fast
1: flowing stream yep. and I want I
0: want my water
1: to move where it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hitting walls, there's just
0: the water will flow somewhere else. I've done that yeah, too long. And, and I don't yep. want, and I don't want this to be, no, absolutely I want not. to grow
1: an empire with
0: this man. Mm-hmm. No, I don't and, think you'd be saying this if that were the case. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And we are going to. I mean mm-hmm. we have other things in the works that awesome. I wish we everything could you're talk doing about b- right now, but there's something that's coming really close and it's other things. You know, sometimes that's and the best part though is to just, you know, it's just that can't wait to see what's yeah. next. Yeah, these
0: beautifully <clears throat> branded wines, like I love the packaging mm-hmm. and obviously it's part of what I do for a living. This smorgasbord board in front of us, everything right, on there. Hard. I just I just ate some of that and then stood in front of Clam and did a dance that I won't uh, describe to you. <laughs> But you guys yeah, you guys are killing it. That's, I love I love everything that you're doing. That's the best pimento spread I've ever had, full stop.
1: Yeah.
3: And I've yeah, literally lived in Wisconsin three times in three different cities. No. Like I that that's That's no joke. And
1: I want I mean I was saying this before we started recording today. I'm talking about that Joe Beef episode mm-hmm. and they're on the ice house and they've got <laughs> terrine and like in like, like, these crazy wines and like That's what this was inspired, like, that, I want Tommy, like, Tommy and I are that, and I want to be that, like, like, I want to be 10 years from now, and people still be like, the party is where these guys yep. are I want to be on the middle of an ice or in the middle of a, of this cigar room in mm, this on a train in this men- mansion
0: and I want to <laughs>
1: I mean we brought three coolers to this podcast you I, know like that they
0: came out with a fucking dolly there's four of did. us here that's it's amazing. Like, they and came it's, out with a fucking dolly and if
1: that's not a metaphor for what we're trying to do like I don't know what it is oh, I, love
0: I think
2: it. I, I got that dolly from Adam Harness when he brought in two bottles of booze. That sounds right. couldn't carry them yeah. from his fucking That's goddamn...
3: That's tough. <laughs> I mean, he's got to hold his iPad and so his phone in one hand.
0: Oh, God, man. I love it. Had to secure the two bottles to one another and put them on the dolly. That uh, sounds fun. Uh, to those of you that don't love we, Adam Harness, <laughs> that is a love letter.
2: We, we got him <laughs> drunk enough where he forgot it, and now it's, it's yeah. been held captive. If We've Adam Harness it listens
1: it. to your podcast, there's no way he listens this far in. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, it's, it's over. <laughs> He's, He's already gone. forgotten.
3: He's he done. The
2: acid is really... <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, yeah,
0: Charles, what about you? We, you know, on this pod, we like to talk about how the sausage are made. On this particular episode, we're going to talk about how the boudin is made. But I, uh, as a human being, I'm, and also as a professional, I'm bad at asking for help. And also I don't like to delegate. Like I prefer to do things I'd rather. So here's my thing. If I ask someone to do something and either they say that they cannot do it or they do it poorly, then I feel like I've wasted time that I could have spent doing it myself. With our podcast, uh, one of the reasons we're a natural fit, Quam and myself, is that Uh, we sort of, like, get in where we fit in. The things that we excel at, we sort of take on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've built it this way out of intention. It wasn't by accident, where the things that I'm more adept at doing, I just do. And the things that Quam's more adept at doing, he just does. Mm -hmm. And it's not a perfect science. Of course, you know, when it's non-vocal, there are things that could work differently, and those are things that, like, we talk about, too. We have... A lot of our production meetings are after our podcast when we've had lot to drink and then we have a lot more to drink and then we just <laughs> continue to to talk about the way we do things. And then that's when we have, you know, the harder conversations about like, what can we change? What can we do differently? What can, you know, what can you help me with? What, what should I, you know, what was the thing that I could have done this week that I that I didn't do? but i would say that i think in terms of if i'm going to use that as a, the example because that's what we're doing here is you know partners and partners mm-hmm. uh, we we have like a pretty good uh, hot dog broth here you know oh, yeah. we got the hot dogs wiener we got the water, water mm-hmm. we got that wiener water soup mm-hmm. just cooking on the stove and uh i think that we're we're fortunate that it works really well for us where I bring a particular set of skills (laughs) and Quam has a particular set of skills as well. And we have some crossover as well because there are things that we're both adept at, but we have the luxury of being able to uh, allow the person that maybe has more experience or like the, the time in the day to do the thing. Correct. Like Quam will edit the episode at, in the middle of the night, you know, I'm, I'm up late at night too, but the way we do it is when we debrief, Quam takes the memory card home and, often does the editing in the middle of the night. That's why sometimes you do... It doesn't happen all the time. But a lot of times you get an episode literally like 10 hours after we recorded it. Sometimes, I mean, from the start of recording, sometimes we are leaving a recording at midnight and it's going live at 10 a.m. And it's fresh as fresh can be unless it was a live broadcast. (laughs) Not tonight if that
2: Makers has anything to say. Uh-oh.
0: But that's, you know, because of Quam saying... When are we going to When are we gonna put this up? And sometimes I say tomorrow. And then he says, fuck it, I'm going to go home. And yeah. then I, the next day, like, mm-hmm. I, I have it. It's in our drive. I write the copy. I make the graphics. I formulate the post. I put it up to the moon. I send him a message, tell him that the rocket's in the sky. Let's roll. And then 15 minutes later, that motherfucker's live. And then 15 minutes after that, I do the social media post. Mm-hmm. And then we're rocking. So, like, the way that we have that system working, it it works really well for us.
1: If I was going to say, you know, obviously, you know, I had a business partner, Ira Koplowitz, for 11 years. And if I was going to say anything about my partnership with him versus Tommy, like Ira and I are yin-yang as probably as far as you can be. And Tommy and I are like (laughs) yin-yang-yang. (laughs) <laughs> right? yeah. Like, yeah. like Tommy and I are very much the same person. And what I've seen from Tommy since we opened up Mr. Paul's is like, as much as like I have to grow my empathy arm of my body, Tommy is like the owner operator, the like decision maker, the the sober. I've never been so angry. The sober decision maker. Like, no, yeah. like like really <laughs> like like I see a level of like business sobriety from my drunk friend Tommy that like I <laughs> – really respect like you That's and I. right. Like what's, what it's are huge. we known for? Like we're fucking knuckleheads yeah, we're that bounce around town and be knuckleheads together, but also run a great fucking restaurant. Right. That's not this. Like okay, we, yeah. we are still that we're doing totally. that in our restaurant. But like mm-hmm. this dude is running a $5 million fucking company and he's got a lot on the line. And so I find myself having conversations with him. Like sometimes I'm like, are you like, I have, where's to my tell, old friend. I have to, well, I also have to tell myself He's having these conversations because he has to he has have to. these conversations. Yeah. Not because I did anything, not because I've right. done something wrong, but because if you're not digging down and going, why are we spending 50 grand on this, yeah. then you're not doing your job right. That's and, how and, you know you yeah. found that boy. Yeah.
2: Any, any of you, you out there that. have ever have had, to have a, had to go to uh, Nick, we'll call him Kosevich. <laughs> Yikes. And, and, and All right. And Tom, <laughs> and had had going, to a, Tom and uh, Kosovich We're going, Tom and Kosovich are about to get deep. Looking-in-the-eyes conversation oh. with Nick to say, hey, man, I, I kind of need to tamp it down there. His enthusiasm and his passion can be often misconstrued as aggression oh. at times because he, his love and his... Yet another way like, we are similar. <laughs> I mean, motherfucker, I'll stay up till 4 in the morning and wake up at 4.30 and do it all again uh-huh. every single day. And, like... I hit the wall at ten. I wake up at four and then it started over. But this, like, so it's tough, and it took a while, and for my my wife and my and our business partner Courtney to digest that. Hey, don't think that's anger or mm-hmm. or you need to, that's passion. That's literal like fucking enthusiasm. It's 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 Tom Brady cracking a fucking iPad, iPad, or whatever. Like, I want to win this fucking game, and uh-huh. that's you see that Nick, and it's like you know, you know the times. Uh, where it's Microsoft like, Surface. Or oh yeah, sorry, tablet. <laughs> <laughs> <Microsoft> <laughs> surface tablet.
0: Wait, is 12. it not Surface anymore? Or it's whatever. incredible to okay. see Google tablet. I don't
2: somebody know. that <laughs> holds that passion, and and it's like, dude, this is my art. It's if you were to flick a booger on the Mona Lisa, and <laughs> or, or, like, or do you really got to use like, those paintbrushes uh, though? Can't you use your, you your fingers whatever it was that on that painting, even though there's a glass surface. This is, I thought we were on the same page here, and, and and then well let's talk about it, and and sometimes in talking to a good friend who's also a business partner, it can come off as a full blown you Attack. Know, it's, it's too it's hard to find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's even, even the gals the will back off. Sometimes I, you're creative, right? Like you're a creative, we're right? like, and we're, like, creative. And you we're you like must feel fuck that. Fuck yeah, we love this together. Absolutely. Like, but it it's sometimes it comes to that.
0: Well, For sure. Literally, I don't always all well with others, you know, it's not easy. It's it takes a good com it takes like a good uh like chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a it's like a good cocktail, you know, it's gotta everything in there needs to work the exact right way. Gotta for be it sweet. To be ready, ready <laughs> for the public, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is good. it sweet? Just make it less yeah. sweet. There was a period sweet? of
1: time in my life that I was just surrounded by people that I literally employed. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're in that period, like there isn't anybody pressing you and that that's a great thing to do as well but but being in a position where you've got like i have doubters in my own partnerships and not doubters cuz they doubters cuz like they they fucking should like i'm trying i'm like I'm like we fucking hot dog roller. We need a hot dog roller on the bar, I'm, and we're gonna, gonna do gonna hot toddies on the, bar on the fucking do hot, hot dog, dog roller. Toddies. And like Courtney is like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like yeah. that's but 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 I, yeah, it's like you possess the magic, but there's a there's a contradictory in all of that. And then I also have had a weird position at the restaurant for a very long time. We're like. I, you know, Ainsley is literally in charge. I am not in charge. I'm 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 directing the beverage program. That is my job, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so I'm not there on a regular basis. I'm not there behind the bar on a regular basis. We're changing that now. I'm there a little bit more. But you know, there's a lot of like, who is this guy? What is?
2: He? <laughs> and com- coming from consulting on seventy restaurants or whatever you have internationally, the dialogue is is a bit different, especially. You can't be Minnesota nice if you're training a bar staff in New Jersey. You got to say, "Hey fuckers, mm-hmm. you know, this is the way it is." I got 70 hours to get you guys up to speed yep. with the bar pro- program, and I'm out. Yeah. So it's bam, 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 and and some of the staff like, you know, Nick is the most loving and, and he's learned empathy, but uh, <laughs> heartfelt fucking man I know, and he's he's arguably my best friend in the fucking world, but. There, there were times I'm like, holy fuck, dude, you're coming a little hot here. Come on. And he's like.
3: Well, I think, okay, so that's that's part of the reason that I wanted to ask this question is like looking at us as partners. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are listening that have partnerships uh, in business, in side projects, whatever they're doing, in, in art. And I think it's important for people to understand that even if, your partner is a very, very close friend. Like, there's still hard conversations that are going to have to have. There's still crazy shit yeah. that's going to have to have. You know, like Charles and I kind of got into it last week, and I just needed a couple days to cool my head. And then are there you guys was
1: fifty-fifty partners.
3: I mean, depending on. <laughs> Because
1: that's a whole different thing. Like, yes. Tom, Tom, Tommy owns that fucking restaurant. I meant right? depending on Mike's share, but yes. But like, I, I obviously have an equal share in conversation, but yeah. at the end of the day, like, I don't own as much of that restaurant as Tommy. But like, Ira and I, we were 50 50 mm-hmm. partners in Bitter Cube. You guys are 50 50 partners mm-hmm. in this, in this. Podcast yeah, we're operationally the, 50, you know, 50 Potentially 50, yeah. media company that you yeah. guys could create, which is something i love to talk well, to you about. Well, we had a conversation
0: about this, too. The, the, this podcast is us. Yep. I don't... I wouldn't... I mean, I own the intellectual property, but I would do a different podcast if we didn't yeah. do this podcast. Th- this This, this th- podcast now, to anybody that listens to it, which is quite a few people, this podcast is... Ben Quam, Charles Wad. Mm-hmm. That's what this entity is. And anything
3: different would be wildly different. And I like. And I it's wouldn't, hard for our I partners because
1: like we have other partners, right? Courtney mm-hmm. Bryden, right? A fucking legend. She's amazing, and the only reason that we are successful today, Carrie Begno, apparently is her last name, uh, is is, <laughs> is 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 like she makes everything feel so safe and comforted, and and her she designed the fucking restaurant. Like she's. She's incredible, and like, but like, guess what the narrative is? What's the narrative of Mister Paul Supper Club? You two dudes, yeah, yep. you know, and like, Which
2: hurts at some points. Of course, like, man, these gals. But also,
1: you're like, do you do you, like? How, you got to take it. Like media is media and press is press. Sure. How do we help try to drive that narrative? Well, but
3: but here's the, and I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm not trying to tell you guys to speak for either of them. Yeah. Because obviously, like... We're, we just want to be on the podcast. Right, where, yeah. right, we'll figure that Should out. But call like, them or are we... Gonna- <laughs> but
1: <laughs> We got to get the
3: record. We got to get the, <laughs> I, the, the The spotlight portion of what you have to deal with also is not easy. And I, no. like, it's tough, right? So I almost feel like sometimes there's a great window for partners to succeed and do what they want. If they don't have to do... This kind of bullshit. If they don't have to sit in a room and even those that say talk, they don't
1: want it, like, you still, you deserve it. Like, like, oh, 100%. You
3: know, like. I'm just, like, I'm looking at, like, looking at my own relationship with my wife. It is absolutely, like, I love her more than anyone. I thought Earth. you were talking about us. For a that second. is, no, that is, the, like, my wife is my best friend. But
1: we yeah, also. Not Charles, is there are mean? parts
3: of that that are a business relationship. <laughs> now, if somebody wanted to, for some reason, if somebody wanted to ask us as a couple like what's it like being married she would be like you talk i don't want to have anything to do with this yeah. because how we feel yeah because uh, yeah. she doesn't like she has no interest in talking to strangers about things that she cares about she wants to do her thing and there's yeah. nobody in my world that doesn't understand
1: how much we always say is like our, you know my wife is incredible as is tommy's uh, can you imagine being married to us? Like no. A nightmare, right? Yeah. So everything
3: that she might not like about me, I fucking <laughs> yeah. hate about me. I think about it every day. <laughs> every day.
0: Yeah. The reason mm.
2: we want to lose weight. Eh. Yes.
0: <laughs> to your topic. Um,
3: yeah, I guess at, at the end of it, I, I think the hardest part is I look at the four of us in this room. And I think that these are four incredibly charismatic, incredibly intelligent human beings who could do whatever the fuck they want on their own. Choosing to partner with somebody who is also one of those humans is a little bit dangerous. And the question is, do you want to put in the work to make it absolutely fucking spectacular? Or do you want to kind of like half-ass it and then it falls apart? Because it takes work to hold To hold this together, right? If you have two, like, whether you want to say like meteors or comets or whatever fucking object you want to pick, it takes work to have two things travel at the same time. And that's why I
1: always go to that hard, like, I'm like... Either we're in or we're out. Like, that's why I was very that aggressive, don't. and like yep. Tommy's like, I was at a three. This dude's at a ten. I'm like, well, because I need that. Yep. Like, I need, I like, I can't have this conversation with you unless I know that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And for me, safety is knowing that it isn't. It can't be a ten. Yep. Like, I need you to tell me that we're in it, and if we're in it, then I can have an honest conversation with mm-hmm. you. And that that's a big difference.
3: And what I've, uh, Charles, what I would kick back, what I've learned from you, and that I'm trying to get better at, is you do a really great job at asking questions about things that you would maybe like to see, like change a little bit instead of saying you should do this better. Like you'll be like, all right. So sometimes we have something like this happen. Like, Do you think we should do this?
1: So Tommy and I I actually had some things that we wanted you guys to change about your podcast and I think we'll save that for question seven. Is that (laughs) well and again I would say at least for the
3: crackers, let's maybe back up on the (laughs) black pepper and a little more snow pepper. (laughs) Uh, But aside are called
1: firecrackers, Quam! They're (laughs) supposed uh, to be spicy. Listen, I don't
2: I'm just happy that the insightful uh, uh, really handsome men are on this side and then the loud yeah.
0: the <laughs> men right. okay. that side. The best part is no one can see where we're sitting. Yeah. You know, I've <laughs> tried so hard. You figure out what we're up to. This whole podcast,
1: I've tried so hard to say le- the least, and I'm feeling... Failed. <laughs> failed. I mean, every, I'm like, alright, say, say
2: less stuff. Three and nope. a half hours of, of Nick babbling yeah, about yeah, yeah. his goddamn bow tie. So, but, but it really is... <laughs> <laughs> I
3: I think at the end of the day, it's in a partnership, it's finding like how to speak to the other half and figuring that out. And when you figure out that dialogue, all of a sudden, a lot of other stuff starts to lock in, you know, and and there's always going to be tough roads because no matter what, it's never going to be the thing I envisioned in my head. It's never going to be the thing that's envisioned in any of your heads. It's going to be a mixture of that. And. No, if any frankly, of us could
0: predict exactly what was going to happen, it would be really ordinary. Yeah, it'd be really boring. It and wouldn't frankly, be. I don't want that. It wouldn't be
3: extraordinary. It wouldn't be extraordinary. Like two million, <laughs> million. You know what the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is?
2: A little bit. In billionaires here. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's just the, the worst.
3: Place. But so uh, but no, like I think that when when you have when you find a partner where when you're like I don't know where the fuck this road is going. Hopefully they have a
1: better idea, and maybe they do. And maybe we're That's why both. wives are great. Can I just boys. get uh, just on record you. in the next minute? Tommy did say that we were going to be billionaires, which means that I did not oh. buy a Powerball ticket, but I am counted into his. We are
2: two minutes par- away from Game. Gary and I being billionaires. Whoa, 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 so whoa, 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 whoa. I was two. just. We're I might give Nick, a, a little... i I'll give everybody here a million. You heard it here first. <laughs>
1: All right, oh. All right. listen, we have, we have two more drinks for you guys. All right. But well, we got this whiskey first, and then we have another drink after, so. Well, let's, well, let's all right, so let's
3: Charles, go back to the whiskey. Charles,
2: bucket. That's where Nick and I have been going. <laughs> Charles, we brought a pee bucket. You oh guys said bring a pee bucket. Stop,
3: stop everything. I just noticed that you have an MF Doom lapel pin. Yeah. Nick. It's so fucking great. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Like, I'm, wow. I, I got, like, a, a bite in my throat yeah. seeing that. Uh,
1: it's a, it's a, it's the best lapel pin I've ever owned. Yeah. And uh, what it does is it, it, it inter- like as somebody who's wearing a three piece suit, uh, it allows me to like get connected to true heads very quickly. I like guess somebody recognizes that, you know, as like com- an
2: old bald redhead. Yeah. It makes you look a little bit cool. No, but also as an
1: old bald redhead, I have my fucking thumb on the pulse of music more Fact. than anybody. I'm 42 Fact. fucking years old. I write the playlist for Mr. Paul's, for Earl Giles. I write the playlist for like 12 bars around the country. And my, my, the thing that I am trying to continue to keep me young is to know the best about the most music. And I find myself teaching younger Five and younger morning, bartenders. I'm teaching younger and younger turtles kids
2: today. how to the make bartenders,
1: elbow. right? I'm I'm gonna challenge you right now. I feel like we
3: should. You have, guys
2: should nerd out. We should have like, a playlist hey, hey, hey. off. He's up at three in the morning. So are you. So you we guys should. should we
3: should have a we should have a back and forth playlist and for like a month, fill so something. I, out. Write
1: a, I write a monthly playlist that I send out to my friends every oh. month. So I and I'd love to add you to that. I absolutely, and, and, and would, if you could do the same to me, I'd appreciate 100%. it. One hundred percent. And then I, yeah,
3: I got to a point where uh, back in the day, I'd make mixed CDs for everybody. And then when playlists became, you were a the thing, same human,
1: but you're much so taller, weird. with probably a large, way larger penis. But like, like I, mean, I will just average penises. Yeah, I think every the time. reason that we aren't friends is because I've been so afraid of your penis. Size. He's six foot eight, a size. Yeah. Six no, that's two. a fucking wristwatch. I cannot be your friend. I'm sorry. But going back to the MFA. I'm Doom Irish. Thing. It's an innie. It looks like a fucking date. It looks like a dried date.
3: I do have to Raise say up. this. Raise I was lucky enough uh, a week and a half ago. I had never seen Open Mike Eagle live. And I got so to good. see him live. Oh. And his tribute to MF Doom was one of the most beautiful things. Like, it's weird when you're tearing up at the Have you listened band.
1: to the new Kenny Beats, Louis Dude, Louis? Come on. Oh, my God. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's so good. So, uh, all what right. About how, about Salt? This? how about this? S A U L T Salt? I do not know Salt. Dude, okay. This is a brand from London. It's a secret band. No, Ooh. You don't know who they are. When you. When we're done here, S-A-U-L-T, salt, right, and just dig in.
3: So to all of our listeners out there, check that out. But then I'm going to make this promise, okay? When you send me your monthly playlist, I will send you the same one, and we will post both playlists in our next episode. It's called Quam-a-vitch. Quam-a-vitch, absolutely. <laughs> Quam doesn't oh, sound right. Yeah, good no, too. I like yeah. Kwamovich is more oh, fun. That sounds mm-hmm. like it actually could be somebody. Dentalist, but we will. Country, dentalist. We Kwamovich. We'll post them both. I'll, I'll put them both on for all of our listeners yeah, out there. I love them. Send that out to everybody because yeah, so I, I do it
1: every month. Uh, and and I'm proud. Like I'm proud. Like I control the Genius. entire Mr. <laughs> Paul's playlist. Like the the po boy, the main room, the brunch. Oh, I know.
3: Uh, because I've asked twice, like, what's going on with the music here, and they're like, "Oh, it's Nick's thing." And I'm no, like, and it's no, sucks. I smile like, ear to ear because yeah, people
1: are like, we work here every day, like, but like the idea of mm-hmm. New Orleans brass bands covering fucking popular songs. I'm, I'm sorry, that is the playlist of Mr. Pauls, and we and and Tommy's been so supportive of it because we've obviously had There's people like, like
2: 40 hours of music, and just because the bartender and I, I changed it every, week, I it every week, man, I edit it every week to go to. Uptown funk, brass band, the old dirty bastards. Like it Mm -hmm. doesn't it's this it's again
1: if you haven't been to Commander's Palace, if you you haven't dined in New Orleans, if you haven't been to these great dames of, of of culinary history in America, like when you walk in, you are inundated sound, visual, smell all of your senses are excited and like,
2: I want that for our guests. I want... And, unfortunately, and like, we already do... The, the music isn't curated for our staff. <laughs> it, and our staff it, it's also Bible not loud enough mine, for so. me.
1: Like, Courtney and I's biggest battle is that like, because she's like, dude, people are complaining that the music's too loud. I'm like, well, the way the sound system is built is yeah. is unfortunate, but like, to me, I want like... You know, there was an article that came out about and we were mentioned in it, it like, you know, is there any more quiet restaurants anymore? And I'm like, why the fuck are you going to Mr. Paul's Supper Club if you're looking yeah. for a quiet restaurant? There are like quiet I'm sorry.
0: Restaurants. There are yeah, there but are But if there, there you are, are, like
1: we can probably figure that out too, yeah. but like I really, you know, town talk was unapologetic. And I think that there's got to be a level of Mr. Paul's that is unapologetic. Yeah. And I think to think about town, uh, to, when I think about Mr. Paul's five years from now, that unapologetic part is going to be the thing. Because if you accommodate and you accommodate Dude. and you accommodate, you That's round out your sharp edges. Way. Mr. Paul's has sharp mm-hmm. edges right now. We are a thing. And when you round out the edges, you become the fucking Looking Perkins Jack down the Tim street. and Rooney
2: did it, Butcher the boar, mm-hmm. Yeah, And it was Rock and Roll Steakhouse, mm-hmm. Capitol Grill two blocks down... Right. it's Chris... So it, like, it, old
3: people just slicing into yeah. stuff. And I you,
2: the, you, you look at what Randy Stanley has done at Sixsmith mm-hmm. in this fucking burger fat pants Friday, and it's like this yeah, the 18 big, fucking the Patty, but yep. he is like, F you.
3: Can I just... like So full disclosure, uh, when my wife and I got married, we knew it was going to be an insanely large thing. And so what we decided to do was have a really small ceremony and a dinner afterwards. And then we went on our honeymoon and then we came back and we threw a party. And I chose Tommy to be the chef because all I could think about was like, after an insanely stressful day like that, I wanted your food more than anything like that. It felt like comfort. It felt like home. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. The first time that I had that idea and Jenny and I talked about it, uh, was right when brunch had kicked off when you were at coup d'etat yep. and King Otto was DJing before yep. he moved away. Wow. And King Otto played uh, the uh, was the dirty dozen brass band. And they do a cover of no diggity. Yep, yep. yep yeah, And I was, the restaurant. I was walking up to get my first scoop of food and I'm smelling all of your food. I'm smelling everything. And I'm just like, oh my God, like this is what I wanted. Like a spicy flavorful Cajun brunch. And then he dropped that song. And I was like, all right, th- this is it. And I, I turned around and I looked at her, and she just nodded at me. Like, w- we had the conversation at the table, but when I turned around and looked at her, she was like, yep.
1: The correlation between New Orleans culinary and hospitality and Minnesota nice is so close. It's so close. And like, it is the culmin- – like, Mr. Paul's is the, 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 the highway of those two things together. Like, mm. it is. It's, it's that fact of, like, lifting people up, hospitality over everything – like f- food, food is third, right? I mean, well. drinks are obviously first, but then hospitality. <laughs> yeah. ho- no, but hospitality, right? Like, yeah. like, like, if I don't feel good in a place, there's no way I'm going to leave. With th- right, it doesn't so- matter
3: what the food tastes like or yeah, what the no drinks. The prior. best, like there's when, when like people in there, come into our
1: restaurant and they say this reminds me of New Orleans, that's that's yeah. the yeah. win, man. That's when I people from New to Orleans
2: come in and say that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's like fuck, this
1: is New Orleans. That's it.
2: And not a but gimmick.
1: W- New Orleans w- w- restaurants are w- gimmicks.
2: People in Minnesota don't understand at a point is that they expect Cajun Creole food throughout. But, but, there's Chinese restaurants in New Orleans. There's steakhouses in New Orleans. We wanted to sure. bring the spirit of New Orleans to a restaurant and make it authentic. And, and it doesn't have to be Put a little cayenne on that. Put a little fucking okra on it. Like, it don't you
1: think be, that New Orleans is still defining itself? Like, New, for New sure. Orleans They're of any city, evolving. it's always evolving.
2: I mean, the bywater of New Orleans, which used to be the seventh ward, which was like. So you
1: you guys have not been to Bacchanal ever in New Orleans? This this bar called Bacchanal. Uh,
2: you walk that's, through. You grab the, your bottle of wine. That's you go the best back, place in the world. And, and and you just drink to oblivion. Nick and I both picked up dates here with our wives, which was... No, our wives came day. after we picked up yeah. the dates,
1: and they ruined everything. But, uh. yeah, they ruined everything. <laughs> I,
0: I, just, I just wanted to remark, just referring back to what we were saying about, like, the bar being noisy. Uh, the episode we had with Jeff Rogers, and he was talking about Flair, and we had this big conversation about... Uh, A lot of bars getting like very like quiet and nuanced and having people stand up against the wall until it was their turn to make a drink i think that it's easy to find a place that's quiet but it's not easy to find a place that's got action and animation and a lot more people are in search of the places that have activity then they are the places in which there are there is no activity because the places w- in which there's no activity are everywhere. It's not hard to find yeah. a place I that's believe quiet. That. I, I think it's not hard to find a place that's, that's part like... Part of
2: the success of, say, Butcher and the Boar and Bar La Grassa, Tim Rooney was a visionary in both those restaurants, and I think part of what he did there was say, fuck the norms, rage, rage against the fucking machine, man. To go back to that, it was like, fuck all y'all. This is where I want to dine, and if you want to come on the ride, come on.
1: But you know what's cool? Like, you know, we started this new burger bar concept. Yeah. And I right. bartended it last week. We did mm-hmm. a Town Talk pop-up two weeks ago, and it was all families, kids, lots of kids. Oh, my God. Lots of <laughs> couples with young kids. And, you know, it wasn't busy, but we did we did a grand in there, and that was a grand of, of guests that we're, they, We weren't we weren't cannibalizing our, our, our Mr. Paul's people. Yeah. Like these were families, people that were like, let's go out and try this thing.
2: And a grand is a lot of money when you sell ten dollar burgers. Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: But but, all, but what I'm saying is like, I think that for those that say Mr. Paul's is the party bar, or, or it's too loud, or whatever, like there actually are. We created a restaurant that has pockets for everybody. Mm-hmm. like you can go in the back bar you can go in the apothecary bar and have a very quiet night with your date you can go in the back room and, and be very quiet and then now we're doing these events on friday and saturday where you can bring the kids in because like i get it like you don't want to bring sure. your two-year-old and your four-year-old into the main dining room and eat steaks sure but we have this new concept where you can come in on and, the
2: bottom, yeah on top.
0: Don't yeah, be a, you're don't be you're, a you're a lot of things to a lot of people, but you know some people are looking for something that 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 isn't that Mr. Paul's isn't, and that's okay too, right? Like they're looking for, for somewhere sure. to just they want to hear themselves toot. <laughs> that's, that's okay as well. All right, let's hit number six. And it's Fuck, funny. That was only five. That was five. Oh. This, is, this is fun too, considering the environment that we've persisted in for the last, uh, no. I believe, nine hours. What? No beer. Okay, so everyone in this room, everyone in this room loves excess. That's that much is clear, as uh, as Kosevich pours more whiskey into his glass and into Kwam's glass. So, you know, as we age, we also have to take care of ourselves. Name something you do or prepare uh, with food or beverage when you're trying to behave after a lot of decadence or something you'd prepare for someone else that requests that type of thing. I'm ready to go.
2: Go.
1: Well, you know, I was a 400-pound man before the pandemic. Uh, I dropped 130 pounds. I've gained some of it since I started working with Tommy. That's not... again. The, the <laughs> That's not maybe fair, but uh, I put a little bit of it back on. But uh, So I've been fasting for like three years straight. And so for me, the, op- the opposite of what you're saying is mm-hmm. how I've learned how to control the gluttony that is my desire and career and life and what mm-hmm. I make a living on is that I do less of it. I do the same. I, I, mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes do the same amount of it, but I do it in a shorter time. So sure. I, I fast uh, 16 hours a day. And uh, try to drink less and less, but <clears throat> that, that would be the biggest I thing. I also for me. do 16
0: hours. Yeah. What well, hours? What hours?
1: Uh, well, my, my best window is like three to nine. Okay. You know, because for me, like the, my doctor said I should try to do a, a, a daytime feeding window, but mm-hmm. the problem with that is that the most cherished moment in my family structure. Is from five to seven when I get the baby home and we're all home and we're cooking and we're watching the news and then, you know, Wheel of Fortune comes out. My daughter loves Wheel of Fortune. She absolutely loves it. And then, you know, I'm not afraid of her watching that TV. Letters, mm, it's colors. Nick
2: should mention that he goes to bed at nine fifteen and wakes up at two forty five. I don't, so. I don't. So,
1: so then I put, I put my my baby down. I put, my, I put my wife down. Like, I, like we we chill for like a you little just bit. Talk shit to her, but no, for real. Like, like if I if I'm laying in bed at ten o'clock, no, not that. Jesus. Hey.
3: If I if 45. I if I go
1: to bed, if I'm laying down with her watching a show at nine, I'm gonna pass out. So I got, to I, I have to physically mm-hmm. get up. To to try yeah. to get, And so like those three hours where everybody's asleep, they're precious. That's when I get a lot of work done. You see the emails oh, come yeah. in. And so, you know, I'm basically trying to work till midnight and then baby wakes up at six and uh, the day starts over.
0: Kwame and I have the same jam. I think We're, we we uh, we have those moonlight hours where we are able to, you know, have some like me time and either do some productive things or unproductive things, but. Yeah, I really, and I unproductive like it's things productive. are okay. Yeah, it's no, still like it's but like so. I got, I have an office oh, just in my like garage. In the I got a big TV sense.
1: in the work sense. Yeah, yeah. I got a big TV out in my garage. I got a little office. It's a green room. I've got plants everywhere. Like it's it's my safe space. Yeah, and like I'll put the family to bed, and I'll be out there for a couple hours, and like that's that's the culmination of like you know. My therapist tried to tell, you know, like, you know, where can you figure out how to not do work? And I'm like, well, no, actually, I'm in a place in my life where I need to do, I need to figure out where to do more work. Because really what I'm trying, I feel like I'm trying to get to the edge of this tunnel of like overwhelmingness. Where We're like, if I can just have these three hours every night and if I can get up and do this in the
3: morning. Says the
2: guy that will never say no. Also, like. <laughs> <laughs> we know we
3: know that we'll just keep building that tunnel yeah.
2: longer. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get it. But,
3: I, I but know. that's also the that's the are, carrot. here are my friends. No. Now this is turning into an intervention. No, no, but that's the carrot. That's the carrot. In Come front on of in, the family. Yeah. I, that's what, that's I what dangle my own carrot. That's what drives me. It's it's the idea. Do you I always know,
2: want to bite off more than you can
3: chew? How many fucking years I've told people that like I think next month things will chill on a little bit more and then I'll like I'll probably have time to sure. hear. But also, if somebody asks as you, as you to do a job, like in my head, I'm
1: like. Nobody else can do that more. job. Like, I have, to do, I have to do it. I have to. I have to teach these people. Because someday my phone sure won't ring.
3: So I have to do everything I can right now.
2: Like, and bite off more. Like, as soon mm-hmm. as your mouth is almost empty, mm-hmm.
0: like, just find the places to I put want it a where it is. And it's hard,
1: too, as my business partner. Like, I pass all these things through him. Like, you know, I took on Travail for a year. And before I accepted that business, I went to Tommy and Carrie, and I was like, I got to do this. I got to do it for, like, so many reasons. One... Like, the revenue is valuable, but also, like, I've wanted to work with these guys forever. It was one of the hardest consulting gigs of my no. life. We, that's maybe another podcast, but, <laughs> you know, I, I I pass these things through these guys. Because, like, I I know that they know that the more I take on... Is, you know to me I don't look at creative creativity to me is an, is a is an infinite well it's like the more the more I spit out the more is gonna come so I never look at it like if I have five bars and I'm writing menus for that somehow one of those bars isn't gonna get their come up-ins like, yeah, it's I, perpetual motion yeah like right. to me like the more you can get it out the the, the newer the thing more that is, yeah
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I've got it's to coming. have this conversation it's with take really a clients popper. When I work with multiple brewery clients, but it is, but it is hard. I'm not, gonna, and, and, and I'm and not it, like splitting the atom for the concepts yeah. that I'm...
1: But everything I have to... I, I mean, I have to clear with him. I clear mm-hmm. with Jesse and Jeff
0: and my team at mm-hmm. Earl
1: Giles. And, yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, we create lives for ourselves that, that demand these things. And it's it's hard. it's hard to work so hard as we do and then still feel like you just... I mean, sorry, I'm in the middle of like a $30,000 basement renovation. My house dressed up as diarrhea for Halloween and literally <laughs> shit all over itself. And I'm dealing with some serious things. So Which, I'm, I'm, I'm literally in a position right also, now where I'm like, I need, a, I need another advanced. fucking also job. Also could
3: be a great yeah. like, comedy yeah. horror movie. Yeah, I need another
1: that. job. So if anybody here is hiring that Diary is hearing house. this, I would, you know, I,
2: <laughs>
1: I'm a mixologist. I've trained over 600 bartenders and Mix opened over Multi-time <laughs> <time> mascot. <laughs> I'm taking it back to 1895. I'm stealing Mixicologist back. That seems
3: like mushrooms. That's, that's, a- that's well, But that's the original title of the first book that used a term like that. Mixicologist. Mixicologist from mm-hmm. 1895. And I feel like adding a, a, an extra syllable in there is like, oh, what's that?
1: You know the funnest? <laughs> the, the funnest. The most fun, exciting part about the bar, like teaching people about bartending, is that like forever, the history of bartending is so uh, weird because... You're you're trying to write the history of people that drank for a living. And so like when you when you stand in front of a new team of bartenders and you tell stories about eighteen oh six when the old fashioned event at the end of the day, like as long as I'm saying what I'm saying confidently uh Dope. you know yeah yeah but like I don't I don't know you know like it,
2: it, it I be, read this once that this old drunk in mm-hmm. 1814 Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you know someone was like, well actually that like hired you're the new bar manager. There you go yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Now you tell the story yeah, Anybody I'm that ever discredits what I'm saying they're now management that's the goal <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: What about you I need Mr. the Tommy.
2: question repeated <laughs> Hey, let's bust Does that. I fuck up. All right. Uh, I'm quiet. So the
0: the general the general synopsis is after like a lot of excess. Are men what do of you excess. What do you do to chill out? Or if someone asks you for something like to cook them something uh, like healthy or holistic to make yeah. them feel good after a lot of excess, what is your What's Correct. your
3: mo? <laughs> if you want to, and honestly, <laughs> if you want
2: to, <laughs> I mean. Right now, I'm I, I'm a newlywed, first time, but I'm two months into a, a an amazing fucking relationship. Oh, that's an,
3: that's another half and half. Uh,
2: that's fun. But like right now, I want I'm There's a caretaker. I'm a caretaker. I'm a caretaker. So oh. I want to do whatever gonna make her better. What? So like if I see. It, it, what fills me up right now is carrying the kids, and I don't get enough time with them. Um, but you know, roasting a chicken and making mash, making the shit they'll eat because the kids are picky. They want Cheerios and Twix bars, and you know they're teenagers. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, he's uh, he's pulling
1: the bones out of someone else's uh, wings. wings. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh-huh. but
2: that's what I want to do. Like I, I and, and you know, if at the end of the day, if that's what makes. Them happy, it makes me happy, but totally. it also makes me healthy because they don't want me. Who wants Jack's Pizza? Because deep down on my day off, I want that sodium fucking blast. Yeah. Fold it in <laughs> half, eat it like a giant Bowl.
0: taco. Sodium blast tested poorly for yeah. Jacks. <laughs> everything is
3: everything is a sandwich.
0: Yeah, everything's. They a just sandwich. painted over it. As long as Jack, <laughs> you can still see the writing it underneath right it. Well, it's like a bad tattoo cover-up.
2: Carrie will be like can we not have fried foods this week? And mm-hmm. Carrie and I have done the fasting, mm-hmm. and Carrie and I have done this and that. And, and and I always go along with it. I act like it's because of her, but it's, you know, internally, I'm like, fuck, I need it. Mm-hmm. I need the break. Hey, we're not drinking mm-hmm. until next Friday. I'm like, fuck, that's 10 days. Hey, my bur- my brother's birthday's Thursday. How are we going to, well, oh, shit, they're coming to the restaurant on Friday sweet, I can make it. <laughs> like, you know, and so, yeah, you know, the, the three of us here are alcoholic. <laughs> just kidding, Ben, you're not. <laughs> no, I was just saying, who are the three? <laughs> uh, no, I, it, like, watching alcohol intake and, mm. and doing yeah. better and, and relying on herbal right. medicines, weed, mm. marijuana, um, and just like Taking, taking a step back from being the tough part of, and Stephen Brown told me this even before we opened, said, man, the hardest part is being the face of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's not being the chef. It's not managing the staff. It's not mm-hmm. payroll. It's people expect you to be there every night, and they also expect, we know your sister's friend, your wife's sister's friend. Hey, it's not me there. And always putting on the charm. So I come home from the restaurant after a 10-hour day in the kitchen, a three-hour day of, like, glad-handing and this and that. All Mm -hmm. I want is Lipton chicken noodle soup, and I want to lay in bed, and then my day is off. Keira's like, let's go out. We're going to go to La or We're going to go here. And I'm like, all I want is a shitty Caesar salad at Mm -hmm. home. I will lay on the couch. May or may not puff, but, like, I just water Like, it's like, it's a, a fish that just found water again. Totally. You know, it's like, oh, God, no. Oh.
3: No, I I, I rehydrate yep. and then
2: go back out. And, and I'm such an empath that, like, I just, I give energy away all, the, all day. And I, I recharge when I sleep. But, but getting back out there in it every single day, by the time I get a day off, it's like, what do you want, Karen? What do I want? Let's try and make this right, and then and then let's feed the kids with whatever they need, and then feed them is in mind, body, mm-hmm. soul. Do we want to spin the dogs around the uh, around the parkway? Do we want to go wade our, our feet in the in the creek? What, do you want to go to the beach? But at the end of the day, it's like let's get home. That's well, I think By let's 7 get o'clock, home. And I want to be in ill-fitting ball shorts <laughs> and a shirt that shows my navel off. Uh-huh. 'Cause mm-hmm. this was my favorite t it's a soft t shirt yeah. though.
0: Your your yeah, your town talk shirt. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Literally like
3: the the let's get home that's let's, that's it for me.
2: Like let's get home and let's Yeah. What do you whatever you want? I man, I'm craving sloppy joes, I got them. Mm-hmm. Like man, there's some old leftovers. Well I can spin that into a, mm-hmm. a frittata right now. let's get home. Let's digest the week and we also know that Fuck, the future is right there, and you know we all are busy fucking people, and we know three weeks out.
3: And if you blink, you're in the future. You know, it's like <clears throat> Brother Ali, the the rapper, had a, a fucking brilliant thing that just popped up on my time up a couple days ago, and it was I'm I'm paraphrasing this. I wish I had it in front of me right now, but so he said uh, <laughs> he said I was I was sitting at this cafe. And this old dude walked up to me. I'd say he was probably 70. And he said, what are you, like 30? I just want to let you know right now, you blink and you're my age. It's gone. Mm. So enjoy it while you're here.
2: It's like there.
3: And like I, that, that shit, it sat with me and it still sits with me. And what that meant to me at the time was like, do everything I can, do every job I can. Everybody that asked me to do anything, if it involves money, say Yes. Do it no matter how much you're fucking burning yourself out. Because I, where I cross over into your era is that the empath shit where I will try so hard to make you happy because I sense that you're not or you need something that I will deplete everything that I have in myself. And then you have nothing to give to and your wife, right? Or, and then you come home empty
2: or, or your dog or
3: so I've been. I've been telling myself the mantra like, just get home because. As soon as I walk in the door, my dog comes running up and loses her mind. And it's the greatest thing ever. And then my cat is kind of like a dog. So he runs out and will like wait until the dog is done. And then is like, I'm going to run circles around your legs. And I'm going to get up on my hind legs and try and high five you. And then my wife and I can settle in. And I don't care if she's reading a book and I'm watching something dumb. I'm next to her.
2: Hug. So, and it's a how was it fuck? Yep. You don't even want to hear it. I just it. want to be we'll by get you. We'll do it tomorrow. Yep.
3: I just want to be by you. And then it's for me it used to be a bunch of whiskey. <laughs> no,
1: and no. what it's turned into a is a little wine. a little bit of THC and a lot of water. So I try I try I try to stay connected to Tommy but Carrie hates when I show up naked on their back porch. Oh. Well, but
3: see that's the thing is is you have to create a life where Tommy comes to you when you're naked. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's fine. Carrie's fine with it. It's the kid when the kids, the kids are, are all... the kids are pretty. That's unfit. a tough yeah, that's yeah. a tough one.
3: But it's more it's more like we don't know if we're ready to explain that. But yeah. also like I think Well you they know, just
2: explain is is that a penis? <laughs> like, it's that's not, the, the, the it, weird thing, yeah. like Man, You'll it, it kind of looks like it could be. When I
1: lost all the weight, my penis did go out, and now I've picked up a couple, maybe forty pounds, and it's going back in again.
3: It looked,
2: Yeah, <laughs> he had an outie for a minute. For but a you can. Second.
3: But by yourself, you <laughs> can actually explain the ins and the outs of sex. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, you got a you the got ins, a winner right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. But
3: <laughs> but yeah, like, and I also we've talked about it on the show before, but I I really truly do um, want to throw this out there. This morning, I was very very flattered that i had four different friends send me the same article about how psilocybin is being shown more and more in studies to help with depression and i still sadly in minnesota have to say allegedly but allegedly i have been microdosing for a few years allegedly yeah. and it is really it's it's, great. it is it has really helped me with I've the been bad on parts mushrooms of mushrooms for
1: every balloon emporium there you go yeah
2: Nick like, is uh you well, don't really
1: micro-dose. I'm more of a <laughs> macro-dose. Just, right? Yeah, which also yeah. can happen. Yeah, it you know fun. what you're supposed to take for micro-dosing? I do, like, that all day a, a bunch of times, but, uh, yeah, it's... But that actually still can count as a micro it's. <laughs> well, I think yeah. it is because it's less than I would take. Right. Yeah, so that counts as But a for me,
3: what it's done is, like, where I would get stuck... You know, I, like, I made a joke earlier about saying something shitty to somebody 20 years ago. I... That's not a joke. I, I think about it all the time. I All the awkward interactions that I've ever registered on my radar, I think about. But no probably, one in this world
1: thinks you're a terrible person, quantum, Doesn't matter. So you know. Doesn't matter. So I know. do. Except for Aaron. I, 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 I will never hear. Except for the Aaron guy that is the he broke think his you fucking nose. Person. Other but, than that. But guy. I'll still, like, <laughs>
3: the problem is I still think about that. And it's because. Whatever for whatever reason, like my brain just gets stuck in these cycles. And when I think something (laughs) negative, it stays. If I think something positive, I'm like, that's cool, and it goes away. And Mm. what that has helped me with is I'm kinda bummed we didn't microdose
1: for this interview. I
3: mean, it's something that we've actually talked about.
1: Probably two of us are are
3: already, but (laughs) it's well it's something that we've talked about and that that may be another episode. Once again,
0: the the two are not actually called out. (laughs) <laughs> we're doing this as a theme you guess two of
2: us aren't two yeah. of us are oh.
3: so uh, but yeah that's allegedly I, that's been literally uh, three of you are I just started folding in <laughs> the second. intermittent fasting a couple of weeks ago so i'm I'm pushing it a little bit so I'm doing 11 to eight because there are just times where Jenny's not ready for dinner right at seven and I would like to have dinner with my wife hmm. Yeah, but that's... You
1: got to close the gap. You got to go to six we're, hours. Well, we're working on it. No, right but now. for you, go to six hours. But,
3: well, what it, what it stopped was late night snacking for me. Mm-hmm. So it's been a couple of weeks because yeah. the one... Yeah, the one, starting somewhere. The one fault of not drinking but all having of THC All the weight that I put back night,
1: on is because of not doing yeah, what I was well, doing. Well, oh, when you
2: smoke a little and then 1130 rolls up. You're like, oh, I can have some snacks. A couple of cheeses. Yeah, and the,
1: that's what, that's what gotta my promise. You got smoke more weed. If you smoke weed all day, you're not hungry at night. <laughs> I don't have that problem. What's the problem? Doesn't matter. If marijuana <laughs> is in my system, I'm sorry, what's I want to munch on things. Yeah.
3: So that's that's been... More mushrooms. I when So obviously I have this Ireland trip coming up. When I get back, that's going to
1: be my next thing is trying to tighten that a little bit. Because I, I, I do. I, I can't like, find the fucking time to work out, man. Like, I, like we used to live downtown in the Churchill apartments. And there was a pool and a gym five floors above me and like that's when i really was dialing down. everything in and then the fucking pandemic happened and we couldn't use our gym and i was i was like for i was walking up and down the stairs 30 flights mm-hmm. and i was still into it hard and i was biking a ton and but but now like like the baby, like it, everything in my life makes it so hard to get to the gym. The gym is still just three blocks down. But the gym isn't going to be what you know like, what the, the, But it is the, to like, lose the weight. It's not just you the baby's have to. Oxymoron. It's fat. fasting home and gym. gym. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> You're oh, remodeling your basement, so I guess yeah. you could have a home gym. Like
3: Charles, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast. About as we've gotten older, our bodies yeah. start to fail us. Sure. Whatever, like. Obviously, like we've talked a lot about your next stuff too, but like where, sure. where do you end up with? I mean, I,
0: I came yeah, into this off. even coming up with the topic, not knowing how I would approach it because it's I, this is life. one of those times mm-hmm. I wanted to hear what everyone else says. And yeah. I actually am appreciating sort of the mental aspects of what we've discussed thus far. I think for me, a thing that's really become important for me is being able to communicate. Uh, I, I'm good at saying like how I feel. I'm good at emoting and, and having difficult conversations and easy conversations. But I'm learning a lot about myself and uh, my mental energy and how anxiety affects me even when I don't know that it's affecting me. And just uh, putting myself into more advantageous positions in terms of uh, being in like calm and quiet more frequently. I'm trying to meditate more. I'm not like, I, I need to get into the habit of doing it. When I do it, and I it, feel good. Not
2: discounting what you're saying, I just I need to use the restroom.
0: Oh, help yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do. I do
3: very much love.
1: I think they asked
2: us not <laughs> to say we that stuff, like, but yeah, you definitely
3: no. don't have to say that, But we I, did really well. I think up because until of that, then. I want to keep it. In. <laughs> Thanks. For but the but respect. also, no, okay, of course, I mean, I'm, there's I'm no
1: way we would. I'm about okay. to pour dessert. We did not talk about this whiskey. <laughs> just throwing that out there too.
0: going back to Charles. Shut up! Oh, yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> See you soon. Oh, that was great. Enjoy.
3: Oh god, that was amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> Charles, you uh, have the floor. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Charles. All right.
0: Anyway. You were saying something super emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I I don't know how emotional it was because I actually forgot what the fuck I was saying. But no, ultimately, what I'm what I'm saying is that um, I'm trying to be better about finding quiet and space for my brain to decompress because I am like an always thinking kind of an individual. My yeah. brain's always spinning and being able to find the space for um, just creating vacancy mm-hmm. like vacancy by design, you know, so, that block, that block on your calendar that shows that it's filled, but it isn't filled. I, I, I'm working really hard at having more of that.
1: Yeah, growing up poor, I grew up poor. I grew up on welfare. I grew up on uh, King Vitamin, you know. So like, that in my background makes it really hard to try to make that time. Because to me, the the thing I'm chasing to get to and from is poverty. You know, like you know, people, how do you get to where you are doing the like the fear of poverty like you know the, i think the, it manifests the inability to not all, work for so. other people <laughs> sure money? but we're
0: bro we're in the same place yeah. because i grew up uh, of little means as well and yeah. i also uh have not worked for anybody else for a very long time but that's why it's so hard to. i'm hu- i'm unhirable <laughs> yeah but i had to find i had to i had to find ways to yeah bro i used to live across the street from my office and i would still sleep there because i was working so many hours I couldn't even get across the street. I would sleep on the couch in my lounge in, at Patmos across the street from my house, which was directly across the street. And at a point, it was diminishing returns. I was destroying myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to find the balance. That's the thing is I want to work ceaselessly, but I also need to but find... But even now,
1: a- you get to look at that, and you're like, it's a, it's a token. Mm-hmm. Like, that hard sure. work, the fact yep. that you did that right. at 43, you get to go, I, you know, that's a thing I own. Uh, the thing I'm I'm having a Almost hard time. forty-one, but like the tunnel that you drive for, <laughs> mm-hmm. like you you were saying it like the tunnel never gets cleared. You you know you're like the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like there's no never, light. You never get if there. you you're, if you don't give yourself the light, there is no light. And no, there's a beauty in that. Like I it's will efficiency you know,
0: though, my friend. Because I'm not retiring. I'm not going to retire. I don't I, have a retire plan. No, <laughs> and I never intend to either. But I keep adding projects. Yeah, but it's that mentality of doing it so efficiently that you don't hate it you understand? you know what yeah. i mean like love the nightmare you chose for yourself I,
3: I, I you're familiar with like the movie trope of like the hero is running and the doors are closing mm-hmm. right behind the hero and the, clo- slide. the like every time it gets a little bit closer oh, you know like shoot, the shoot. indiana jones <laughs> kind of shit <laughs> yeah
0: right it's a big heavy door that would kill them that that's literally that's
3: how i felt my entire life is that if I slow up for one second, the door shuts and and I'm done. And part of that is my fear of going back to like having family friends have to like give me clothes and paper bags from their kids that outgrew the clothes and hope that something works. And part of that is how destitute I got in my early 20s trying to be independent because I just didn't want to have to tell my parents that I wasn't a success right out of college, right? And that still fuels me. And I can't, I can't tell if it's a good addiction or a bad addiction. And I think, fight with it all the time. Can
0: I ask you this? Yeah. Do you think you're doing everything you could do professionally right now with the time that you have available to you?
3: I would say yes, if I'm allowed to
0: or try the, and be a good husband. Uh, to or that you, wife. or, th- or. That you should do for a good li- to live a good life.
3: No, I right now I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. because I've found balance. That's in, precisely what I'm speaking in to my, my relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think if Jenny was sitting here right now, she would tell you that there were a few times where she wasn't sure if she made the right decision because I was choosing work over her. Is 100% that now of the though? Time. No, I'm yeah. just saying that's something that I fight with inside mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. Every single time someone calls me with a possibility of something, my answer is always yes. And then I have to actually like pause it. It's like you and either
1: feel like, overwhelmed with your work or if you don't feel overwhelmed with your work, you feel guilty because you don't feel correct. overwhelmed with your work. And yeah, I That's can't, the balance I'm talking
0: about striking. And I right? can't, it's not balance. Mm, fucking learned, nightmare. I, I've, I've learned to say no and I say mm, no a lot. Can't, and can't. I still
3: am learning that. And now when I say no, I still hate it. But then I look at why I said no. I stopped hating it. And the yeah. minute that I see my wife's yes. face, it goes away. And it's not just that, but it's also prioritization. If she, I, I will say, though, if she wasn't there, I'd be working 100 hours a week. Like, it, it, is, it is a slippery slope. The, I don't do it for me. And that's what I'm trying to learn for myself, is that I should do it for my own health. What I lucked out, is, out in my situation is that I found somebody that I would rather do it for because I mm.
0: don't always love myself. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I, I wouldn't do, do always love her. Even even without Marnie, I wouldn't. I would not. Yeah. The week. Are we gonna uh,
1: yeah. talk about this whiskey? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: please, please. Also, well, we're I, like, I still
1: have one another. Another. Uh, oh God! Is there?
0: I didn't realize this was a different.
1: No, I. We, we haven't talked about this whiskey yet. Okay. And I still when, have another. When drink Tommy's system.
0: done making poop, we're probably gonna wrap this.
1: <laughs> well, I've got another drink for you guys. Okay,
0: okay <laughs> but we're yeah, but. <laughs>
1: When, when he does, the unless poo-poo. you have a question for us. No, I want you guys to ask a random question. We did have
0: another question. Yeah, I mean we can. Wam well, had another. But question. we still
1: have to talk about this. What's whiskey? the time signature
0: on this podcast? Oh, we're sig- at three thirty. This is a signature. <laughs> I mean, I'll, like we're. Well, we don't. If you're listening to this, we might not be where you. Yeah. What we just, said. You'll, just you'll, you'll, No matter what,
3: you're getting over three hours at yeah. this point. So. Oh, a, lot yeah, <laughs> a lot of juice.
1: Fuck.
0: A lot of juice.
1: I, yeah, I don't, we didn't intend. But to tell us that. about
0: the whiskey. Is this, is this, is uh, a
1: single barrel Maker's Mark uh, selection for Maker's 46. And I, I didn't get to pick this barrel. Tommy and Ainsley did. Mm-hmm. And what they got to do is they got to pick the staves. So they do a re aging. So they throw these wood staves back into mm-hmm. the barrel after you've picked them.
3: I think it's one of the coolest programs they have.
1: Yeah. And so this is a baked American Pure, seared French Cuvée, Maker's Mark 46. Roasted French Mendiant and toasted French Spice 13231, three, three, like all the different barrel uh, staves.
3: Would this have been through Melly Murosek or Paul Brooks?
1: Polly, yeah, Paulie Polly did this.
3: Paulie. Paulie, who. I desperately want to have on this podcast because he's one of the most fascinating humans I know. Yeah, but uh, I just
0: want Melly to come back on.
3: He will drop kick me in the face. I saw Melly yesterday. Idea.
1: I don't think Paulie likes me. I don't, we just, he doesn't Oh no! Me. That Paulie's just a chill. He dude. doesn't like anybody. He's just yeah, okay, no. He's great. just a chill dude.
3: That's
1: like, what everybody says when I say I don't think that person likes me. They're like, well, they don't really like chilled. anybody. I'm like, Paul, no. It's oh, okay. I've known <laughs> I've
3: known Paul since I was 15. Wow, literally, and at this point. At 43, and I think he's 44. We're the closest we've ever been. I guess what
1: I'm trying to say is, when somebody like Paulie doesn't like me, I feel like they're right. <laughs> right? Like I'm like I'm like you don't like me, and you're probably right. Probably, well, no, but okay. there's there's All also, right, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But
3: that, that's, <laughs> it's, it goes back to what you were talking about with like the brunch cocktails. Like, listen, we're a lot, and sometimes they're like, um, no, I'll just have like the regular bloody. Yeah. yeah All right, I'm I gonna make this dessert. That's a tough. <laughs> I also, I got to give credit. Uh, at At dinner, we had some of these firecrackers. I was going to say firecracker saltines, but literally firecrackers. And I already said that I wanted to fry saltines, and then throw some spices on them because I did not know that I needed that in my life. But now having that with other things, because I only had it with, uh, if I remember right, I only had it with the tartar. But having it with the whole cheese plate dude when the crackers bring their own spice let's fucking go that's my jam pretty sexy soups sexy as the kids might say
0: uh this is look this looks like a lot of fun this looks a lot like one of the beverages we. oh have. that
3: is that is neon green that we are pouring into kelly green cups i'm assuming this is my send off to ireland beverage yeah. And then he just decided that was, even though he didn't know that was the trip I was taking. Did
1: you guys know the grasshopper was invented in New Orleans? Oh. I think I,
3: mm, no. I'm Everyone
1: gonna.
0: thinks Wisconsin.
3: No, that's got to be the pink squirrel.
0: That is true. <laughs> a grasshopper walks into a bar. The bartender says, we have a drink name after you. The Grasshopper says, you have a drink named Murray? I love it, because everybody picks Everyone a different name. A different, no, yep. but it's usually like two different names. For me, it was always Murray. And other people are like, you motherfucker, it's not Murray. It's wh- What's the name? <laughs> Jerry came? was for Jerry? me.
3: Jerry. Everyone oh, in my family yeah. said Jerry. So
0: they're, oh, we got the whip. We got the, wh- <laughs> the whip.
3: All right, yeah, so who Murray, gets the whip Murray, That's when the when question. I was,
0: when I was a kid, it was Murray, and people would be like, You idiot. That is, not, that is not the punchline. <laughs> like, it matters.
3: Right, like, like no, the real problem is whether or not the name is believable. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. That would have changed it. That would have changed the entirety of the... Oh, that is a cocktail enhancer if I've ever seen one. Our board's is going to smell like that for some time. Damn right. Hey, thank you so much. There you go. Oh, oh, this is
4: delightful. This is new
1: grasshopper, new on the menu.
0: We got yeah, we got some glitter on our
1: board now. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Forever. I I Forever. also have to use the restroom, so I'm gonna yeah, run
0: go. away real quick.
1: I'm right. really glad that you both decided to tell our listeners. I don't know
0: what that means. <laughs> I said it wasn't to happen. So Man, we were drinking like a frozen grab grasshopper type
3: That is drink yeah, beer. it is a a pourable <clears throat> form of a grasshopper. And I will mm. say I just had a sip. That's the best grasshopper. I've ever
0: had. God, and I hate glitter and they're making me drink this. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna do it. If Marnie, if my wife hears this, she knows how much I fucking revile glitter. on, let's rap. Oh man. <laughs> let's just rap. So <laughs> they're both gone. Tommy's been gone. They're both. like a half hour. <laughs> yeah,
3: Tommy just fell in. I we I love that we joked about them being in the bathroom together for half an hour and it actually might be a thing. Oh god, that's good. That's so good. Um Yeah, I I'm really I'm very very excited because I think where we're headed right now. We were just talking about uh, like things that you know help our recovery slash help our mental health, and you know we talked about on on another episode that we have new sponsors. We have uh, Balanced BLNCD, and then we also have uh, Foundry, which also is going to be distributing some new drinks. And I'm just excited that there's more non-alcoholic things that are going out to folks that actually can help kind of calm all of the chaos. Like, we live in a world where 24 hours a day, there is something that is screaming and on fire. And it's really hard. Like, we went from 50 years ago, unless the nightly news told you that was happening, then you had no idea, to everything that ever happens anywhere in the universe you can find out right now and the more that we can do to help ourselves disengage with that i think the better it's going to be and like legitimately i I think that's going to be a way for us to
1: figure it out and are you guys talking about this drink i made for you because well uh, i think that this could connect countries so when you were in the
0: bathroom together, we did well, actually... The thing he got you locked
2: upstairs. The, so, <laughs> the mechanics room that's full of all of the paper guns huh? <laughs> for the haberdashery, and then there's a locked door next to it, huh? and then there's a hidden door. You huh? get lost? When, <laughs> okay. I thought you had said... You, you walk out the door, you go to the right, and you see oh. a barber's chair, and then there's a door. You go to the left. And then, no, you go to the left, and then there's two barber's chairs, <laughs> oh and then, oh, there there is the bathroom. Oh. So I walked into the bathroom, urinated, and then came out, and then tried both the doors, forgetting I had walked out of a hidden So door. he heard
1: me coming up the stairs, and so he goes, yeah!
2: You guys, I have been screaming Help! literally for 15 12 minutes since. I've oh my god! Gone. I hope
0: Derek heard it. I hope he saw the cameras. Everything.
2: Oh. Well, he, he can look at the cameras because I'm. You might have seen it. live <laughs> all right. fours. What,
3: what you didn't do was was just text.
2: No, my phone's sitting here. Oh, my so my <laughs> my phone and I and I'm like, there's a full bar there. I did find a uh, golden light. Wake life. Yeah, the um, golden light. But I was on my hands and knees <laughs> through the heat registers thinking, well it's an old boiler system needs <laughs> a cold air oh my God. Hey fellas! But now I see it's all, all four right. air heat. So a we're gonna furnace. get the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was stuck, stuck upstairs.
1: <laughs> not, not was he just upstairs. He was stuck. Screaming. All I could think of, all I can think of
3: right and, now and is. And at one
2: point I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know how to get the fuck out of here. So I can't
3: even call an Uber <laughs> to get the fuck out. All I can think of right now is the Simpsons episode. And the is so fucking loud. When, when Homer is the union representative, and he goes to meet with Mr. Burns. And he says, Oh my God. Uh, I I have to use the bathroom. And Mr. Burns says, it's the 22nd door on your left. And you see a little bit of Homer just opening random doors and be like, huh, huh. and eventually it just shows him coming back to the table. And he goes, Did you find the bathroom? And Homer goes, uh
2: Yeah. yeah." (laughs) So I found the bathroom.
3: I think I was gonna say Charles and I will write an apology right now to Derek. I could not
2: find my way back down here because of that damn hidden door. And then Nick busts through this clothing rack. Thank God because I was screaming like a minute before that. Help! Hey, guys! Help! Help! <laughs> and then I noticed that there's glass missing above here. the stairwell. Derek, so we're going to save the footage for I'm the episode. I'm trying to uh. shout over the stairwell, Hey! Hey! And I'm like, fucking hey. We Between almost lost cha- him. And then yeah, was... and I am jumping up trying to <laughs> shout over the stairwell, and then Nick I'm here to save you. I'm coming. And he busts the door open. Well, it's the wall I'm standing next to. And that fucking wall <laughs> hits me. Well, fuck. I was shouting. At, I, was, oh I can't my believe you. God. Well, uh, watch the cameras. This is the best thing ever. Banging on the fucking doors. And then you can see me walking around looking for... Is there another door that I come yeah. out of? But there's so, one the two doors. You
1: guys are drinking a grasshopper. You guys, this is the best thing ever. And and we're drinking grasshoppers yeah. as we go.
2: Just want you to know that. I still like no shit. I wouldn't be able to find that fucking hidden yeah. panel. <laughs> well uh, So if you'd like to
1: become a member of Club Carew.
3: <laughs> yeah. I cannot think of a better and ending. Vanish to in the basement. To oh this my God. All right. Nope. Well, I mean we've 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 hit the final cocktail. Which didn't have a question. So do you do you want to throw something out, or are we supposed to come up with? Uh, or well, we I,
1: I I want. I think it'd be fun to, for us to ask you a question, but also just in in spirit of this podcast, I think for you guys to either one of you choose a question for us seems really appropriate. How about I think
2: we each ask each. <laughs> everybody, come up with one question. How
1: about I have it. I have a question?
3: Well, we're at three hours and fifteen. I was going to say. How about How about we ask? Did you have fun tonight? And was it a good time?
2: Boxers or briefs? No. Depends on
3: laundry day. Honestly, right now, like, it it is that time of the night. As a fat man,
1: all boxers are briefs. Fact. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Some just have longer legs than others. All jeans are skinny. What I would say is... How long do they last? (laughs) What I would ask is,
3: if somebody wanted to know more or come see you or whatever... Where should they go to look up what you're up to?
1: You know, you can find me on Instagram, sending posts about my beautiful daughter, at Nick Kosovich. It's mostly burgers from Mr. Paul's and pictures of my baby. Burgers uh, and babies, baby. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Earl Giles is a thing, a distillery in Northeast. Come and see us there. We're doing lots of fun stuff. And then, fuck you, Jesse, I love you. A grand opening this weekend, you guys, Friday, Saturday night, big deal, really happy. You know, those guys have been trying to make this thing happen for five years, and I'm very lucky and honored to be a part of it. And then, uh, Mr. Paul's Supper Club, every night is a party, but sign up for a Balloon Emporium, Come see us at the Burger Bar. Oh, yeah. We're also uh, maybe we can talk about this right now. We're about to do something cool this winter. It's called Mr. Paul's Super Club, and it is Sunday night soup specials in the back bar. And, and you can sign up to be a member of the Super Club soup and you can get a quart of soup every week for fifty dollars a month. And we're super pumped about that. So super, like we we just we're super. we're gonna keep moving moving the 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 needle and doing weird stuff back there and. So it's, it's yeah, basically uh, your, uh, an industry night. Dying. Sunday night, so we're going to start doing yeah. it.
2: That's the nature of the restaurant industry right I love now.
1: that you just moved the mic away
3: from
2: you when you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hello. I went as Miss Doubtfire for Halloween. Which hello, yep. Hello! <laughs> that's all I knew. <laughs> Good enough. Abigail if you have
3: enough meringue, you can make that work. Um, all right, yeah. so Tommy, if somebody wants to find you... A, on the socials or follow what you're up it's to. It's
2: Tom. <laughs> I'll let
3: you say that. That's not my uh, word. That's your word. Yeah.
2: Chef Tommy Begno. it's long-winded, but it's not as long-winded as MrPaulSupperedClub.com. <laughs> it's more than a mouthful.
3: Is that a promise? That's what she
2: said. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. He, nice. just, he, and, and, he just came over We're done. He had the mic off. Literally... Mike just slapped his mic. Sing a
1: song as we get into end of the night. Um, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I would love I, would love I would to, to sing a song. All right. Is it possible? Sing a song. Let's us go.
0: All right, I'm going to
2: pour
1: a little bit more whiskey here. Is
2: this a Wookiee
1: foot? Right. No, it's, it's this bent. is a Wookiee foot classic. All right, here we go. This is the song that we sing to everybody at Mr. Paul's. Let me not break yes. the mic. All right, here we go. <clears throat> it took one to wake up in the morning, one with my buddies at noon. One for the road each evening till I found out pretty soon. It took two to wake up in the morning, two with my buddies at noon, two for the road each evening till I found out pretty soon. Cocktails tore up my family, cocktails tore down my home. I cheated, I lied, I swallowed my pride and then Washed it down with cocktails. Cheers, everybody. We love you. Woo. Thank you I feel like we got to leave it on that. You know who the fuck
3: we are. Let's get it. Hey, we'll see you next time. We love you.